Talk Brunch. Served hot. Talk Brunch live. And uh, I was early last week, right? Right? Getting somewhere. Progress. This whole having a life thing that doesn't have uh, wrestling in it combined with the wrestling, it's, it's challenging, man, I tell you. <laughs> you get that Peter Parker syndrome, especially being in Queens and all. It is unbelievable. But again, I choose uh, to be tardy but bring the best quality. The best that I can offer to us You know So because I get my cable WWE Network from an outside source I still get the actual WWE Network channel The one that runs 24-7 playing random programming Without me selecting anything You know, like the real channel does Oh yeah, that one Yeah, and all it's done is really put into perspective That I'm no longer watching the same company Like they played today the best of extreme roles And I happened to catch uh, Jeff Hardy versus Edge and I forgot all about that. I remember how awesome it used to be. I forgot everything. It was like, I remember, wow. Like, it was like, wow. Every moment was like another wow. Like, I forgot how many wonderful things there were doing this era. This is really nice. Nice place you got here. Fans were pumped. But we don't have, that's why we can't have nice things anymore, you know? Yeah, we just endure. That's what it is. Hashtag endure and obey. And with that, I shout out all of our live listeners, as well as the on-demand, of course, all podcast platforms, including Spotify, Radio, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, and all other popular places, podcasts are found, as well as those video feeds over at Facebook and Twitch. Wanted to get that out of the way, because we have a stack show, and it's late already. There's a whole bunch of stuff going on here. Oh, man. At least we ended the night on a good note, man. I didn't expect that. I, yeah, I, I thought they were going to fuck it up. Yeah, I got to say. This is a company that sometimes you can't count out. <laughs> no, this is a company that sometimes Kevin Dunn takes a bathroom break or something. So you think somebody else takes the wheel too? Is it Hayes? Oh, yeah. Oh, it has to be. Hayes comes in. This much America. dumb shit can't go on, and then when something good happens, you tell me it's the same person. Yeah, no, I can't argue with you there. It's been a roller coaster, man. I'm not going to lie. It's been really, really crazy. Um, man, where do I even begin here? So let's start with the game stuff. So AEW has actually revealed new gameplay footage of the upcoming AEW console game. That is correct. Yeah, have you seen it already? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I figured you would have. I mean, I haven't oh, yeah. really gotten too much of a look here. But let's see what they have to show us. Very good. Very. Wow, very fluid, huh? Jungle Boy and uh, right. Darby here. Yeah, looking good. Mm. 
Wow, wow. Thoughts? What are your thoughts on what we have just yeah, seen it here? It moves very smooth. I do like the fact that now that we've seen two characters, you can actually see like a legit one-on-one instead of just Darby versus like created player or like yeah. the default one you and you're showing moves. But yeah, the move, the game's looking good. So this is really the the sequel to the 2K18. I don't even remember when the hell last time 2K was before before Ukes. It was Ukes, right? That that um was the developer that yeah. abandoned the 2K. I think, uh, 19 was their last one. So so 19 because well, what was the one where they they left in the middle of development and then they left it to those other guys? That was 20. That was 20. Yeah. And 19 was the last one where they were there from the beginning to end. And then 20 was the one they left halfway, and then 21 is the disaster that's out now, right? Oh, no, 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 21 is the disaster. No, uh, 20 is the last one that came out. Yeah, that, that one was the one where their hair still doesn't move. So the last one that came out was 20? Yeah. So the new one, the, the, it hits different as 21? Basically, but they call it 22, but yeah, it's actually 21. What? Wait. What are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, because you, you, you remember, yeah, I remember, technically in their timeline, 21 was All-Stars Remastered. Ooh, I mean, Battlegrounds. Hold on. So now I'm confused. Basically, 20 was the last 2K game. And then instead of coming out with a 2K21, they came out with Battlegrounds. I never thought about that. Yeah, Battlegrounds would be, yeah, Battlegrounds basically took 2K21's original spot. I, this is the first time right, because, that, that has because occurred they took to me. A whole they took year a year off to try to fix that game. They took well, a well, year not off to try to fix that game because they just gave up, but to try to make a new one. There was no 2K21. Instead of that, that piece of shit Battlegrounds took its place. So 2K, you're right. 2K20 was the one where those developers went solo. 2K19 is the yeah. one where Ukes left halfway through. So they took a year off and still needed to delay. Listen, I'm all for. I'm after what happened with Cyberpunk. I'm all about developers taking their time, but they took a year, right, from the normal amount of time they have, and they're still highly behind. That's a bad sign. I don't want to make this about that game though. But these developers, that's because they no longer have these developers. Look at how good this looks. Treat your developers right. better. And, don't push them around. And this is more than we've seen from 2K22. Because all we've seen is one thing of Cesaro and Rey Mysterio within a trailer, and that's it. Like we're seeing these guys actually move and actually do stuff in this game. And it looks like real AEW. Right. You know, except the part where Darby taps. Yeah. <laughs> Dar- wanna... If anything, Darby would have passed out if you would <laughs> Yeah, he would have passed out. They should have made Darby, they should Dar- have Darby a pass out feature Darby, on this. Dar- Dar- Darby doesn't tap. Darby just hangs on till he can't breathe anymore. They should have that as a characteristic, you know, the way people like when you go in the game and you're making characters or when you're changing moves on them, certain characters will have like the hot tag or other ones will have like the, the Hulk up where like they'll 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 boot they'll, they'll like come out pumped up, they'll kip up and no sell the moves and be like full of energy, yeah. you know, way, like the different things. There's certain like little certain tendencies. Yeah, like the way you could add certain things to them, like not everyone will have the same traits or abilities. There should be one where like your guy is not someone who would tap, but they'd pass out in a hold. There was a SmackDown vs. Raw game that had something like that. It was a, I think it was the first one where ECW showed up. And I remember because oh, yeah. like the high flyers could do certain things, the hardcore guys could do certain things, like something like that. Yeah, that be that would actually be very fun. Yeah, I would definitely like it. It would crazy make some how, people harder to deal with than others. It's crazy how much Jungle Boy looks like his father. You know, 
he, he looks exactly it looks, like him. it looks like Luke Perry decided he was gonna he was gonna wear uh he was gonna cosplay as Tarzan. Right. You know? Like Jack Perry is a fucking clone here, man. <laughs> Love Jungle Boy though. Oh yeah, that kid's great. And yeah, Darby's looking good. Everything looks solid in there, man. I'm really big, excited big about that. Too, for him to be one of the first two we actually get to see in this game. Yeah. Very awesome. Very awesome. Looking forward to that, man. I didn't think I'd ever be oh, looking yeah. forward to a, to a wrestling game again. Well, you know, when AEW just lets them work and then minds their own business, it's amazing how much more you look forward to things. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, in other news, our buddy Leo Rush is actually coming out with a new album, huh? Oh, shit. I missed the first one. I'm not saying there wasn't one. I'm not trying to be funny. I legitimately didn't. Was there the, the, the first album? I know he'd been doing music, but I, I didn't know an album came out. Yeah, weird, right? Anyway, let's take a look at what it is that he posted here. If I'm being honest, I never thought that I would become a music artist. I've always been pushed to do sports my entire life. A part of me feels like this is what... I was always meant to be. Part of me feels like this is who I was meant to be. And I've spent so many years trying to get approval on this character, this being, this person that that wasn't me. I feel like all of the projects that I've done in the past have just been me experimenting, me learning, me doing whatever to try to express myself in the best way that I felt like I could. Music is me. Music has always been a part of my life. This album means so much to me. This is me showcasing me. This is me giving you the real Leah. Oh, I like. I like his. He's always been a dramatic guy. I, I, I tell you how I like them. Oh, yeah, very. Yeah, no. Well, I definitely want to. I'm interested in seeing what happens. But the reason we brought that story up is not because of our love for uh the uh leo rush album it's because right afterwards tony khan mentioned leo rush right he basically really said, now oh yeah he was just like oh i keep seeing a lot of new tweets about leo rush lately well you know i just spoke to him recently and it's looking really good that he'll come back he said something like that <laughs> so he's not he's not done with wrestling all right well and a few interesting stories here oh wow yeah i think i want to do this one first because it involves marvel I know how excited you get whenever I bring up Marvel. No, I'm kidding. You seem indifferent to Marvel. Do you like Marvel, Dustin? Oh, yeah, I like Marvel. Okay. Spoiler alert. No, I'm kidding. I don't know why they post. Ringside put this graphic as being spoiler alert. It's not really. I don't consider this a spoiler. But it involves Batista. So, Batista, recently in an interview to Comic Book, he spoke about guardians of the galaxy and he basically said this is the end of the road for him he says it's our third film we're gonna wrap it up and it's been a hell of a journey with a few bumps so i'm looking forward to this my cast and obviously the director james gunn they're like family to me this is kind of where my journey started it's come full circle i'm looking forward to wrapping it up and it's bittersweet i mean i've been doing guardians since 2013 and you know when this comes out you know it'll be 2023 so it's a 10-year journey so there will be no more Batista. Drax the Destroyer is gone. How are they going to do that? What are you? What, what do you think the the storyline oh, reason man. will be given in Guardians for him to not be there? See, that's a tough one because I mean, with with superhero movies, you can do a few different things. They don't already have to. They don't already have to die. 
they could just feel like their time with this particular group is over and then they go and adventure off and are just never seen again. Ooh, that's a tricky one. Yeah, that one I don't know. Hmm. I mean, Especially I wouldn't want to. I mean, doing it for 2013, like you have to make it perfect. That's what makes it really tough. It's not like it's just like some offhand, like one time character. He's been with this forever. But the actor seems to want to be done. Disney, I'm not so sure. Yeah. So do you, are we looking at a Drax recasting? Ooh, see, I would, I, I, a recasting, I don't think it would go over. What about Vin Diesel? You don't think Vin Diesel would make a good Drax the Destroyer? Oh, my God. <laughs> well, no, he's already Groot. You can't double down. Right. We don't I need Drax talking about family every two and a half fucking seconds. Yeah, and I was kidding. I wouldn't put Vin Diesel in the row. I don't know who I would put. Who the hell could take his place? You know, Drax, you know, Batista would make a good Kratos, even though I'm not a God of War fan. Like, doesn't he kind of look like him? He Yeah, he looks like a slightly buffer Kratos, but yeah. Maybe that's why he's leaving. He's going to go do God of War. He left Disney for Sony. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> some right calling that. people boy and shit. I hope they don't kill him. I like the character, you know. Yeah, that's, that's what's going to be hard. Like, I wouldn't want to see Drax die, but it's like if you're going to do it, you have to give him a Drax death. What, like when he jumped into that big monster, but he wasn't really dead? Yeah, some, something just like, see, cause that died, that I fucking thought he died. I was like, oh, well, that's it for Drax. But just like, no, it's not. Like, Was that in the Telltale game or was that in one of the movies? I goes to show how much this I, shit you know, blends together in, the in my head. Game for sure. It was in the Telltale game when he jumped into a monster, right? I know that was for sure the Telltale game. I don't know. I can't remember about the movie or not. I feel like in the movie there wasn't there was all was it also in the movie where it looked like it couldn't have been. It had to be one or the other. Yeah, it, no, I, I remember it definitely from the Telltale game. I just don't remember if it happened in the movie because we thought well. we killed him, right? Yeah, we we thought we killed him. Fucking one of the many times Telltale fucking swerved their shit out of us. Yeah, we got to go back and redo those. Which, by the way, guys, we've done. Uh, we done. We started doing the new Life is Strange, so we're gonna have a schedule oh. for that. And if we figure out, it's fantastic. Much better world building than the last one with the brothers. So what else do we got for news here? Oh, so while we stick to the realm of comic books, um, Randy Orton tweeted out that he's going to be in Guardians. No, I'm kidding. That'd be hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) He said, dinner discussion in my home in real time. Could Stormbreaker decapitate Wolverine, whose spine is made of adamantium? Curious to hear your thoughts. CM Punk replied, yes. <laughs> I'm going to be, yes. So what do you think? Could Stormbreaker break Wolverine's back and make him humble? Oh, my God. <laughs> I knew you were going to seek it. See, oh, damn. These are the moments where I wish I was more of a comic book guy. I, I think it's doable. Yeah, I think that Stormbreaker will fuck him up, quite honestly. Mjolnir, am I saying the name correctly? I always screw that up. But Mjolnir no longer exists so. in the in the. I don't want to get too too nerd culture on the wrestling show, but Mjolnir no longer exists in the cinematic universe, right? I don't even remember what happened. That's how much Marvel shit I've watched. But I just remember it broke. It's gone forever. Can never get it back. So that was their way of bringing in Stormbreaker. He goes to Tyrion, right? I recall vaguely he goes to Tyrion, and Tyrion makes him Stormbreaker, and it's way better. That being said. I think Mjolnir would have fucked up Wolverine. Like, you can't just get swatted with something that Thor can wield. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't give a fuck what they put inside of you. It has, like, cosmic energy and shit, right? It's not like it's just a regular thing. Either one of those things. You know? So, no, I'm not really going to go with that. 
but yeah, I think that if if the I, oh, right his sister broke the Mjolnir, right? If his sister would have never broken that, he would have still had that one. That one would have been enough. And, and the Stormbreaker is an upgrade, you know? Right. Look at what it did during, and I won't get too deep, but look at what it did even when when Captain America had it. Like they remember for for a brief period of time, they brought it back with them through the through the time loop, and they had to put it back with the stone. But in that little bit, like he was fucking up like Thanos's army with it. It could hit. It could hit somebody. Like that's like asking could it hit Deadpool. You know, yeah, it would be comedic. <laughs> yeah. But it would definitely knock his at him on his ass. Otherwise they would just make Asgardian weapons out of adamantium, you know? Or in or in the cinematic universe, vibranium. I mean a get a good way to figure it out would be what would happen if he banged his his um Stormbreaker against Cap Shield. This is true. Would they just cancel each other out? Would it just block and recoil back? I can see I can see a recoil. Hmm. Well, Not a, Punk, a strong one, but well, CM Punk is convinced, as per Randy Orton's dinner table conversation, that yes, yeah, Stormbreaker would fuck Wolverine up. I think it would be even worse because Stormbreaker is like an axe form, you know, where it's like the other thing was like a hammer. That shit will cut you in half, <laughs> you know. Cut the claws off him. I don't know if he's bad, Kitty Shink. I don't know if he's like to the level of Deadpool, and I, I kind of don't want to look at Wolverine that way because it's like it would be more awkward. Where Deadpool, you could probably regenerate him from almost nothing, like Majin Buu. You know, I don't know. I don't even though Wolverine is sort of the same kind of thing. It would be co- kind of corny. Can you imagine that, like a little Wolverine right. ear or some shit, and then the whole Bob. I don't know. <laughs> well, I don't want. I don't want to. <laughs> anyway. Comic conversations, huh? You never thought we would have those on there with sane, stable people. <laughs> yeah. Or sober. Or awake. <laughs> that shade. Hey, do you know where to find me on Twitter? Yeah, find me too. Cash me outside. Cash me on Twitter. <laughs> Cash me on Twitter. <laughs> Cash me online. How about that? Cash me online. How about that? Write it down. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> oh shit so uh what the hell is this Al Snow same save somebody from a riptide yeah I heard about this that's an amazing save right there right right let me see we have, do we have the story here what is Riptide's this Riptide ain't no joke I didn't do anything that anybody else wouldn't have done but I just was we were uh, a friend of mine and we were out in the water um, at the in Destin Beach here um, and, uh, uh, I started hearing, um, some people yelling and, uh, I looked over and, um, I saw a little boy, he was starting to, he was trying to swim and, um, trying to reach his, where his raft or his float. And, uh, as the water, the water was pretty rough, especially in one particular area. And I, couldn't um, help myself. I think the riptide had caught him because every time the wave would come in, it would pull him, start pulling further and further out. And I could see him start to panic. And uh, I heard the mom scream, you know, you know, somebody help him. And um, the, uh, the lifeguard had gotten up, but I knew she wasn't going to make it in time. And I was pretty far away, but I started running through the water and tried to get over there. And um, I made it, thank God. And I caught him just by the arm, just as uh, a wave started pulling me even further out. If I had to grab him, I think he'd have probably he'd have went out to sea. I mean, that would have been it. And uh, pulled him in, told him to hold on. and. Uh, you know, 
Uh, thought honestly for a moment, I thought of uh, Shag Gaspard for a second because um, a wave took us both under right then, and then uh, I was able to stay up and hand him off to uh, to the lifeguard, and um, I made my way back across to my friend, and we went up on the beach, and I <laughs> felt like I was about to collapse. I was. <laughs> I was exhausted. What was the reaction of everybody? Uh, how did well, the, the mom ran out in the water and, and, and you know she grabbed her son and, and she was crying and she said thank you. And then when we were up on the beach, uh, she and, and and his name's Braden uh, came up and, and thanked me again. And uh, she said that uh, you know, Braden said the, the bodybuilder uh, saved me. And I was like, ooh, I, I must look pretty good. <laughs> so thankfully nobody was nobody was hurt. Uh, you know, wow. he just, I think he was, you know, rightfully, he was, he was really scared. He was really shaken up at first. Yeah, I couldn't help but put some Baywatch to that shit. I fucking knew you did. I knew you were going to, it took me like a half second. I was like, oh, you motherfucker. I just felt that I, I didn't expect it to go so good too. It got dramatic when he got dramatic. Right. Like I could visualize him running towards the kid. How Snow saved some kid's life. That's awesome, man. Hell yeah. amazing. That's one of the most dramatic stories ever. I visualized the whole thing in my head. Even the part where he went in the water and he said he thought of Chad Gaspard, like that flash in his head of Chad Gaspard's image as he's swimming. Like, holy shit, that was deep. I'm yeah, glad that it turned out okay. Joke with. That's what I'm saying. I'm glad that it turned out okay. Otherwise, we literally wouldn't have been able to joke with it. I couldn't have played Baywatch or anything if that shit would have went wrong. All right, keep in mind, <laughs> the only reason we joke about it is because it had a happy ending. Exactly, because this would have easily been one of the worst stories on the entire program if it wasn't for Al Snow there, you know? And even with him, God forbid, you know what I mean? Right. Easily, in all seriousness, this easily could have went south. So don't underestimate the severity of the situation. We joke in, in celebration of the fact that that turned out okay. Hey, good for you, sir. Yeah, I commend him. Okay, what else do we have here? Okay, um... Jim Cornette talked a little bit about uh, Hangman Page because, as you know, Hangman Page hasn't been around. And uh, they were just discussing what's next in regards to the booking. And one of the things that he talks about is where Hangman Page fits into this because I know you felt that he should have had the title by now, right? Yeah, I would have liked liked him to have been champion by this point. Did you hear anything Corny said about it? I have not. Let me pull this up. You know... Go a little bit ahead, Tom. Get to the Adam Page stuff. Oh, good God. At this point, Adam Page, I'm sorry, wonderful human being, I'm sure. Uh, But his booking has been ridiculous since he started. He was a sad, fucking sodden drunk and blah, blah, blah. They got Brian Danielson now. They got CM Punk. They got Adam Cole. They may have Bray Wyatt coming. That's why I said Paige should have fucking had this match. He should have he should have driven a camper if he didn't want to be exposed in, in the pandemic all the way to Chicago and had this match because I think that should be the last time that we see him in the title picture in a while because he's just he's got outranked badly over the people that have just come in. Although when he returns, I think it'll be a big if they they return him with the dark order, the idiot fans will still react. But if they return him and treat him right right off the bat, they have a chance to get some momentum back with him, but time will tell. I, I just, the, just, it's been just, it's just silliness. And this was good for the top level independent talent on TV doing the best they can, but now they're getting stars. They need to rethink that whole, I think truthfully and honestly, 
if if old Olivier is going to lose that thing at this point, it ought to be to Danielson or to Punk. I don't know if the Punk will want oh. it and whether he even needs it. That was actually going to be my question. Does a CM Punk? And my gut would be no. Does a CM Punk need the AEW? Yeah, title? I don't. Th- I don't think he needs it. I don't. I. I would prefer that Punk not have to get in there and try to work with Olivier and do his foolishness because that'll take some of the aura off of Punk. I think Danielson could probably, because of his style, get more out of Twinkle Toes than probably most anybody but yeah i no, we need to be talking about the stars winning the title now instead of the drunken cowboy that wanders around with mass jobbers with sharpie marks on their chests it, it, we're growing up here we're going to college now standards are a little bit higher <laughs> wow damn. have you seen some of the people in college coordinate i don't know about that statement sir no but um oh yeah i can see where he's coming from it's gonna be a little bit it's gonna be harder to work him back into it with punk brian adam cole i believe i have heard the date that bray wyatt is coming so it would have to be very particular when he does come back how they would work him back into it but then again yeah. i don't know if i'd see a daniel bryan or a cm punk if he would even want it winning the title so soon before him i, I kind of agree with corner and this i think it's a little too late like the roster exploded now I kind of think that in order for him to come back and it be dramatic enough to be inserted into the title picture scene, he need to stay gone like a long, long, long time. And I think that even in that is risky because who knows how the landscape will change. That's true. But I think that they had so many chances to make him a top guy where all these dudes would have come in and he would have already been like one of the established top baby faces because they don't really have a top baby face, do they? Um, God, besides, I mean, I guess like Moxley, who was kind of like, yeah, I would normally consider him, but he's doing more tag shit lately. And What's right up, now, George? Yeah, he is going to be, a, Hangman's going to be home for a bit because he has a kid. Yeah, that might be able to, that, that might work out then when it comes to like him being gone long enough for things to kind of settle a little bit. Mustafa Ali um, brought up because we're gonna get into the Triple H stuff later, but he brought up how nice Hunter was, where he where like when he found that he was having a kid, he was gonna go home to see the kid and come back, and then Triple H said something like, "No, nah, you know, go go be a father or something." He gave him the guile line when he defeats you, go home and be a family man. <laughs> and, uh, he thought it was really nice of him that he was that giving, and I'm by no means somebody who will discredit um, Triple H. But it also made me think that part of that was the fact that it's easy to do that in the case of Mustafa Ali or anybody else, no disrespect to them, that's like not a top tier guy. Like, yeah, go, you know, somebody's thirsty for that spot. I think that on the other hand, um, with Tony Khan doing that with Hangman, that's like a way bigger risk. You know, and I'm, again, I'm not discrediting Triple H. Like, you know, Mustafa's point was that the guy was nice enough to let him go and, you know, do his thing. But I think the flip side of that is that it was a spot that could be given to somebody else in the WWE infrastructure. Whereas with AEW, I kind of feel like Hangman Page leaving is still justifiable because he has a kid now and he wants to do it in this case. But think of how much bigger of a, of a loss that is for that company. Right. You know what that I mean? Like, that's not as easy to fill. Like, that one's rough. And Tony Khan also was just like, go home and be a family man, which to me is a bigger deal because that's more like if Triple H did that shit with like, I don't, I don't even know who the top guys are anymore. 
I don't know, fucking Bobby Lashley or Roman Reigns, you know? Like, oh, go home. We, we, we might have to think back a little bit. I had to think of who the guys that are around. <laughs> like, I, every time I, I was about to say someone, it was an AEW guy. <laughs> like, that sucks. It's it's happy. It's, like, bittersweet, you know? Yeah. Anyway, Brian Cage's, uh, Brian Cage's wife is angry, huh? Who's Melissa yeah, Santos? Melissa, uh, Melissa Santos. She was the former ring announcer for uh, Lucha Underground. Oh, I remember her. She had that yeah, really, Cage, that really. Uh, Cage used to wrestle there as well. She had that really energetic. Which is funny because she had a love angle with Phoenix near the end. That's hilarious. That's, she, that's that, she, she was the one with that really angle. powerful voice, right? Like she used to do like the really mm-hmm. emotional entrance and stuff. Oh yes. yeah. So apparently, I don't. I guess somebody on Twitter was talking about how AEW is not using Brian Cage properly. Not her, but somebody put that in a tweet, and she responded to the tweet, and this was what she had to say. You see, Brian Cage is a superstar. Those people who know him from Indies, Impact, Lucha Underground, where I met him, know that he's a superstar. All you have to do is Google him and watch all his matches, PWG. He's a superstar, and he's being misused right now. His wife's pissed off at AEW. All right, we got, finally, look, we got one, we got one, we got somebody who doesn't like the booking in AEW. And it's not even somebody who's actually there, ain't that some shit? Well, it's the wife of somebody who's actually there. It's Brian Cage's wife. She said he's a superstar in PWG, which I do remember him there. Yeah, I remember his, I remember some of his uh, PWG stuff. He was, if I recall, he was there when when Tony Nese was there. I think at the time they called him Anthony Nese. I know he. I know he and uh, Flip Gordon are a regular tag team on the Indies. Hmm. <laughs> George said, "Hey, I'll back her." Yeah, Gorky, you want to fuck her? It's not the same you, thing. You're not getting in bed with a George. It's not the same. You will. <laughs> that you fucking a will. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say. Um, I think Brian Cage will be all right. Yeah, he. he <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, a, he's no, I don't fine. think. I don't like, think. I think he's good, man. You know, I think that. Uh, like, I know he has his supporters out there. Would, would a title? Would a title also be nice? Yeah, sure. I'm sure. Like, like I, I wish him all the fucking happiness in the world. That's what you're supposed to say. Anyone who get <laughs> anything, right? But sure, I think he's like, fine without one as well. It's like everybody. Like it, it. I feel like it almost doesn't count when it's your wife because your wife's supposed to think that you're supposed to have every championship three times over. Like. <laughs> Relax. But if your wife thinks that you're supposed to have every championship and your wife looks like that, does it really matter at that point if you have every championship? Right. It's kind of like you need money to buy a lot of stuff, but if you have a lot of stuff, do you need money? (laughs) So I think Brian Cage is good. Yeah, he's fine. He's featured almost every week. He's in angles with that. He got to be in Sting's first fucking match. Since WCW, and yes, I just decanonized WWE. I know. But, like, eh, he, he, he's fine. <laughs> That's fucked up. Yeah, I'm, no, I'm not canonizing that bullshit. <laughs> I, refused, I, I refused to canonize his only win being a random-ass tag match on Raw. Uh, boy, what, what is your issue with, uh, George, what is your issue with the whole AEW thing? Haven't you seen the light by now? Right. Impact's dead. Just let it go. AEW didn't bring in a fucking, I almost called him a moose, a bull. <laughs> I could understand if you were talking more about like uh, WWE, because like I was talking about in the beginning and the opening of this with the whole 24-7 channel that I was watching. They were playing the best of extreme roles and I happened to catch Jeff Hardy versus Edge and the energy in the crowd, the spots, the psychology, the commentary with Jim Ross there. The whole thing was like so far beyond the product that we're seeing now. 
that quite honestly, even at its it, its best, it really pales in comparison to what we once know. Like whatever we're watching currently, it's not WWE. Like, to be honest, it's barely fit for human consumption. And I find myself watching it and talking about it the way I would talk about something on, like, World Star. You know, where, like, I'm not here to talk about how good or talented these people. I'm here to talk about how crazy and random shit can be. You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> if you come one of those things. Where it's like, I'm not watching WWE because of the train wreck that it's become. You know, like, a lot of people enjoyed the Star Wars sequels, knowing that Anakin is inevitably going to become Darth Vader. But we're still curious about the details of how something so shitty was allowed to happen. That's where I am with WWE. Like, I'm watching and reporting the events of how WWE went from a Jedi to a Sith. You know? It's one of those things. It's kind of like, you watch the prequels. Anyone who was who, who was above the age of 20 watched the prequels knowing, but wondering, right? You were like, man, Anakin Skywalker. How the fuck did they fuck this up? Right? Like, that's the whole time. You know, until the third one came out, every time something cool happened with Anakin, your thoughts were, man, how awesome was that? How did they fuck this? I can't wait to see how this goes wrong. Well, that's where I am. Like, I'm waiting for Raw to think that it has the high ground, which it already did, (laughs) and to jump in the fucking air and land in the lava, you know? And then someone's going to make the famous meme where where the Raw logo's in the lava with the AEW logo. You were the chosen one. (laughs) It's like, with WWE at this point, when something half-decent happens, it's treated like it's the best thing in the fucking world. That's how shit this has become. Yeah, no, it, it, it's a. I mean, they've done good things though recently, you know. But I get where you're yeah. coming from. Like you're at a point where you're just waiting for the next ten shitty things. Right. Like at this point, like if I see, if if there's if I see ten things and one's not shitty, it's like holy shit, they only got nine fucked up. Like no, no other company. Am I sitting there thinking of that? I'm sitting there like, oh shit, they fucked up nine things. You like with this company, <laughs> it's not even a shock. When they fuck shit up now. Nine things. That is a lot, right? And sometimes right, that's like, sometimes it's not. That's why we're on late, honestly. Sometimes that's why the shows become later and later sometimes. Because I can't get all of the things that they fucked up in time. <laughs> that's truly what it is. It's not like I just make it right. up to make it sound worse than it is. There's times where it's like 11 o'clock the show's off and I'm like, oh, no. I haven't gotten all of the things they fucked up this week yet. Because spoil those people. They fucked a lot of shit up. It's not like I'm sitting here going, oh, no, I wasn't able to get all the great things AEW did. All I have to do is watch it, and I have all the great things. Like, in one, like it's two hours to get all the great things, and the two hours is watching the product. <laughs> you know, I got to get the details of the disasters. That's the painful part, because then you have to relive the disaster. Did you catch, catch the end of that botchamania that I told you about? <laughs> yeah, I got to put that I on here. That- yeah, I gotta put it. I on. forgot to message you about that. Oh my god! I gotta. Just the very end killed me, man. The very last scene, I lost it. I guess it's, it's just one of those things that it just is perfectly suited to my sense of humor. And right. when I saw it, it, it completely. And George, to answer your question, it's not even that I feel Tony's a good or a bad booker. I just see the actual effort. I said this before on the air. WWE does stuff where it seems like they were just trying to get to the fucking beginning and the end and just get there. Whereas Tony and whoever else books in AEW, even when the stuff doesn't work, I see where they were going and I see the effort to try to get from beginning to end. So it doesn't bother me as bad. Whereas WWE is fucking up like elementary level shit. And plus, WWE and AEW are both beyond it being like one guy booking. It's not the one guy yeah, booking that's the it's problem. It's not just one guy. 
because everyone gets to do something in all of these companies. The problem is that the general direction of the company it has so many other problems. And I mean, I don't want to spend, yeah, the, I don't want to be on here. Well, you pass booking. Yeah, honestly, it's because of them, this show sometimes is for hours. I don't want to be on here talking once again all night about the the contracts and the and the, all the shit that the reason like like at this point we could write our own autobiography without even being in the picture on just listing the things that are the reason this is happening it's just so many right. at this point that it's like what what do we blame you know it's just out of this world but this this i saw i saw this botchamania was one of you know when they do the endings i lost it for See, this for ending man. Seen botchamania and first of all where have you been the ending is always the most terrifying part yeah this because matthew like saves the best shit for the end this one well people i think people send in the endings i don't know who sent this one but look at this please help me thank you boss (laughs) you're dead weight now He's he's psycho. He just killed his own partner for no reason. (laughs) Just saying, you'll never see that same meme. And instead of NXT, you see AEW Dark or Elevation or Rampage or anything like that. (laughs) WWE buried their own fucking brand and yes i refuse to call it developmental because nine times out of ten is better than anything on the fucking main roster they killed their own third brand for no actual logical reason oh my god yo when 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 krillin was the fucking end of you <laughs> that guy is psycho. The NWA sitting there like what the fuck is wrong with you like, i can't believe they did that shit and was sitting there like yo you know that's part it of your true. show right it is true. That's what makes it so messed up, George, that it actually <laughs> went down just like that. <laughs> that was the legit reaction. It's like Desta would say, too real. <laughs> too real. That's how it, That was the view everybody had. <laughs> oh, man, that is the most savage shit ever. It's going to go down in history, man. Like, I'll never forget. This is way worse than the ECW thing. And I, I still can't believe that that turned into that. At least like there was some relative benefit. <laughs> from the ecw thing understand right now yeah that they're, they're gonna have that title match on on this coming nxt tomorrow night but i hope y'all enjoy it while it lasts because guess what london bridge is coming falling the fuck down we have a reading rainbow fucking logo now and this fucking weird announcer guy the reading rainbow why did i immediately think of jordy as soon as he said that i don't know I don't yeah. know. <laughs> he is the reading room. The actor is the reading room guy. I remember seeing it when they were bring. Remember back in the day, they bring like the VCR into the classroom. I didn't even know what the hell that was because when I'm at, I always was a Final Fantasy and an RPG guy, even as a kid. So like when people would bring shit like that into the classroom, like, what the fuck is this? Like I never saw reading Rainbow. So when I first saw it, I was like, oh shit, Jordy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's really? Now, how is this happening? This your gig now? This is what you do now, huh? Like it's it's funny. Like a, a half decent thing in WWE is the equivalent of when they roll out the freaking movie and movie in, in school. Yeah. Like motherfucker, I see, I hear, I hear, I see something half decent happen on Raw, 
and it's like fucking Bill Nye the Science Guy's music plays in my fucking head. And I'm like, yes. <laughs> and then next thing you know, fucking we go right back to learning, and I'm pissed. Like, I don't want to spoil the end of Raw, but I guess no matter how positive, uh, no matter how positive I try to remain, I guess deep down inside, I'm still pessimistic because even after the copyright was over and chris lee was there i was still waiting dude i'm not there's a shoot not even a work like i was thinking like is it gonna be in grizzly like (laughs) like when are they because they're not gonna let this go like like i was waiting for the dusty finish to be honest i was waiting for somewhere for someone to ruin my night i was thinking there's no way i you know what i feel bad because i didn't even fully pay attention to to the match going because i didn't think that any of this was going to mean shit like i saw some of it shirts from the corner of my while i was getting ready for this but i didn't think because of the, the of the of the whole twist at the end because i already knew they preempted i was like they're gonna fuck this up so when it happened it was just like wow when's something bad gonna happen that would have been amazing if they just fucking like picture and picture crystal and crystal just so you could watch them fucking just on the bottom you see the you see the the ref waves it off or something i was thinking this is way too good to be true like this is them like literally doing like one of like the only things left that they could do that could keep me watch those bastards that's what i was thinking i was kind of mad too because like you literally there was like maybe two things you could have done that i would have wanted you must have known they must have known right that was like an emergency button type shit because i kept thinking i was like there's only a couple of things that i really would enjoy and you just coincidentally when shit is at its worst did one of them well played well played. And it was Literally. so funny. Something that was suppo- that looked like it was supposed to be a dusty finish. It wasn't a fucking dusty finish. And apparently, I don't know who that is on that mic, but they fucking they fucking called somebody the completely wrong name. Did they? Oh, dude, that can't wait to get the raw talk about some of this shit. Oh my god. Yeah, but no, I I, I have to say again, as someone, and you guys have known this if you go back to single digit episodes, but. Uh, literally a, a person that I have been way behind with since FCW. Like, I, you don't know how, how much, like, that was super. That was awesome. So we're going to get into that later on. But I was waiting for them to do, do something. Like, is the whole ring going to just blow up? Like, what is the, what's the shittiness that comes underneath this? So maybe underneath oh, it all, as much as I try to stay positive, like, I, I'm like not really. Over the pin and just magically cause, catch COVID or some kind of shit. Like, yeah. <laughs> right. Mid air COVID. <laughs> right. He hit him with the COVID. Oh, <laughs> what do you mean? You know, we didn't even know you could do that. Everybody laughs because they know they do that shit too. They would. And then sit there and roll the credits like everybody's just supposed to accept that. Yeah, man, I know. It pisses me off. But I'm this time. Fuck it up next week. You're right. There's always nice, they, there's always time. They take their sweet time fucking things up now. <laughs> I mean, Lord knows they have a small enough roster, right? Stretch things out. You know, we could well, break no, your heart not, well, any no, day not, of the not, week. Not, not, not everybody is SmackDown the women's roster right now. I didn't even notice until I looked back at my program that the match that we watched, the main event of this Raw, was the main event that we were supposed to get in two weeks at the pay-per-view, right? Right. They just... It was, was, that no was supposed to be the main reason. event of a... I saw, I saw them announce that yesterday, and I was like... So, so if that was the just, main event of Extreme Rules that we just saw, then doesn't that mean that that was the end of the Extreme Rules pay-per-view that we just saw? Like, Yes. How come they put it here with no, with no, they just put it here? <laughs> like, that's so random, right? Hey, you know, with let's no just take the main event of Extreme Rules and just put it here. Fight now. So what do we get in two weeks, Biggie? Lu- well, I already was spoiled it. Whoops. <laughs> Spoil it there. Yeah, there you go. Well, you shouldn't be watching if you didn't know. 
Anyway, there's a new Netflix movie coming out I that has The that. Undertaker I and New Day. For it to come. Yeah. Why? I, I, I don't fucking know. How the hell did they approve of this shit? I think I have screenshots of it. I don't think I have any uh, footage. I don't think they've come out with a trailer yet, but you know we're going to watch the trailer on here. Of course. Whenever that comes out. Let me see if I can get some information on this while I get the screenshots up on screen. It's called Escape the Undertaker, New Interactive Horror. How does a... All right. This is it right here. This is Escape the Undertaker, a new interactive horror. Um... The New Day and Undertaker is being this. It's based around the New Day trapped in a mansion with the Undertaker. The movie's plot is that the New Day is caught unaware of the Undertaker's mansion being haunted. So they have to make choices in order to cross supernatural challenges. And it's upon the viewer to choose through what they do. So it's like a telltale game with New Day in a haunted house controlled by the Undertaker. All right. This is real. Look. This is actually yeah. visually. It's you know happening. what? Just because it's new, they I'm invested. Oh yeah, and it's not that I don't like the Undertaker. It's that it seems silly for him, but perfect for them. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's just a strange dichotomy here. I like how much they're selling it just in their expressions alone. Like I believe that this haunted mansion happened. It's like a shoot haunted mansion with their expressions. Wow, this is something else, man. Look at this. I am intrigued. That's so funny. Definitely for kids. It can't be for adults, right? You know, no, there's some man babies out there. Depends on what kind of adults we're talking about. Don't you even. Look at it. It's the urn. The power of the urn. I like that. Feel the power of the urn. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. I can't wait for the trailer, man. I am pumped now. Just because of how absurd (laughs) it looks. What's that? Undertaker in like a, what's that? What's that kind of room called? A panic room? Like he has a panic room? Then the house isn't really haunted. <laughs> He's using the panic room to do that shit, right? Oh, we need his Forrest Whitaker. I like Forrest Whitaker in lots of things because no one else can make a desperate looking expression like that. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, look at that man's expression. Panic, panic room and phone booth. I love them. Anytime anyone needs to panic, you need Forrest Whitaker. That's always been my motto. It's an elaborate ass motto, but okay. <laughs> Right. Somebody needs to hire him to do just just run to a room and look panicked in any situation. Mm-hmm. Sebastian is checking a condom break. Just fucking force where it could just pop, pop up. Surprise. Like, okay, let's see what other interesting stuff. Wow, we have. Oh, wow. Ooh, that's going to be fun. Now, people are like, what is he looking at on the program? I'm just trying to put it in a coherent order for you guys. Bear with me. We never organized tonight's program. I usually leave a giant set of papers with a big paper clip by Destin's desk, but I didn't get here in time. <laughs> right. That's like one of those fucking like cartoony size paper clips. Like, mm-hmm. like I like I started like if you lock your keys in your car, I got you with this fucking thing. So that's what it's gonna look like. It looks interesting. Yeah, look cool. All right. Well, in other news, Renee Paquette. I don't want to say young. I'm sure we're trying to uncanonize everything, right? She has a new. Uh, she has a new project. Did you hear about this one? I have not. Oh, you're going to like this. This is actually interesting. You're going to be getting a lot more weekly, Renee. I'll tell you that much. Yeah. One sec here. Bear with us, guys. We're sorry. Not really. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, I really am not, but I just have to pull it up because there's like a lot of clips here that I have all together in one spot. Sorry about that. Good Lord, we're packed. 
Rebecca, Bubba, hey man, uh, I had to jump on here to just make a little breaking news announcement. Joining Fight Nation on Sirius XM, I've got a brand new show called Throwing Down with Renee and Misha. Yes, I am joined by UFC legend, former champion, absolute badass Misha Tate. Uh, we've got this brand new show coming your way. We're going to be discussing all things MMA, combat sports, and professional wrestling. Yes, there's a crap ton happening in the world of professional wrestling right now, as you two know. So I can't wait to weigh in on all of that. Bring Misha in in the fold, see what she thinks about everything going on uh, in all things professional wrestling, and we're going to talk all things MMA as well. So she can kind of show me the ropes through that as I help her navigate professional wrestling. But yeah, we cannot wait. So excited to be joining. Um, check us out Monday, September 13th. We're going to be live from 2 to 5 p.m. Eastern Time on Fight Nation. Also... I'm going to be hanging out with you guys from time to time, doing a little segment called Keeping It Real with Renee. I'm going to be talking about the things that I liked and maybe some of the things that I didn't like so much in the world of professional wrestling. So I'm excited to be joining you guys. Bubba, make some room. Move aside. Coming in hot. Joining everybody on Sirius XM. Can't wait. So Renee and Misha. Ooh, I like that combination. That's interesting, right? That came out of nowhere. Very. You'll never be the second servant. No, I'm <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I was, I was excited when I heard about that. It was like, good idea. That'd be cool. I'd like to hear Renee's uh, thoughts on the future Conor McGregor Machine Gun Kelly fight. Oh, damn you, man, for bringing out. I didn't even keep that. I, actually, <laughs> I deleted that. I, I watched it and I deleted it. Should I have not? Is it worth anything? Because yeah, I can I mean, easily I, at the VMAs. At this I point, could easily reconjure it. It may not be on the program, but I with my system, I can easily reconjure this shit. I mean, here we go. It, 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 yeah, right here. Let's see what we got here. Uh, it says that at the yeah. red carpet for the MTV Video Music Awards, he got involved in a brief physical altercation with rapper and singer-songwriter Machine Gun Kelly. Who's taller and who's skinnier? Just out of oh, curiosity. Oh, fucking K- K- MGK is taller by God knows how much. And uh, it depends on which weight class Connor wants to pretend to be at this week. But uh, <laughs> oh, Ooh. I'm just saying he went up to a he went up to two different weight weight divisions. Got his ass kicked at both. So, maybe so much stay for, in your lane. So much for us ever getting Connor on here now. Thanks a lot. It would have happened otherwise, but now because of this specific comment, the chances are much, much slimmer. I must say. (laughs) Now we got Connor Heat. All right, let me see what we got here. There is a clip, right? I have a clip here. I'm pulling it into our system. Oh wow! Is this worth watching? I mean, it was a it was brief Connor shenanigans. So it only be fair to run the clip when we're talking about it. All right, let's have a look. What is up, guys? So, Conor McGregor... Oh, I thought this was... This isn't the clip? Oh, I thought I had the clip here. Is this it? I guess this is another channel that showed it or something? I thought this was, like, the direct thing. Oh, this is the clip. There's Conor McGregor. Oh, I don't want somebody's overlay over it. I want to see it myself. Do we hear anything? Do we get any dialogue? I want to hear somebody else's thing over it. Anybody have, like, the native clip without all the shit on it? So, what did he do? He threw soda or some shit? Oh, 
That was it. Oh, that's machine gun. Connor Connor just had a little fucking tizzy. Like, like, yo, what happened? What the fuck happened to Connor McGregor? Like, uh, motherfuckers just fighting people who don't actually fight anymore. You would think that if somebody got that close to something, that they'd be better with the camera, right? Like this clip shows fuck all. You barely even see Connor in it. Oh, is this more? Is this where more of the fighting happens? Oh, right here. It took so long. Oh, TMZ must have it. You guys are saying it's really hard, but look, this is from TMZ. So we could probably get like a could probably pull a TMZ version to just see what all need cuts in the middle. Let me at him. Put them up. Put them up. That's what they look like out there. Connor's not even getting the fucking. Day. Man, you know what the bad part is, George? I can't even correct that to, Mc, to McGregor. Connor's back on the. Connor's back on the Connor. That's what he's fucking on. As somebody who drinks whiskey, like no. <laughs> I think he needs to start winning fights again before he keeps acting tough all the fucking time. Not for nothing. I like right. Connor McGregor and everything, but it's like it's not a good look to be getting your ass kicked and then out there fighting with Machine Gun Kelly. Fucking Khabib put you. Fucking Khabib yeah. choked you out. Poor like, gay put you to like sleep and almost, sent you a meme hell. Like that's almost at at Cat Williams getting beat up by a little kid tier levels of of shit, of dog shit. Remember when Cat Williams got beat up by a child? Yeah, and the child was probably tougher than Connor at this fucking point. <laughs> no, I don't even Holy see it on TMZ. Fuck. What is this? Is this shit banned? Is it exiled? TMZ was probably embarrassed to Connor too. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I wasn't going to even use that on the program just because it seemed like such a chuffa story. It was like, oh, Connor and your publicity. You know what the funny thing about it is? It literally only spawned in for a, like a quick second because I thought about it. And then I thought about how far Colin, how far fucking Connor's fallen. And I was like, you know what? I'll sneak that joke in real quick. <laughs> the only reason I didn't grab it is because I, I thought it was going to look exactly how it looked. Like a crowd of people and paparazzi and some shit getting thrown. And someone holding Connor back and a whole bunch of kids. It was literally exactly what every Connor confrontation looks like. Like, for we notice another uh, publicity stunt, you know? And it's so funny because it's so funny because that would be that would be the thing that Connor had to try to dick ride on fucking MGK, who's actually been doing shit. I'm like, Connor, who's just been sitting on his ass, sipping proper number 12 and getting his ass kicked. It's funny because as I'm looking through TMZ's channel, one of the stories that comes up from four weeks ago which I think is probably my favorite story on here, is uh, Tito Ortiz talking about how his political <laughs> career is over. You know? Yeah, you fight your fight career too. After that fucking... <laughs> well, let's get into that. Well, since that came up, that reminded me because that is somewhere on oh, this program. So let's talk about that. So for those who don't know, no, 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 don't, don't, um, tell them what happened. Tell them who's fighting. Don't tell them what happened. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, believe <laughs> me, I wasn't gonna tell them exactly how it did. But uh, yeah, basically there was a uh, two big boxing fights, but one of them, and the best part is, guys, is against people who actually do this shit. But um, one of them just happened to be Tito Ortiz versus Anderson Silva. Can someone tell me why Tito Ortiz and Anderson Silva, two MMA guys, were boxing this past weekend? Like, I didn't even know. And I'm kind of glad I didn't. Right. I'm glad for Tito's sake that I didn't. Why are both of them boxing and not doing MMA? What happened? I don't think they can. I, I think it's like, you know what? <laughs> I think they took, the, they took the route that UFC fighters used to take when it came to Bellator, but then took it a step further. Like, we can't handle this anymore, so let's downgrade to something a little easier. You got to step it up, man. It's an old man's game. 
You know, like what is like, so like, like everybody gets old like, and like, 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 retires to boxing. Like, wait a minute, wait a minute. You're telling me here the rounds are two minutes shorter? Like, Anderson fucking Silver, the spider, is a boxer now. That's true, because we saw from some of his last couple of MMA fights, the spider we knew was long ago. Well, he fought Tito Ortiz. This was actually a camera view, I believe, of it. Oh, my God. Let's have a look. This is uh, the finish. <laughs> Emphasis on finish. I like how you could see the moment of of the end of it. Like what? Right <laughs> you can only see <laughs> when somebody takes that one hit, and it's just like the light starts to dim. Oh fuck! Right there, that right. <laughs> You know, Anderson Silva's dangerous with gloves too. What the fuck? Right. He, he's just he just good at knocking people out. <laughs> wow. And as you would expect, T.O. got sent to meme hell. I saw one where you remember the first Jurassic uh, Park movie where um, Dr. Allen's leaning up against the Triceratops? Yeah. <laughs> I saw somebody put that same thing and then they put Tito on it too. And I was like, oh. That's rough, dude. <laughs> he went timber. You know, the sound Clean. was beautiful. Yeah, like it was one of those situations where he definitely knocked him out. You know, like, it goes back no to you, you don't you don't have to see it. You just hear him go sleep. It was one of the Martin Lawrence ones. What do you say to a motherfucker who just got knocked out? <laughs> Damn. Did he hit you as hard as you fucking look? <laughs> like, yo, why are you it's my first thing? one and I'll fucking be back. I put it on the light, Hold on, hold on. That is this Wow. <laughs> Does he know what happened? No. I want to hear this anyway. This isn't, I didn't realize that. Uh, I'm going to put this for the, in the social media for you guys, as well as the time. I didn't know that uh, he was that emotional, even though it was labeled emotional. I thought it was clickbait. It's my first swan, and I'll fucking be back. I put baby. Love you. Right, you guys, Jason, you yeah, go for it, yeah, what do you think happened there, Jason? He got caught in there. He got caught. I mean, he was, yeah. Um, I, yeah, let me do this. Yeah. It looked to me like he got he got hurt with a shot, and you know he's not used to being in the boxing ring. Obviously, he turned. It looked like he turned his head. Yeah. Got caught behind the head, and it wasn't an illegal blow because he turned into it, obviously, and you know, and you know. He went down, you know, he went out. A little cold, do you think? So we had a good warm-up. You know, he had a good warm-up. Um, I think he's. I think he got a little excited. I think, I think he felt I like... excited. Yeah. Got excited? Got excited. Yeah. yeah. Do you think the weight cut had anything to do with it? I think it, I think the weight cut might have affected how he was going to absorb punches a little bit. Of course, yeah. he sucked down at 200 pounds. He's yeah. never been down there I've never seen since like he was a kid. Cut. I've never seen you like that at all. You know, like so... The weight cut, I think... The, 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 the weight cut was a little tough. Um, I mean... 
Yeah, it had to be the weight cut. And on top of that, it's his first time. What about the weather? Was it cloudy outside? Because when it rains and shit, you know, your bones get cramps and shit. Sometimes you get an ache, like if you have an hey, old no, injury. Man, I'm man. You know, yeah. Shit well, I've been to the dentist lately. You know, they said a lot of your health is involved with your teeth and shit. Have you ever like a cleaning? Maybe he'll have a fucking cleaning. You know, I'm like, what is this shit? The Tito Ortiz has like a thousand excuses now after getting oh, knocked out, you know? Here's what what the guy heard that he said. I can't remember where is it where it was that he said it, and I lost even more respect for him at this moment. He goes, "Yeah, uh, Aaron Silva hits hard. He hits harder than Chuck Liddell. Didn't Chuck whoop your ass twice? What like, is he that? What? what is he that thing that they punch in Dragon Ball? The, the meter sixteen hundred. I hate when guys see that. I hate when guys get their ass whooped and then start talking shit about somebody else. It's even worse when it's somebody else who they've never beaten." I that doesn't make any sense. Said Anderson Silva hits harder than Chuck Liddell. No shit, but you couldn't beat Chuck either, so it doesn't make a difference. Yeah, and I can't take his word for that. How do I? How how would he remember? He's got, he, oh, I he think he felt well, that you're he stronger was than Anderson, yeah. so he was in there and he, and he got really excited. You know, he thought that he, he thought he could run some numbers there. Quickly, Tito, you, 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 come on pass. in, dude. Come in. Okay. So what do you think happened in there? Um, I made a little mistake. You know, um. I think it's just being too wild. Um, I, I think just a, a little bit longer of a camp. The things, I mean, the weight cut, getting down was really, really tough just to get down. But uh, I don't know, man. It's, it's been a little bit since I fought, and I've never boxed before. But this is an opportunity that I, I love it. It's fun. It's exciting to get to the point. But um, I never been clipped like that. Even Liddell didn't even clip me that bad. That was a good punch. He caught me with a clean punch. A really clean punch. Do you remember the, the actual punch that he touched you with? Like, yeah, it was a uh, uh, right hook, right? Yeah. I think so. so yeah, right, yeah, right hook. Yeah, he clipped me with the right hook. Ad. I think yeah. uh, I was being uh, too stupid to stand in front of him like that. Mm-hmm. And Anderson's been boxed for a long time, and it shows that's why he's that good. Um, I give him respect. I give him all the respect in the world, and I trained as hard as I possibly could for it. You know, going back to the weight cut, like I mentioned, you know, I, I've never yeah. seen you look like that as during the weigh-in. Did you feel a little heavy in there at all? Or? Um, no, I didn't feel heavy in there. Um, I just, once again, I just think I, I could have done a lot more work. Um, like I say, I, that's the first time I've been clipped like that. I don't even think Liddell ever clipped me like that. He got a good punch. Thank you, brother. He got a good punch, and uh, he hit me. Okay. And I was kind of going through my minor now, what exactly happened, and uh, he had me good. You think uh, you'll continue to box? Or was- yeah, I'll continue to box. I still want to box. I love to box. I'm, I'm just learning. I'm uh, it's an experience. I'm not a boxer. I'm a wrestler. And I, I, I'm going to learn. I'm going to keep learning. Um, I think I got too excited by pushing into him. And I pushed into him, and I got clipped. And I shouldn't have did it. I was fucking... I tried. I, I gave him my heart, man. I gave my life and soul. I, I worked as hard as I possibly could for it, you know? I'm not a boxer, but I was willing to put my life on the line for this, and I want to thank all the fans who support me, and like I say, man, I, I never been knocked out like that. Even Liddell didn't knock me out like that, and um, Anderson was a better fighter. Right. Thank you. You're welcome, man. I like that. In all seriousness, I like the second half of that answer better than the whiny big way that he opened. You know, like I didn't like that shit. And then the making the excuse. But at the end, when he just like critiqued himself about what he did wrong, how he stood in, the, in front of him too long, I didn't move around. Like I like that, Tito Ortiz. Right. You know, like that, like, he redeemed he, himself he for me. He knows what he did. He knows how he fucked up. But in the beginning, when I was like, what was the weight class? It was this. It was that. My first time. Like, no, it was the mistakes he made in the ring. But I like when he, the way he addressed the second half. It was still the adrenaline pumping, I guess, during that first thing. He's just regaining consciousness as well yeah. as leaving. 
So I can't fully blame him there. But yeah, I heard about that. I was like, what? The hell did this happen? And then fucking in the same weekend, Vitor Belfort knocked out Evander Holyfield. I don't know why they were fighting. Yeah, I'm not going to play that one out of respect for the oh, elderly. No. Yeah. You but know, apparently what was funny def- about it is uh, I think Vitor called out the Paul brothers, which uh, I'm going to tell you right now, Vitor, if you do that, you kill the both of them. Yeah, but uh, yeah, Holyfield looked terrible out there, right? God, what is it? it didn't even feel real at some moment, at points. So I was like, yo, that, that's fucking Evander Holyfield. Yeah, that is not, you can't be old and out there. After a certain age, he's like, it's too much. It's too much. Like, Vitor's up there in age, but Vitor's still dangerous at his age, though. Yeah, he is. Like, Vitor's like, still it's, scary. It's different for Vitor's everyone, like, but you Vitor's gotta... like MMA Tyson. Like. It's different for everyone, but you just gotta know when to uh, when to deal with it, you know? Like, you gotta know when to say, hey, I'm a coach now. Right. Otherwise, shit like that starts happening. Like, I saw... a. a thumbnail when i was scrolling youtube the other day i didn't even want to click it even though it intrigued me i just knew that it would like depress me but it was like the worst ending to mma careers of all time and like the thumbnail was just a picture of chuck liddell on the floor oh my God. and i was like gee i wonder which one the top's gonna be <laughs> you know like you know, career, it was, it was rough right like the end of it was like it was like kind of sad i've noticed some of the countdowns those thumbnails are usually ones at least like the top five but yeah i think it was him I think it was Rich Franklin was his. It was either Rich Franklin or Rashad Evans was his last one. What about Chris no, no, no. It, it wasn't Rashad Evans because Rashad Evans was like after Rampage. So yeah, I, th- yeah, I think Rich Franklin was the one. Like oh, that was one where fucking Franklin knocked him out with his broken arm. Like, <sighs> oh, it sounds worse when you say it like that. Yeah, like he literally he broken his arm the previous round, and then when he knocked him out, it just happened to be with that same arm. Ah, <sighs> that sucks. Shit. All right, well, I think one of your favorites. I got a flow, you got a what? I got a flow. I got a flow. You got a flow, so let it go. Yeah. Brother. This is a real Hulkster flow, though. Did you you see this at all? I haven't. No? Really? This is a collection. Who made this? I'm trying to figure out who made this. This is a list of, like, all of Hulk Hogan's lies over the years. Oh, God. I wanted to credit a Twitter account called just Allen and just put together all of Hulk Hogan's lies. Damn. I thought there'd be like there was a news source or Sports Illustrated. Someone did a report. I should have known, but no, just Allen. Allen decided somebody named Allen woke up today and was like, you know what? Fuck that Hogan guy. <laughs> just, uh, that's why people were like, how come, you know, how come you're so private about everything? You keep your, your photos private. And it's like, you know, because of Allen. I don't want to get killed by an Allen. You know, when you heard, I didn't want to bring this story because it's not on my program either, but wasn't, didn't one of the girls recently, what's her name? Um, why is her name escaped me? The one that's always stalking Paul Heyman? In, Kayla Braxton. Thank you. Kayla Braxton. She put up a thing where she's like, you know, don't invade my privacy. It's not okay to send gifts to my house, which as you know, is an ongoing thing. Those are the people who do things like that. You know what I mean? They get your address and they'll send you a gift that'll have a gift in it. If you get my drift gotta be careful hey look alan sent me a teddy bear why is it ticking what's this powdery substance is it sugar can i put it in my coffee no why does this teddy bear smell like shit anything why's it dripping too anything you know what i mean that's the whole point it's scary when there's at when one day one day an alan for you can wake up what's up what's up jill what's going on 
aka Marceline and Quest. What's going on, Quest? I'm sorry, guys. I'm not attentive to these chat rooms today. I'm fucking up left and right just because the program is ginormous and I want to make sure we cover the uh, the important stuff. I'm actually sorting it. Whenever you guys hear me stop talking, I'm sorting the rest of the program to get it together while I'm speaking to you. But yeah, let's go through somebody's Hogan lies here that Alan put together for us. Uh, the wrestler director Darren Aronofsky offered him the lead role three times. He turned it down because he felt he didn't deserve it. Aronofsky categorically denies that Hogan was ever considered for the role in The Wrestler. He was an all-state pitcher in high school, and he was scouted by both the New York Yankees and the Cincinnati Reds, but an injury prevented him from signing with either team. It's kind of funny how far that second one went you know what i mean like i would almost believe the wrestler one before (laughs) i would believe that shit you know how good you would have to be in high school to be scouted by the fucking yankees right (laughs) you know what i mean like can you imagine i can't even mentally fathom the stats you would need to be in high school and the yankees be like we need that dude (laughs) that's that's amazing shit well then again i guess maybe who knows man he was the he was the first one who noticed kevin owens's potential he said well he's quoted as saying well i hate to brag about it but i'm the first one to point the finger at kevin owens and this is like after he was kevin owens (laughs) like you know how much shit he had done? He had already been Matt Rushmore with, 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 with freaking Adam Cole in the Bucks, and he'd already been a multiple-time Ring of Honor champion before you noticed him. Hogan starred, as you know, Hogan starred in Mr. Nanny and uh, and another movie called Santa with Muscles. Is this real? What the fuck? You know what? It sounds like some indie shit you find. He says that he rewrote both scripts entirely only to have his writing credit stolen from him by the Dastardly Writers Guild. He he wrote both scripts. Dastardly Writers Guild. That's amazing that he's such an incredibly talented person that the New York Yankees wanted him to play baseball for him. But his writing is so good that he's able to rewrite movie scripts by himself and that the Writers Guild itself loved them so much that they would take those scripts. So he claimed he was the first to slam Andre and that Andre weighed 600 pounds when he slammed him and that and that Andre died a few days after the slam. Did he really say that? Right, like Andre, and he said that Andre he tore alive for a while he, after the slam. And he also said that he tore 18 muscles when he slammed him. I've heard that him slamming Andre did fuck up his back, but it's like as somebody who has that HBO Andre the Giant documentary on the HBO Max, like, yeah, that's not the case. That and I mean, ridiculous. specifically about the whole thing of, like, Andre dying, like, a few days after, like, no, Andre was alive for a hot minute after. Hogan claims to have partied with John Belushi after WrestleMania 2. John Belushi died in 1982. WrestleMania 2 was in 1986. So he partied with somebody. Whoever he partied with, I want to smoke whatever reefer they had there. Because apparently they spawned other right. people from the dead. <laughs> he he says that he was asked to join a startup company. <laughs> he oh, was asked no. to join a startup company known as UFC. 
while UFC wasn't nearly as popular as it is today, he said he wouldn't he wouldn't have joined because quote unquote guys get beat up when the fight should be stopped. So if it wasn't for his concern over his fellow man, he would have been part of this startup company, you know? Hell no. He says that when he was in WCW, a pay-per-view bout between him and Mike Tyson was supposed to commence. And he said that Tyson was too scared. Whoa. Jesus. Don't let Tyson hear that. And this is one of the most famous ones that I'm sure you've heard many times. Back in his heyday, Hogan wrestled 400 days in one year because he traveled so frequently between the United States and Japan that the time difference made it possible to wrestle 400 days. Because, you know, when you travel between time zones, like it's nighttime there and it's morning here and vice versa and all that shit. So according to him, I'm sure you've heard this. And we've all heard this one countless times, which is sad that when you really look at it, you would think that one of these you would run with multiple times would be more believable. But the one that you go that I hear the most is wrestle 400 days, because if you keep traveling to different coasts, essentially what he's saying is that you can outrun time because if you the only way that would be possible is if you were always ahead of time, you'd have to be traveling with time. You understand what I'm fucking saying here? Like you, you would have to always be going in the direction of time like you'd have to be going towards Los Angeles from here when it becomes night. Because over there, it's still 5 p.m. when it's 8 p.m. here. So you'd have to be traveling the world at a fucking trajectory where wherever it's the time's going back, you're going back fast with it. Do you understand what he's fucking implying? And you'd also have to be able to do that <laughs> and land and stop to wrestle <laughs> and get back on the plane and then catch back up with the time that you're beating. I'm going to just take your word for it. <clears throat> In the Christopher Reeve Superman, do you remember when he had a job interview? Well, not a job interview, but he had a news report. And I think it actually might have been with Lois. And they asked, yeah. I don't remember what the question was. They asked him where he talked about how he could reverse time if he flies backwards around the earth fast enough. He can go back in time. I don't know if that's canon to that. DC Superman. See, that's the kind of shit they put in those movies that makes people hate Superman. Like, you see the absurdity in that? That's the reason why people think Superman sucks because in fucking mainstream shit, they write him like Hogan. You know, like, think about what we're talking about here. So, like, you ask, like, <laughs> like what? Great phrase. That's the thing. DC Superman is dope. And even the DC animated series, the one that's the spinoff of the Batman series, is fantastic. But the Superman that we get, whenever it's mainstream, he sucks because he's like Hogan and ability level. It's like, why are these abilities so obscure? Hogan claims he could do the same thing that Christopher Reeves used to be able to do when he was fucking Superman. <laughs> he can fly backwards through time. And wrestle. Oh, Hogan. Jesus Christ, Hogan. And then the last lie was uh, when he said that he now likes black people. I can't even believe that. No, I'm kidding. Then I'm trolling, man. <laughs> I truly do believe Hogan is sorry and didn't mean I wish you could say we, we know he's fucking sorry. There's no need to believe. We don't have fucking delusional Canadians on here anymore. We know, we know he's sorry. I want to take the uh, clip of Kanye West when he says that, what was it he says? He says President Bush doesn't care about black people. Remember that clip? <laughs> yes. I want to take it and I want to like splice the beginning of it where it says President Bush. I just want to put Booker T's voice from when he goes, Hulk Hogan, we coming for you, Ninja. So it'll be like, Hulk Hogan doesn't care about black people. <laughs> <laughs> coming out of Kanye's mouth. I'm ribbon, man. Oh, man. No one ever I'm asked the, the hard-hitting I'm questions. I'm I kind of want you to do it, too. No one asked the hard-hitting questions 
that would really draw out the racism or the lack thereof. Like, would Hogan have fucked his friend's wife if she was black? Because then you got a paradigm, right? You got a paradigm shift almost. If he really wanted to to, to uh, get exonerated of any racism, that's what he should have done. He should have tried to fuck a black chick. Kurt Angle tried it with Charmel, right? <laughs> Remember that feud? Have bestiality sex. He said that in the promo. I want to have bestiality yeah. sex. Oh, I, don't think that's, I don't think that's what... If you what... had just adjusted that word a little bit, you'd have been okay, Kurt. He could have said hedonistic. I think that could have been what he was going for, but he said bestiality. I think he meant to say beastly. That's not good either. Right, but it's like, at least that would have came off a little bit better. That's not good either, you know? Ugh. Like. Like, as beautiful as Kurt Angle is, I refuse to take Charmella's beastly. <laughs> there just isn't a good way out of it, you know? There, there wasn't. There wasn't. Oh, man. And but that's next, what I would have done. Week, that's what I would have done. We're going to hear Booker T saying that all we talked about was Kurt Angle and his wife. Now, I'm not advising this of everyone, but I'm just saying from a tactical standpoint, and you guys know I, pl- I plugged that show on here that we watch um, on amazon the hell's it called with the paparazzi where they changed the media slacked flacked right flacked that's the show we watch if i was in a situation you see how that show they just put a spin on the media to try to make you look good that show would have probably suggested something like what i'm saying in all seriousness as much as it's funny to think about but if you were really with like a badass media company that had your best interests in mind the way that 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 show was they would have been like hogan the only way for you to get out of this is to leak another sex tape where you're fucking a black woman. That's what they would have done. They wouldn't have been like do an apology or do a fucking donation or go go do anything, host WrestleMania. They would have been like, now we got to make it seem like another tape leaked with a black woman. They would have done that because then it would have been then the racist and then he would have just looked like a pervert. You see, that's how you do damage control. As messed up as it is, don't you think that would have worked? Like for the skeptics that still think that he's that he's racist because we don't believe it. But for the skeptics out there that are hanging on it, imagine if you would have seen him banging a black chick. Problem it solved. Been, it would have been Hogan's dick too, electric boogaloo. <laughs> I would have went that oh, wait. route. Or would it be Terry's? Let me know, Hulk. And yeah, he would have still gotten caught because people like you and I, instead of having this conversation, we'll be having that conversation. I would be like, Dustin, do you think that Hogan banged that black girl because of the fact that he got caught being racist and this is just a cover-up? There's no way he would have gotten away with it with us around. I would have definitely called that shit if I saw it because I'm talking about it now and it didn't happen. But I'm just saying that it would have been good for the mainstream because it would have been like, oh, Hogan is tolerant of everyone. Look, he sleeps with black people too. He's just disgusting. He's not that he's a... (laughs) He's just a pervert. Well, it's not like he knew it was a sex tape, so technically, no. It's the pervert is the, uh, it's the person. Anyway, awkward Hulkster flaw. Yeah, I'm not sure how we're going to spin out of that one. Well, I enjoyed it. Oh, it was fun. Hulkster flows were invented because of his racism. Or alleged racism. <laughs> and, his That's how we started. and his obliviousness on Twitter. Oh, yeah, that too. Balls deep in drill. Got to be careful, too, because I'm not share our stuff. He retweets us, too. I think he just has he retweets. He's a serial retweeter. It was so funny, too, because when we still had that one person thing, whatever you call it, the one with the fatty shirt, he uh, he liked our stuff. He started liking our stuff then. Was, oh, yeah, yeah. When, when, when what's her face was, was on? Yeah. The one with the fatty shirt, yeah. <sighs> I don't think it was the shirt. 
<laughs> sure was at the end of its rope. Your tank top saying, Lotto, I don't fit you. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Yo, I felt so bad for him on that line, dude. It was just like, oh, no. <laughs> I was like, motherfucker, uh, it's not like you can just change like they know now. Yeah, right. Pretty much. Oh, boy. Well, that was, that was an interesting uh, Hulkster flow there. That was fun. Yeah, I enjoyed. So, uh, Kenny Omega, your boy Kenny Omega, was number one in the top pro wrestling 500, right? Yep, hit number one again. Yeah, number two being Roman, three being Bobby Lashley, four being Drew McIntyre, five being Kota Ibushi, six being John Moxley, seven being Will Ospreay, eight being Phil Finn Balor, nine being Shingo Takagi, and ten being Rich Swan. I don't agree with any of them. So there's no, I don't have anything but the first 10, but I'm, there's no point even going further because the first 10 are broken for me. The order's already ruined. They managed to I put 10 people in here that probably break the other 490. And it's not that I don't think that these are good wrestlers, but if your number one is Omega, which is debatable, and your number two is Roman Reigns, but then your number three is Bobby, Bash, Bobby Lashley and Drew McIntyre and Coda's under them. I feel like this happens all the time. Coda can't yeah, be under them. This is always off. Finn Balor can't be under them. Will Ospreay can't be under them. John Moxley can't be under there. Even Shingo can't be under there. Even fucking Rich Swan can't be under there. This is a fucked Dude, up Rich list. Swan, Rich Swan's barely in the fucking top 20. And it's no disrespect to Bobby Lashley or Drew. But honestly, even Roman Reigns, as much as I like the character of Roman Reigns, he's not as good as a wrestler as a lot of those guys, man. There's shit that they could do that he couldn't even imagine. Roman Reigns being up there is more for the worker. I mean, for the, for the, the performer than for the uh, wrestling aspect of it, but the thing's called Pro Wrestling Illustrated. This is about the top wrestlers. I wish they, they, they explained what they gauged this on, right? How weird. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Quest, I just caught the quest that Hogan is the real-time splitter. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, shit. I still can't believe that he did that, though, you know? It's Hogan. At this point, everything's believable. Really? But yeah, Omega's the, the number one person on this list. How how do you feel about that? Oh, I, oh man, I'm never sure how to feel when it comes to this this list because every time I can always justify somebody else being there. Yeah, I mean Omega is is definitely a contender for me. Yeah, Omega is always in the conversation for number one, and that says a lot because he literally is always in the conversation for number one. Where it's kind of like yeah. I can't even say that it's a. Uh, that it's not, I wouldn't rule on him being number one, to be completely honest with you. Yeah, it's it's the one that whenever it happens, it could always be acceptable. George says and Omega George, and Finn and should be Finn, a... Finn needs to be nowhere near number one. Like He hasn't one and done two. enough. And Okada. Finn, I mean, if we're talking for, it's for the year, right? Yeah, for the year. Like, Finn, yeah, Finn was champion in NXT, but while this run for me was better than his last run, I mean... Nah, that's no. Nah, like he's he's about, where, he's about where I'd put him. I mean, I don't know if AJ would break top ten if we're just going by his body of work. Remember this with the year, you know. Yeah, he's he's been a tag team guy basically all year. No championship wins. Will Ospreay tweeted out saying, "I'd beat up number one and and two. What did he say? Any day of the week and twice on Wednesdays. Just saying." And then Kenny Omega responded with. Your promotion has been so ice cold since I left that not even Melser can convince his followers that you were part of any best in the world conversation. 
It hurts me, bro. One of you dorks, dorks should have been the one. Apparently, instead, the only one was a was a was a dog. My only competition was another dog. <laughs> wow. Basically, being Roman. So yeah, but I think he was working there because I'm I'm hearing rumors that they're gonna yeah. do Kenny Omega and Will Ospreay. Yeah, I've been hearing that even teasing that one. Mm-hmm. But then George also like if I haven't seen you do much throughout the year, then what the fuck are you doing? Whereas I've seen Kenny Omega be world champion almost all year. Roman's had the best year of probably his entire career. And then there's Rich Swan. Like, I feel like you have to watch Impact and know why Rich, Rich Swan is up there. Yeah. So Pro Wrestling Illustrated has their own podcast, as I'm sure you all know. I will link you to the entire thing. But they had Kenny Omega on there. And one of the things that he talked about that I thought was really interesting was about the different styles of wrestling and just the way he sees the different companies. So I'm going to share the entire podcast with you. want to let you hear that. My goal was always to do whatever I could to unite wrestling and wrestling fans, especially, you know, I feel that there's, I, I, I feel that there's a lot of, you know, the wrestling community can sometimes be toxic and um, I hate seeing it in sports. I hate seeing it yeah. in, in video games and music and movies where you have fans divided so passionately and, you know, people that they feel like they have to choose a side and they feel that once they choose that side, that they have to, to defend that side with all of their fiber, with every fiber in their being. And, um, I, I felt that, you know, we aren't, you know, this isn't the NHL. This isn't the NBA. This isn't the NFL. You know, we, we aren't, we aren't teams playing in the same league. It, we're, we're all wrestlers. And a lot of us are, regardless of who we represent or who we're working for, a lot of us still feel like we're family. You know, I have friends not only in AEW, but I have friends in New Japan. I have friends in Impact. I have friends in WWE. I know it sounds crazy. I have friends there. <laughs> and guess what? You know, I want them to succeed. I still keep in touch with them. They, I don't want you to wish ill or wish harm or wish death upon them, you know, as my fans. And I don't think that the opposite is true either. So, in for me and it's 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 like saying a broad statement like you know i wish for world peace and it's like how do you even attain that that's impossible that's naive right. um but regardless as as unrealistic as it is i'm still taking steps because i don't think it's wasted effort and i think as long as fans little by little see that that there's a wrestling world that is a better place with all of our companies and our top talents working together then maybe slowly but surely and maybe I won't be around to see it. Maybe I'll be long gone, retired, or who knows, maybe even dead. I don't know. But maybe, you know, there will be a world where even just for one show a year, you know, we get talents that work together on an incredible super show to show everyone the greatest talents of the world doing what we love to do and showing the, the beauty and the, the peak art form that is professional wrestling, which includes all styles, which is also why... You know, I did things like challenge Lucha Libre, which is why I'm challenging things like, like, you know, death matches, right. you know, people don't expect that from me, but I want to show that there is an art form behind it and that there is beauty in it. And you can tell a story. Um, and I, I, and I'd love to see just a, a world where everyone is accepting to all of those and can find appreciation in all of those. And that's kind of how I feel, you know, I kind of steer away from when people have like brand loyalty now, whether it be game consoles or 
anything when I hear, oh, it's like I steer away because that means they're not thinking, you know? Like it's in all it's scenario, in all of, everything is just great. Yeah, exactly. It's in all of our benefit for everything to be good. So I kind of hate when, and sure, we're going to criticize things when they're bad, but it's not going to be in favor of other shit. It's just because this is bad. Right. I say, this is good, this is good, this is bad, this is bad. You know, if I like something from AEW, I like something from AEW. It's not in comparison to WWE and vice versa. Same thing with something like Xbox or Nintendo. If I like a Nintendo thing, I like it. If I say that it sucks, it's not because, oh, because the Xbox. No, it's because the Nintendo, that thing sucks or vice versa. You know, I hate when people have brand loyalty. It doesn't really make any sense. And I'm glad that uh, Kenny Omega is one of those people that sees beyond that, you know? Yeah, the wrestling world would do so much better if everybody was succeeding. Yeah, but they don't want that, right? Not the fans. The fans are crazy. Right. See motherfuckers getting friendships over that shit. Have you really? Like over the over the, the current wrestling? So it sometimes it's wrestling, sometimes it's football, sometimes it's like console so I've seen people in friendships over dumb shit. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's not good. Not the least. Yeah, I used to see people argue over shit where it was just kind of like, why does it matter to you? None of them are paying you or anything. You know, so so why even do that? But, oh, wow. Well. Never makes like, sense. I think the only reason even you have like a bias towards them is because of their business practices, right? Yeah, with WWE, it's not even that I don't like them. It's just, it's so much shit that just is. The easiest way I got to describe it is the reason I tolerate AEW so much more is like I've said before, I see the effort there. Whereas WWE, I just see them throwing shit at the wall just because it entertains them and not thinking about the people who are actually consuming the product. Like there's that thing where it's like you can't have told me you put that on the TV thinking anybody would have enjoyed it. Yeah, and sometimes you know for a fact that they're trolling the fans or they're trolling the people right. that are in the company. And it's kind of like they're using their power just for internal amusement because yeah, they kind of know that at the like, end of the like, day they like are the a big company. You know? It's like the fucking Eva Marie thing. You can't sit there and tell me all those people in those stands wanted her back. I, you know how I know because none of them did. She's pretty funny. I'm not gonna lie, man. Like it's yeah, just pretty but funny. Like her existence annoys me. Like because they they try they they book her like I'm supposed to take her seriously, and it's like no. I think she's doing a lot more of this shit on her own than you realize. You know, but I just oh, think it's God. just funny. Like I think it's intended to be what it is. It doesn't bother me. It's like she's not overexposed. Look at this. She actually put this up. You got to see this shit. <laughs> Speaking of, after last week's vicious and illegal attack by Dewdrop on Monday Night Raw, I'm sparing none of WWE's expense and going to the best doctors in the world to find out what damage, not only physically but emotionally, she has caused. This shit seriously, dude. Drop the emotional and physical damage. How could you not have sympathy on her? Because she gives me emotional damage every time she pops on my fucking TV. <laughs> I knew you were oh gonna say God. some shit like that. <laughs> Here, you you feel this mutual, motherfucker? Yeah, you see what I labeled the link. <laughs> oh, I did that. I've had Eva Marie on the ghost testing to try to find out what's wrong with her. You fucking <laughs> suck. You don't need testing for that. Ah, uh, that was that was filler that I just had in the program. 
and you brought her up as I was scrolling past to delete it. So I just fed it into the machine. <laughs> <laughs> That's just what happened. I was like scrolling. Like, what could we cut for time here? And you right when I said E right when you said Eva, my my cursor landed on her name looking through our program. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like, like stuff like that, like they do stuff like that knowing people don't want it. And it's like they're the only company that does that. Like mm-hmm. other companies will try stuff. They don't necessarily know how the crowd's going to react, or they might have an idea of how they might react. WWE will do stuff and be like, "No, you would like, no, 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 they, they, they don't want that." Yeah, no, that's a sad situation that we got going. Like on, fucking man. until I think this past NXT, I fucking forgot Io Shirai and Zoe Stark for tag team champions because we haven't seen them in like a month. And when we see them, there was no more character development. It was exactly where it left yeah, off. Yeah, they were just they. When I saw them, they were separate. In fact, no. This this is the this is this is fucking hilarious. This tells this tells you how much effort the wrestlers put in versus what the people who have to control what they do do. Fucking um, Casey Catanzaro. <laughs> I've because I follow her on social media. They her, her her their team has been basically uploading stuff where they'll walk by them just backstage and they'll make it so fucking dramatic and make it clear like, hey, we're coming from those tag titles and i'm like so the tag champions we don't we just don't see them but these girls we see them every other freaking week we see Caden carter and freaking casey canzaro every week wrestling every week and then on social media they're doing their own stuff to make sure they stay relevant you can't even so much as give me a situation where the tag champions are trying to get along even if they don't get along like fucking Shayna and i didn't get along around how fucking long but it was still the fact that they were all, we always saw them together. We always saw them doing stuff. It's like the lack of effort that upsets me with WWE at this point. On top of the fact that there's shitty business practices. Yeah, but just not caring, having no sense of sympathy or empathy. Right, like know? no sense of sympathy, you know, sense of empathy, no sense of, like, like pe- they, they, they treat their fan base as if they're doing them a favor just by existing. Whereas we've seen AEW We've seen Tony Khan come out so many different times and take time out of the show to thank the fans for sticking with them through everything. Like you guys didn't have to stay, but you did. Yep, exactly. And and now that it's becoming obvious, Mick Foley mentioned some stuff about it and he got heat. Did you hear about all the heat Foley yeah. got? Yeah, that shit? Foley got heat because he acknowledged reality. Yeah, I'm going to actually let me see what we got here. We got a few Foley things. This is the one that he uploaded to his Facebook, I believe, and to his YouTube channel. Let's have a look. Hello, this is the hardcore legend Mick Foley. I'd like to title this video WWE. We've got a problem because I think you do. And that problem is that WWE is no longer the place for talent to aspire to. Part of it is because AEW is doing a great job of attracting great talent, proven talent, building other talent, creating storylines, but part of it is a problem of your own making. I think younger talent sees the way that developmental characters are cut or left by the wayside, or in the case of Karrion Cross, greatly watered down and even made a joke of when they debut on the main roster. If it's not broke, don't fix it. Uh, if I was an aspiring talent now, big league talent with a major decision to make, I'm not sure that I would trust WWE Creative to do the right thing with my career. You guys did wonders with me 
back in the day. That was a different time, different place. If it was today, I'm not sure I would trust the powers to be uh, with my career in their hands. And until that changes, WWE, you've got a problem. Yeah, I mean, it must suck to hear. It's come to this. It's come to this. It's come to this. You know why Lee Johnson's okay getting his ass kicked by Aleister Black? Because at least there, there was some effort put into the shit. Whereas if that motherfucker was here, he might be wrestling on 205 Live. It's just to a point where I think everyone's tired of staying quiet. Yeah, there's no reason to be, because it's like, okay, so they'll fucking release you, all right? Go to that other place where they actually do stuff and try stuff with you. They ask you what you, you want to do, what your goals, and then you meet in the fucking middle ground. Yeah, and he got heat. I'm here that they're very unhappy in WWE that he said that. Yeah, well, everybody's unhappy with your existence, so fucking fix it. But it's like WWE doesn't understand that in today's world, I feel like I'm talking to a child. In today's world, people around you who generally express to you verbally when things that you do make them unhappy so that you will be informed not to further increase their unhappiness. (laughs) You know, like what is the they all get about this? It's such an easy system. People are people are pissed. They're going to tell you they're pissed. He went on Busted Open Radio because he wasn't done talking there. I didn't really see this reported so much as I dug for this because I was like, Mick doesn't just speak once on this kind of shit. There's going to be an elaboration somewhere. Sure enough, good old Busted Open found it. I'll link you here. Let's see what we got. And I thought, as long as they're going to pick up on it, they might as well hear it from me because it's been something I've been thinking anyway. So I did that 75-second video. And uh, it really struck a chord with people because I believe it was on a lot of people's minds anyway. And I think it's something WWE needed to hear. I think, uh, you know, I used to carry a cross as an example of somebody whose, uh, you know, main roster debut was not, you know, it was about one-eighth as electrifying as his uh, NXT debut. And that's an issue. And then when you go from watering down a character to embarrassing it, I think that sends a bad signal to everyone who's in developmental and everyone who who has a choice to make, a real choice to make. So, you know, theoretically, you know, NXT is it's its own show, and I think for a long time their shows have, you know, have stood out and been amazing on their own. But on paper, they are a their developmental group and Mm. so they would be like a you know feeder system and if a guy is hitting you know 360 and driving and runs hitting home runs in the minor league baseballs and that's terrible in minor league baseball it should be a given that he will be given that same opportunity with the big league but I'm, i'm thinking if i'm adam cole and I'm looking at what just happened with a few of the guys who've made their debuts. I would seriously have to consider whether or not WWE was the place where my dreams are going to come true. When you put all these things together and you see that people are departing for what they now see are greener pastures, uh, that's a problem for WWE. Do a lot of wrestlers feel like, hey, if I go to the WWE, if I go to that big company, I'm going to have to probably change a bit of myself, but if I go to AEW, I can be who I am. 
Yeah, I think one of the things you risk when you have a developmental system and a way of doing things specific to your business model is that you lose a little bit of the individuality. Mm-hmm. And so you tend to have a lot of people who can do great moves, have very good matches, whose names you can't remember after they've wrestled. Unless you're tuning in every week. That was part of the problem with me. I, I was watching sporadically. Whoa, look at that guy. Good shape, looks great, handsome guy, wearing trunks, great moves. Can't remember his name. And they all, a lot of guys tend to fall into uh, the same um, the same pattern of looking and wrestling the same. And so when you have somebody like Ruby, who is uh, very original and, you know, brash in the ring, I think you tend to lose a little bit of that. WWE used to be the place where characters, you know, came to life. And now I, uh, I think it's a place where... Uh, Characters go to die. <laughs> in a set, yeah, in a sense. Mark Henry. That's not the case all the time. Um, <laughs> because you have breakthrough characters. And you do, you know, we have guys like Bray Wyatt, who's, who's no longer there. There is still some great storytelling. Uh, man, I look at that SmackDown roster, and it's just stacked from top to bottom. And the stuff that Roman Reigns is doing with Paul Surheyman is that ultra subservient uh a second is is really great stuff but there's there's only so many spots in the card wow they must hate mick right now maybe all right no they won't why are you lying they're not gonna be all right now it's, it's becoming questionable oh wait, wait, wait all right my, my, my mistake i i gave the impression i give a shit at this point they're never gonna listen, so I'll just like crash and burn. I don't care. It's just like they hate, they hate having to face the reality that they try to fucking shitty book their way away from every fucking week. Your product sucks. Fucking fix it. Your backstage shit sucks. Fucking fix it. The way you treat your wrestlers sucks. Fucking fix it. And you wouldn't have this problem. You motherfuckers lost Daniel Bryan. And Adam Cole in the same calendar year. I'd jump in traffic if I did some shit like that. Are you kidding me? Yeah. I, I mean, it's it's definitely, no matter what, even if they recover from this, people are always going to remember this. Like, remember that time that happened? That was crazy. The recovery, what's so bad about it is the recovery isn't even going to matter anymore with some of the shit they fucked. Because like you said, they're always going to remember when they lost Moxley. They're always going to remember when they lost Jericho. They're always going to remember every single little fuck up they've done. Because now it's to the point where people are coming here to watch you fuck up. It's definitely a train wreck. You think Stephanie's always hated Mick? Why do you say that? You never know. You never know. But uh, did you see their production trucks? Oh, God, I forgot they have those. I haven't seen them. Oh, so good. So, so good. I got to put this up for you to take a look at the current WWE production truck. In order for you to get inside of that production truck, you have to go through the Forbidden Danielson. Isn't that priceless? And I love how I still see people doing the fucking meme where you insert Daniel Bryan into a match. The Forbidden Door is Daniel Bryan's face. That's fucking awesome. And Ruby's right next to him. Their production truck constantly reminds of their fuck-ups. 
This was in New York in Madison Square Garden. Andrade is also on these. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, because now it probably costs money. They just cut the catering. They're going to have to use that catering money to fix the trucks. And they, can't, they probably can't even decide who the fuck to paint on there. Who you who who you're not going to fire? Who's not going to leave? You're going to be painting them again soon. Who are you going to put on there? Owens? Who's going on the trucks? Yeah, they have to care. They just are losing control. Kevin Owens' contract ends January 31st of next year. So he's very close to going through the Forbidden Danielson. All I'm saying, I can't wait to hear unsettling differences in Kevin Steen again. Because we know what they're going to do. They're going re- to try to renegotiate with them, but they're only going to give shit that they think is okay. You know why? Because that's what they're going to do for Adam fucking Cole. And when it comes to Fox, they had such a good relationship with CM Punk, right? That you know what wound up happening? They kept going to WWE to get him to come over here. And then when they found out that there was a chance that he would go to AEW, they went back to WWE and wanted him to make an offer to him. And then WWE told them that the money that he wanted was too high. So then Fox said that they would help out with the contract bill. If they get punk back, they would pay it. And WWE then said, nah, they still don't want him because of his attitude. So Fox was willing to pay the contract and talk to punk. They were like, let us get punk back for you. We'll pay for it. Well, and they Fox, said, no, I hate to break it to you. He didn't want them. Down the other way around. <laughs> they try to spin that shit like every day of the day live for the past seven years. They wasn't trying to figure out how to get his ass back. I love when they try to save face. Yeah, well, they. You know are. the problem with this, George? They haven't built any fucking. They've hardly built any homegrown talent. Like that, those indie guys. That was their. That those were their big ones. And one by one, they're falling out. And now we're gonna start seeing one by one how little they've actually built people. And Wrestling Observer was saying the Sami Zayn's contract, there was there was conflicting reports because some people saying it comes up in a couple of years. Some people are saying it doesn't. So I'm going to hold off on that one because that might just be the Internet pulling the trigger too soon. Since I'm seeing conflicting reports here. Who the hell is Stallion Rogers? Not a clue. OK, because apparently he was from NXT and he showed up in AEW, I guess. So basically he was one of those performance center guys that, they, that never got past the class picture. No, it can't be. Let's have a look. It has to be, because we know they'll, they'll have like 10 people in a fucking class, and we'll see one and a half of them. Okay, so that's him. And the other guy next to him is Anthony Green. Was he Kurt Stallion? That might be what he is. Because that nigga, then, then I remember who that was. Well, whatever. They got those guys, too. You know, they just get, they just get so many different people. George, with the lack of patience this company has, do you even know how long it long it took them to get Rock and Stone Cold and Undertaker where they are? This company doesn't have this patience, this patience anymore. We've seen them give up on angles after like two weeks. Like, come on, man. Also, Don't Santana Garrett. Santana Garrett showed up here too. She made her yeah, debut. She showed up on Dark, I believe, right? Yeah. So you got Santana Garrett joining. Johnny Gargano's contract also comes up this year, according to Fightful. It comes up December third. So what dumb way they they, what, are they going to let him slide through They the haven't entered into anti-extended negotiations or anything, but they're expected to this fall. So let's see if there's some sort of an extension or what exactly happens there. So there's a lot of contract stuff that went wrong, and there wasn't really anything they could do. They were, in a sense, powerless because of the timing of the contracts. You know, Brian Danielson was another situation that, believe it or not, that might go a little bit more crazy for more reasons than they were even thinking about. They were saying that... uh. Both WWE and AEW 
we're going to allow him to wrestle in the G1 climax. Some say that because Vince didn't even know what he was giving permission for. I, I have a question about that. I think he must have known what it was or at least questioned what it was. The money was similar for both and both would have let him be in New Japan. Um, but they said that basically the reason why he did that, and this is ironic, is because it would have been best for business. He didn't say it that way, but they said it would have been the best thing for the industry. He felt going to AEW would have been better for the wrestling business as a whole. He said he felt like it would have been like what Mick Foley did years ago when he went to TNA, that he would have created competition and that that's the reason Mick did go to TNA at the end of the day. So, uh, yeah, at the end of the day, he went to WWE because uh, I mean, he went to AEW because it was better. He felt it would be better to have competition and to just, I guess, give some life to the other side. So there's something incredible. Yeah. According to Dave Melser, Brian Danielson has like, this is his quote, a notebook full of things that he's learned from Vince McMahon over the years. They said that every time Brian Danielson had learned something from Vince McMahon, he wrote it down. So he has this book of things that he's learned from Vince McMahon because of the incredible respect that he has for Vince McMahon. So there's, yeah, there's a dude, nobody out there really that he hates. So it's like it's not surprising they had respect for him for sure. So there's a, yeah, I mean, there's a dude with like a. This dude with like a Vince McMahon guidebook over in the competition fucking company. Y'all know y'all fucked up, right? I've never in my life heard of a wrestler writing down shit in a book like that and walking around with a book of things. Oh, shit. (laughs) And if you go back and listen to the post conference of the all out, he talks about how much Vince loved him and how Vince was overprotective of him and all this shit, man. You know, that book's probably gold. Ooh, hoo, hoo. And he doesn't watch TV. Remember, even on Total Divas, he didn't have a fucking TV. He probably read that book back to himself. He's probably Vince McMahon now. He has the mind of Vince McMahon, and he could recite the whole book. So good job letting him go, huh? You one dumbass clap. And as you know, Canyon Seaman was fired, according to Fightful, because that's the guy who was supposed to keep track of everybody's contracts. And, uh... They're pissed at him for quote unquote falling asleep on the wheel with the contracts, and there was there was quoted as being reported that there was significant heat to the people who were dealing with the details of the NXT contract. Owens, on the other hand, they knew was coming up, so I guess at this point, whatever has been decided with Owens has been this. I get the impression that this, that Owens has already made up his mind and WWE has already made up theirs. Whether it be that he's going to stay or go, I don't know. But they were well aware of that situation. But it's the NXT people that they somehow got screwed up. And they said, uh, it's not an issue with the main roster because a lot of people have spoken directly with Vince himself about their deals. The contract confusion comes from NXT. And a lot of it also comes from when they transition people from developmental contracts to the main roster, which led to mistakes. So in a way, it's NXT where things got complicated and fucked them up. And, uh, yeah, we're also hearing now that, uh, they WWE went through and reviewed a lot of contracts after what happened with Malachi black being able to show up in AEW 35 days after him being released due to that clerical error. Yeah. Cause the guy never switched over his contract. So, uh, yeah, they basically then they, they now looked and they checked all their shit which they probably should have done a long time ago. 
but they looked into their contracts. Imagine that, right? Imagine if the company that experienced going through the Montreal screw job was worried about contracts. Wouldn't that be something? You fucking clown shoes. Like, imagine if you thought, hmm, what's the worst case scenario if contracts come up? I don't know, man. If shit goes wrong with contracts, you might wind up with someone from Canada spitting in your fucking face. So let's avoid that at all costs. By not all having to be assholes, huh? With contracts. But I guess not. Yeah. Yeah. It is a, it is a rough one. But, I mean... They should count their blessings that the company and the situation is, and it wasn't keeping track of contracts. Was a lot of people got to escape. A lot of people got to fucking run out of there. So thank right. God for that. Greener, greener pastures. Yeah, way greener. And in regards to uh, NXT, I mean, there's some complications there because, like, the biggest story, as you know, is what happened with Triple H. Oh, yeah, that shit was crazy. Yeah, Triple H, uh, he went under the knife, apparently, huh? Yeah, yeah, the, uh, was it a cardiac event? <laughs> fucking, yeah, my, my fucking pronunciation was awful, I know. No, 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 <laughs> we were 100% on. It's just the strangest shit I've ever heard it called, Right, you know? I've never heard of something like that A before. cardiac event. You know what I mean? Not a cardiac arrest. It's like they they were really careful with it, like, and when I look up cardiac event, it's not very specific, you know? He underwent a cardiac event and uh, he had a successful procedure um, at the New York Hale Haven Hospital following the event. The episode was caused by a genetic heart issue and he's expected to make a full recovery. George says, no, (laughs) that's messed up. No, he didn't. No, that may explain why Vince was gone from Raw and SmackDown because he was back this week. You know, was it a heart cardiac arrest? Was it a heart attack? Was it a stroke? I mean, I guess we'll just respect the guy's privacy, but I just, I'm just the only reason I'm even asking is because cardiac event is just such a... I've never heard that in my life. Right. It's not like such, such a generic statement. Like, it could be anything. Yeah, so what a, what a bad time, right, when NXT is going through all of these changes, you know? Such a shitty time. Like, what's going to happen now? Like, he's not going to be back. He's going to need time to recover. NXT is not going to be... not going to have Triple H for a while. Oh, God. Strapping kids. He's going to be coming back to a completely different thing. And according to Bodyslam.net, they said there was speaker with sources within WWE. There was another round of production cuts in NXT this past week. And they're down to a quote-unquote skeleton crew. So, That's amazing. So NXT barely has anybody left doing the production. And as we spoke about last week, WWE disbanded their Japanese division and their UK divisions. And according to Melser, he was saying that they did it quietly, they closed it down um, because it was it was there to promote shows and in theory was to lead to an NXT promotion in that country or to, or to purchase an existing company and rebrand it. But the belief is with a new direction, the idea of running NXT branches all over has become less of a priority. So they're scaling back the global vision that they had for NXT, which is why they're closing down the Japan and UK divisions. Well, that's unfortunate for those two. I think that's why they started to bring a lot of the UK people over here. I don't know if they're keeping that branch open, despite what everybody thinks. People are crazy to think that that shit would stay open. I don't know what what impression they would have of that working. You know, they just closed down the UK division, you know? Like, I don't think so. And uh, what's this happened to Samoa Joe? Is this an angle that they did because of the rebranding? Because I don't think he's really hurt, is he? Is this a work angle? Right. 
he hasn't been hurt at all. And if it's an angle, it's fucking stupid. I'm not entirely sure. It would be weird to be hurt again. I don't think he is. I'm going to believe that this is an angle. It doesn't make any sense otherwise. It's just a bad angle. Yeah, who, who knows? Let me see something here. He put a video of it, right? Yeah, he did. There it is. Thank God. I was hoping I didn't have to fucking read a report of why there's no Samoa Joe. Hello, I'm NXT champion Samoa Joe. Upon my recent return, my goals were very simple. I sought to ensure the respect and integrity due to both NXT and its championship. I sought to ensure that everybody understood that the needs of one individual will never outstrip the sum of the brand. Today, I find myself having to stand on those principles. Recently, WWE Medical has informed me that due to certain injuries, they would like to have me step away from the ring for a brief, yet still indeterminate amount of time. I realize that this week we are on the cusp of a new NXT. We are on the brink of a new era in our history. And I realize that that era deserves a fighting champion. And that's why it makes this very difficult decision very easy to make. Effective immediately, I relinquish the NXT championship. Best of luck to those who will vie for it. My sincerest condolences to whoever wins, as I will be along shortly to recollect what's mine. That title's been through hell. <laughs> I don't even know what to say anymore about that. Exactly. The title has been through literal hell. <sighs> oh, God. Share that out to social media for you guys. Do you think that that's a work angle? or? Uh... I don't even know because he, here's what's weird for me. On the main roster, we saw Joe get hurt quite a few times. But he was always healthy in NXT. So it's weird to see him wrestle one match and then next thing you know he's hurt and he has to let the title go. Like that timing strikes me as more work than injury. But it's like I don't know. That's the part that's annoying me a little bit. Like I was like, uh, like I want to believe it's a work because then at least that's just like okay, that's just fucking dumb. But Joe's actually healthy. But then again, working that fucking maddening main roster schedule, I don't know if that weakened his body or any. The timing of all of this shit couldn't be worse. I have to say, like man. They just want to change it like the rest of the show, maybe. But then they could have made him lose it. Why not make him drop the title if that was the case? Have somebody actually beat him. What is it with NXT lately and like just titles just getting relinquished instead of people actually getting beat? I don't get it. I can't wait to see what it looks like tomorrow. Like she said, they don't give a fuck. Not a single fuck. Not a single solitary fuck. They don't give a fuck, motherfucker. Motherfucker, fucker. (laughs) Oh man. Oh, that sucks. That really sucks. All right. What is the status we here? Just got, we, 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 we just got out of carrying across his underwhelming reign. Joe's about to be great. And now Joe's not champion anymore. They said he's still with the company, though, because they hired him for more than just a wrestling role. He's still with the company, according to Melissa, but he's not sure what they're going to do with him. Um, But, uh, yeah, they said that the official thing that they were told is that he was hired to be more of an administrator or whatever, like a front office person, more than a wrestler. So that's going to be his job. The thing with him and Cross drew interest, it was a big deal in NXT, but they're going in a different direction. Why he couldn't lose the title in the match instead of vacating it beats Meltzer. That's a rare phrase you hear right there. Meltzer's beat. Yeah. They said that he said there's many unanswered questions in the story, and if he's going to be able to wrestle in a couple of weeks or a short period of time, stripping him kind of makes no sense. And there's a lot of vagueness of where and when there's vagueness. There's probably a lot more 
to it than has come out. But his impression is that he's going to be wrestling less going forward because the idea of NXT now is to develop stars for the future. And Joe is in his 40s and in, and in future he's going to be a cultural trainer and things like that. Oh, God. I'm actually trying to build to the future. Oh, that's scary. Wow. Yeah. Not the best of news. Not at all. So recently uh, there was a fan on Twitter who he said that his father was in the ICU and that he loves to hate Kevin Owens and Adam Cole. And uh, Owens tweeted and said, tell your dad that I hope he gets back on his feet quickly and that deep down he knows he loves me. And I truly appreciate him being my biggest fan and humming my theme song. And then uh, The Rock replied to that. And he said, we've all beat Cena, so let's celebrate, LOL, wishing your dad strength during this time. And, <laughs> and then he said, and Kevin Owens and Adam Cole are two of the best, so your pops knows his stuff. Oh, my God. Yeah, I wonder if Rock realized that Adam Cole was AEW when he put that up. I don't think he cared. What are they going to do? Get him in trouble? Like, They'll de-push him. The motherfuckers know they can't afford for him to not show up at WrestleMania. They'll take away his push, right? Ain't going to do jack diddly shit. Rock no. will take the push away. No more Rock because he promoted Adam Cole, baby. Who, speaking of, Adam Cole is having or has had an interview in Busted Open Radio. And they put up a little preview, which I'm going to run here for you guys. How is this journey, just as somebody who is... You know, a long time wrestler. You've been doing it for such a long time and at a, at a young age because you're still so very young. Just talk about this journey. You know, when I first decided I wanted to be a pro wrestler, it the mentality was, yeah, I just, I really, really just want to get out there and wrestle. And at the end of the day, that's all I want to do as well. I just want to go out there and wrestle. But to think of all the cool experiences and great people I've gotten to work with and cool places I've gotten to go and, and for it to lead to that moment at All Out was surreal. It felt like a full circle moment in a lot of ways. Another interesting thing, this is the first time since 2009 that me and Kyle O'Reilly are not in the same company, which is really crazy to think about. I mean, for for so many years, we had worked alongside each other, That whether that be as partners or whether that be as enemies, we had worked alongside each other. Uh, and the Young Bucks at Omega, the being two, you know, three of the people I'm closest with, to finally share a ring with them again. It was just, I was feeling very, very sentimental. But I remember before I was about to come out, I was so overwhelmed with emotion that like my legs were physically shaking. And it, it wasn't even nerves. It was like, I was so excited for that moment. It feels like all 13 and a half years kind of led to led to that moment on Sunday. And he talked about his time in WWE and how he didn't regret it and he wouldn't change anything about it and how he was happy there and it was a great experience. And he just wants to do this now. Yeah. Dude had a hell of a run. Longest reign NXT champion. First North American champion. Won the tag title that same night as well. Like, yeah, dude had a fantastic run. Definitely better than... Uh turning Keith Lee heel and making Adam Cole his manager and changing his name from Adam Cole because they already have Michael Cole. Right. Like I said, they would have done that. There would have been no, it's eventually going to get to this place. Like the fact that they do that, it doesn't matter where it goes. It's dead. Nobody would have cared if he became the old Adam Cole again. So Keith Lee's probably still going to turn heel and just have a different heel manager. It'll be like fucking, hey, hey may, may, maybe then we'll get that Mia Yim debut we've been waiting for for like, what, six months? <sighs> this freaking company, I swear. What else do we got going on here? I'm just looking around for the good stuff. Oh, and let's not leave out their crime about what happened with Zelina Vega. Do you want to take this one? So, 
It's story time with Soul Glow, baby. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> it felt appropriate with the transition. But um, so as a lot of people know, and we've talked about it on here before, uh, Selena Vega was one of the people who lost family, specifically her father, um, on 9-11. And of course, we had SmackDown. I believe, yeah, well, SmackDown was on, was on 9-11 this year. And Selena was supposed to wrestle on, on this SmackDown. Now, I don't know if y'all remember that uh, Live 24-7 where they fucked up and showed a moment where one of Liv's matches got cut right before it went out. Guess what? It happened again this time to poor Selena Vega. So this girl, even though she was going to honor her father regardless, did not get to perform in the place they brought her back to and have jobbed her I don't know how many times. Didn't get to perform on this particular SmackDown, which would have meant a ton and a half to her. Because they just wanted to just cut the match. Like, what? I've never understood the logic for cutting matches sometimes. And then they leave other dumb shit in. It's like, you couldn't just switch those around? I do think that that is absolutely devastating. There's a, so here's the thing. In the grand scheme of things, Zelina Vega isn't the biggest name to have at Madison Square Garden, given the magnitude of this event. This is treated like a larger-than-life event. Whether they choose to have her or not is subjective based on their schedule. They had big, big names there. But what I don't agree with is cutting her after putting her on it. You know, getting somebody hyped up, getting them to get prepared, making them, putting them in that zone just to cut them. That is really bad. You either have someone or you don't have somebody. And then I could agree or disagree with you there. But you're totally wrong to bring somebody there and do that to them. That's where it becomes shitty because not only is it unprofessional, it makes them either look malicious or disorganized. So which one is it? Are you malicious or are you disorganized? Are you so evil that you get pleasure out of doing things like that to people? Or are you so fucking incompetent that you can't get, you can't keep a schedule straight on a show that you've had for 20 years. And with this marky ass two and a half ring circuits, it's probably fucking both. So I would have been less offended if I would have heard Can you believe that they didn't plan on having Zelina Vega on SmackDown, even though she's from that area and it's her hometown and she could have paid tribute to her father? I would have been like, yeah, that would have been nice, but they don't owe her anything and they probably don't see her as a big marquee name for Madison Square Garden. But that's not what they did. What they did was they let her get ready. She was dressed in a Uchiha Itachi outfit, right? And she was about to come out and then they fucking cut her. How do you even have faith in an employer that can't keep their schedule somewhat honorable and the funny thing is they cut matches when you're at motherfucking goal position bitch if you go cut me cut me in a goddamn morning not right when i'm about to go out to the thing i cut if i got her on that car i'll cut fucking roman before i cut her especially considering how much that game needs are and they wonder why they're in the situation they are now and people are leaving left and fucking right because nobody wants to put up with their dumb shit anymore well, they can't cut Roman, to be fair, but they could have just been more organized and made a decisive choice to either have her or not have her on the show. Yeah, I'm just saying, theoretically, like if I'm in that scenario, knowing how much that, that means to that girl. But of course, they, yeah, you're not cutting Roman. I'm just throwing Roman's name out there just because it was the first one I could think of. But like, I'm cutting something out there that just didn't need to be. Because no matter how big they do these shows, they always put some shit in there that just doesn't need to be there. But it's like, that that girl was probably so excited 
that she got to perform, that she was going to get to perform and honor her father, and then they just ripped it away. It would have been better just to not have her, not have her schedule to wrestle at all, because then you're not disappointing her. She still gets to find her own ways to honor her father's memory. But no, they just do. They they, they just go through the whole process of lining her up with an opponent. Hey, you're gonna go on this part of the card. Wait for her to get to go position as she takes a step and a half out of fucking go position. Okay, no, no, you're not going. What? Like I said, dude, it's so crazy that I can't tell if they're malicious or stupid. They're both. I'm the kind of person. Dumbasses. I'm the kind of person that to me, that's the line when I'm interacting with someone and I can't tell if what if the severity of what they did is out of their own fucking stupidity or because they're just mean. I just go away. I'm like, either way, the magnitude of what you did is so fucking bad that I don't know if you're stupid or evil. If I have to ask myself, then at that point, I should stay the fuck away. You know? Does it matter? Like, at the point where you're questioning, somebody does something, you're like, damn, are they just fucking that stupid or that fucking nasty? Isn't isn't that scary? At that point, I'm turning the shit off. WWE, understand, if we weren't doing this shit off on Monday, I would have turned these motherfuckers off months ago. Because you keep doing dumb shit like this. I tolerate this company at this point. I mean, and as somebody who is a native of Brooklyn and Queens... That is, you know, essentially how, how crazy that shit was. Essentially, of, his, of, of Hispanic culture, just like Zelina Vega, it couldn't be. And I don't take things personally, but it couldn't be directed more personally at me. And I'm not even taking right. it personally, but I'm just thinking, holy shit! It literally can like that's terrible because I have so much in common with her. She's a gamer like me. She likes anime. She's a streamer like me. You know what I mean? It's like she grew up in the same area as I did. And, you know, we have similar backgrounds to see them shit on somebody like that. It's it's surreal, you know? Like, wow. There's no logical reason behind it. Like, I don't care what little bullshit WWE office fuckface reason they want to come up with. There's none that that justifies cutting that girl's match. And I know how people from my neck of the woods are. Maybe she's taking it in stride in front of them. But she's not okay in any other way. Oh, no. Like, knowing how much that day means to her and how much she loved her father, I don't care what would have happened. I would have loved to just to see her perform. But to do I wonder who told her, right? It was probably fucking Michael Hayes, just like it was the last fucking time when it was Liv. Because, you know, they always send Michael Hayes to deal with that shit when nobody else will. That's rough, man. I really felt when I saw that. I was praying that SmackDown wasn't eventful, dude, because I was going to just no-sell them all that shit. Truthfully, I was just going to be like, you know what, man? I'll ignore you then. That's because I just kind of think it's a little dirty. How, like, a little dirty. They didn't even put it, like, on an extended thing. They had, by the way, they had a shitload of dark matches before and after SmackDown went on the air. A shitload of them. They didn't even do like an extended thing where they could have put it as WWE Network exclusive like they do sometime or exclusive WWE.com clip like they do for John Cena or somebody when they haven't been there for a long time. And I find the clip at the end of the night and I'm like, this is the shit that didn't make the show. Which, by the way, I love how they're doing this thing where, oh, Cena's gone. No, Cena's been wrestling dark matches the whole time. So if you're alive, you get to see Cena. Terrible, man. Absolutely terrible. Like, like, didn't fucking Rhea Ripley and Charlotte wrestle a dark match on this past match? What the fuck are two Raw people doing wrestling SmackDown dark matches? Well, dark matches are going to be from either brand. But you are right. If you had to choose and you had to cut something from the main show, shouldn't the shit you get cut from the main show then go to the dark? Right. Like, 
maybe even a dark, but at least she still would have got to perform instead of you having the Raw Women's Champion and one of her potential challengers in a match we've seen like eight times that nobody fucking needs to see again because we can just sit there and suffer through your shit show on Monday to fucking see it. Oh, wait, no, we can't because you stuck Rhea Ripley with fucking Nikki J-O-B Jobber. I'm telling you, this year might be it for me with them because I swear to God, like, it's aging me. Not like we'd lose I found much like contact. One, I, I found, like, one more gray hair this morning before I went to the lake, and I'm pretty sure it was for them. Like I said, not like we'd lose much content. Right. And George is right. Then the fucking Logan Paul thing. What the fuck are you bringing this untalented fuck of a YouTuber onto the show every goddamn week? Like, what? I swear to God, the weeklies are just going to the weekly is just going to going to start turning into well, it was WWE said sucked ass and then move on. WWE just accepted my dispute on their claims on our content. I say again, start stop fucking with us and learn to book your shit, man. You wouldn't have this problem from last week. And the thing about them doing that is that that makes the episode sometimes come out on a week delay on Facebook. By the way, shout out to Patrick, speaking of on Facebook. So, I mean, if the AEW gives us no issues because they're intelligent enough to understand that we are, by fair use, reviewing the content and discussing it and that we're reporting it on a sports show. WWE claims it every week and then has to fucking release it and lose the damn dispute every week. I mean, and I don't even really enjoy covering their shit all the time. I do it out of a sense of necessity for our community. But if that shit continues, then I will just not cover it. I'll say, hey. I don't think our I'll, community would give a shit if we stopped. I'll Let's give a verbal report of, here, of Raw and SmackDown, and then we could watch some, some AEW clips. Like I said, I could give a verbal report of WWE and then just throw in a couple and then watch some AEW clips of whenever I want to show a highlight or something. They're not going to shit themselves. Matter of fact, Tony Khan, jokingly, he pointed to like a dirt sheet guy. And he asked the, he asked the, the crowd where is the guy at so that he could break his phone when he was just like just kidding you know it's like you know what i mean they're not uh they're not pricks about this whole thing you know what it is it it, it took me until recently figured out when you know your product is either good or at least you put the effort forth to make good make good you don't care when people talk about it when your product's fucking dumb as clown shoes you're gonna take shit a little fucking personally WWE claims it every week because they know it sucks. AEW at least has enough confidence in their product to where if somebody says something, they hate. We it's getting us out there. It's getting us some kind of exposure. Oh, they critique something. Let's see if we can fix that at some point. WWE fucking they know they know they put these shitty angles out here every single week. But the second somebody says something and acknowledges how shitty it is and they're not blowing them for three fucking hours. Oh, no. Now we got those disputes out there, which they lose every time. If we have the WCW, you motherfuckers, for 83 weeks, we'll do it. But the difference is we won't spoil the main event of the matches and ruin it for us. We'll be on 84, 85, 86, 87. I don't give a shit. Yeah, if you guys ever have issues seeing it on Facebook, look for the audio version anywhere where podcasts are found, or just go on Twitch. Twitch has a version, too. But yeah, I noticed that they use the Facebook's automated system, which we beat, but but it takes time for everything to go through, and they use that to delay the shit. I think they just like to fuck with us. Like, they like to fuck with everybody. And apparently they like to fail with it like they fail with everything else. Yeah, really. Really, and... um. No, it's just, it's not cool. Like, I can only imagine what, what went through this girl's head with the, with the shit that they've done, you know? 
And also, Zelina Vega did get to honor her father um, at that uh, at the other thing, right? At the nine eleven ceremony, like the, at the actual yeah, ceremony. Yeah, the, the ceremony they do at Ground Zero every year. Yeah, because this was fuck's sake, the twentieth anniversary. I want to see that. I'm glad I have it here because I don't want to no sell it like they did. Out of respect for her. No, we have I'm actual respect for these people yeah. and their families. And my father, Michael. Angel Trinidad. And my. We love you. We miss you. There's so many events that I wish you were a part of, like my wedding or Timmy making you a grandfather. We hope that you're proud of us. And um, please look after me and the rest of the family. So at least you got to do that, you know? Well, young lady, he is very proud of you. Yeah, well, wow. I, I, like I said, I, it's weird for me to come on here. <laughs> And and talk about a company like this that's gone completely fucking out of control, you know? Like, there's, there's a level of common self-respect. Like, it's funny. They disrespect their own superstars as much as they disrespect their fan base. Yeah, then, like, this is it's beyond. And I do agree with Omega, with where, like, we should have this united thing where you're not, you don't have brand loyalty. But I don't really think that what you're expressing is brand loyalty. There's a difference between like you're not on here going AEW does this better, AEW does that better. So much as you're going, look at what they did to this person, look at what they did to that person. I agree with Omega in the sense that we shouldn't hate on each other because of whatever systems, councils, games, wrestling we watch. But that also means that we shouldn't open, we shouldn't welcome negativity with open arms either. Like Like, I got to the point where. I'm okay with the wrestling world being united, but I don't even want WWE to be a part of it anymore because all they do is think of themselves. Like, the wrestling world can be united. WWE can go fuck off in a corner as far as I'm concerned because they're the only company that's only ever thinking of themselves. I mean, shoot, as much as I shit on Impact, you gotta remember Black Taurus, um, the Bull in Decay, he came from AAA. They went to AAA to bring somebody over. What's WWE do? They're fucking. I think I think I heard something like they're wanting to buy CML out, CML, CMLL out, just to raid the talent. Just fuck the company, raid the talent. Yeah, well, they're bring, they're, they're, they're they're sprinkling in the evolve guys every once in a blue fucking moon. The guy who won the breakout tournament. I don't think he's won a match since the shit started. <laughs> it's like, why would you want to be a part of this shit? Money ain't worth the shit. No, no, it really isn't. Notoriety isn't worth it because they're not gonna do shit with you. You'll sign them and maybe get used like two or three years later. And like Stasis says, and they want your Twitch money. Right. And then they come for your Twitch money after all that shit. That's amazing, man. (laughs) They try to copyright your kid's name and shit. This has been a slow elevation into a really appalling situation. Fucking awful. I'll take AEW shit booking decisions and some some of their angles being dull as dirt because at least I know when those guys go over there, everybody there is treating them like a human fucking being, not just a number on a ticking board. Yeah, you're absolutely right about that. Tony Khan actually spoke uh, on Busted Open Radio and he had a quote where he said, uh, 
in regards to Jim Cornette criticizing him. He said to be to be fair to him. These are his opinions. He says what he thinks. And there is stuff on the show that he's liked before and there's stuff that he hasn't liked. And I think that he's still like that. He's not trying. He's not saying he loves everything on the show, but he's acknowledged a lot of great stuff that happened. What really tickled me and I thought was very cool was his line about CM Punk's arrival, about his debut appearance in AEW on the first dance. And I'll never forget it. It's his exact quote. Well, it wasn't what I would have done. It was a lot better. It was perfect. I thought that was awesome. And it was very fair because I think it was our perfect moment. And it was very cool of him to say. He's been very fair recently with the stuff he said. And I think that's great. And uh, then he goes on to say, I think a lot of us don't necessarily agree with all of his opinions. And clearly he doesn't agree with everything he sees on our show. But he's got a lot of fans for a reason. And it's cool to see he's really enjoying some of the stuff he sees on the shows. And I don't think anybody can argue with the success. He's an intelligent person. You know, and I think he's right. Yeah. You know, I don't always agree with Cornette, but at the end of the day, I know that that Cornette develops that opinion from the fact that he's been in the business so years, so so long. So it's like, okay, yeah, obviously that's going to be Cornette's opinion. He's not going to love everything, but yeah, I'm right there with him. Probably one of my favorite things I've ever heard is what he said about CM Punk's debut. Yeah. And I, I agree with him like a decent amount, but there are certain things I don't agree with him about, you know, like I don't agree with him about, uh, I guess the Adam Page stuff, or uh, I still don't get the Kevin Olivier. Who the fuck is Olivier? Do you ever get that joke? I, I must have missed. About, I feel like he was talking about Omega because we know. I know he's, he's talking about Omega, Omega, but who the hell is Olivier to reference to? He I, calls him Twinkle Toes and he calls him know. Olivier. I know Twinkle Toes because of the way he works, where he hits the ropes and runs. But I wonder what the Olivier reference is because he always fucking calls I, I him Olivier. I have no idea. Was there like a ice skater or a fucking ballerina or something? Maybe just name. do anything out there. I don't know. No, there's something to it. Oh, is that mine? Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. I got a cool thing. It's like, sorry, I was looking at something else. Fuck you. I don't even use spears. Yeah, my, my, my wife's in my game. Nice. <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah, yeah see, I like the fact that, like, Tony, even Tony doesn't, like, ever take things personal that he says. It's just like, hey, it's his opinion, and I respect it. Yeah. Now, let that be the other side. You're going to get Actually, you're not even going to get an answer. They're just going to be mad in the background. And they're not even going to say you're going to hear from us. Right. They never said a shit. See, that's right. one thing I like with Tony Khan. He's very transparent about stuff. He doesn't really hide shit from anybody. He's a regular guy, you know? He acts like yeah. a regular human being. I can love to work with a guy like that where there's no secrets. There's no secrets. There's no bullshit. I guarantee you right now, if there was an AEW network. Around the same time as a WWE one, I guarantee right now the fucking long-term people will at least got some kind of compensation from there. Instead of having to buy a whole new goddamn network just to run their shitty shit that doesn't even shitty work. <laughs> shitty shit that doesn't shitty work. I just swung wild on that one. I didn't know where I was going. Motherfucker. You, you did more fuckers. shitties than the fuckers. I was about to say you did more shitties than the fuckers. Yeah. <laughs> Man, if I can only write that down. More shitties than the fuckers, right? All right. Well, I guess we're gonna talk some dynamite, huh? Yeah. Because we're already uh in the swing of things. Okay. Let's see here. Bear with me, folks. I bring up my dynamite stuff. So, what do we have going on here? This is episode what? One hundred and one. Yep, one hundred and one. Uh, we had Dustin Rhodes against Malachi Black. Finch being Dustin winds up running into the exposed turnbuckle from early in the match, and then he gets hit with that spinning heel kick, formerly known as the Black Mask finish. Um, 
Yeah, let me bring this up on the screen real quick because there were a few things I wanted to talk about. When Dustin gets put through the table, right? Was it a yeah. was it an overly gimmicked table or why? I've never seen a more soft looking table bump in my entire life, man. Look right, at this look, table. It, it look that looks like they, they took extra care of him on that one. Listen to this bump. Do I have the volume all the way up on this? Listen to this bump. That's right. He doesn't, you can't rush into something with Malachi. Maybe he was going for that Canadian Destroyer, possibly there. Whoa. Dustin likes to use the Canadian Destroyer. Oh, oh, that suplex through the table. Oh. Like, they gimmicked the shit and out of that tape. I didn't hear it at all. Just been fired away at Dustin Rose. You know, Dustin getting up there, you got to be careful with that shit. Came out of nowhere. Take a look at it again, Ted. No, we don't need to see it twice. Once was enough. Um, the thing, the the big thing to this match was the Cody's boot thing, right? Yeah. They need to get a Cody's boot chant going. This live event from Cincinnati that will culminate in John Moxley, as we said earlier, and Suzuki in his homecoming match. Can't wait for that. We'll be physical as this match here is physical. What's he? No, wait a minute. Dustin is in a lot of pain. Uh, what is Malachi? What the hell's he doing here? Oh my God! It's it's Cody's boot. Quest said that it was a play school wrestling table. If you'll recall, when Malachi with that spinny heel kick knocked him flat out. Well, obviously, Malachi obviously planted that boot under there. I well, he knew sure. right where it was, so yeah. that would be the... I watched a lot of Chicago PD. I know these things. Okay, and look at I this. thought he was going to hit him with it. Why, why does really Chicago PD why does see him the boot? And now mess with him. He, he said, Malachi said, I want to piss you off. Well, he... He should have made him put it on. Dustin really want to fuck him up here. And put it Dustin on him. loves his brother, loves his family, and this guy's spitting right in the face of the Rhodes family. But maybe one. So yeah, he fucks with him with the boot. Some motherfuckers say, "Remember what I did to your baby brother." Mm-hmm. And you know what? Old man Dustin hits a Canadian destroyer right there. Right. Uh, maybe this was a bad move, guys. It might have been. It motivated Dustin. It seems. Recalls off the corner. Go to the midsection. To the midsection. Oh, here he goes. Got it. Oh. There it is. Canadian Destroyer. Got it. Good job. Excellent yeah. job there. This Destroyer looks really good. Mm-hmm. Of course, Dustin doesn't go over. still that good. Mm-hmm. And uh, you get more CM Punk. You get your CM Punk fix of the week. We got to get used to that, right? CM Punk is a thing that happens now. The event at Arthur Ashe Stadium has the most tickets that we have ever had. There he is. Go to see him. We're going to jump a little bit ahead. We heard this a lot. Hey, you know what else we got? We got Carl Gotts trained king of pancreas, Minoru Suzuki. <laughs> I like that he puts people over, man. That's really cool. Right. He's and not then, selfish about it. It's great. And then you get Taz. Let me go a little bit forward here. Fucking it. Oh, this killed me. As a matter of fact, do we have that? <laughs> it's got to be here somewhere. I know you didn't get rid of that one. Hey, listen. I'm trying to be a gentleman, but now you want to be a tough guy. Here's the thing, tough guy. I know you a long time, and I'm tired of this bullshit love fest that you're doing. Okay, so you had a match. You had a match with Darby, and you were very impressive. But I'm going to tell you this right now, my man. Don't you ever, 
mention out of your mouth any members of Team Taz that you want to face. Don't you ever do that. Don't you ever do that. Nobody mentioned anybody from oh, Team yes, Taz. Oh, yes, you did. On like, literally, media, I said, who do you guys want to see me wrestle? Nobody mentioned Team Taz at all. Hold on. Hey, yes, you did. On interviews, radio spots, your ass is everywhere. I'm telling you, punk, don't do it. We got a situation here. Not really. The situation is Taz interrupting with his team. That way, CM Punk could become the FTW champion. That'd be some shit, would No. Do not. You imagine? Some credibility, goddamn novel. Put some credit on your title. Put some respect on your title. A <laughs> 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 fucking FTW title. Ah, bye. Anyway. Um. Essentially, what winds up happening here? We'll go a little bit deeper I'll into the Abandon it. Because I have known you a long time. Because I do respect you. Send Starks. Send Hook. Send me Hobbs. And listen, check it out. I'll for you. Beat me if you can. Survive if I let you. Whoa, ho, whoa. Burn. I love I love how he almost gives a better delivery at Taz 09. You're damn right, a CM Punk. Yeah. But then again, that man could put over anybody's line just about better than Amazon. Uh, the next interesting thing that happened was speaking of burns and stuff. It was Brit over here shitting on uh, Ruby Soho. Oh, bitch on the block. You call yourself all these things and remind everybody who you are so they don't see everything that you're not. Whoa. Just to let you know, this is my block now. Let me remind you of the epic nickname the women's world champion. And let's talk about yours, the runaway. Why do you go runaway to catering where you spent the last four years of your life? Oh, 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 no, 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 no. And that is completely inaccurate because there is no catering for her to go back to. <laughs> Send you can't she can't sit somewhere that doesn't exist, Britt. She can't go back She's to catering. Right. They don't do that anymore. <laughs> they had the budget. They had the future endeavor. The catering. Why don't you go back to catering? <laughs> what the fuck? Oh, what catering? Oh, that was too good. Oh man, that's so funny. Anyway, moving along, we had singles match: Powerhouse Hobbs with Hook against Dante Martin. Finished being Hobbs with a spine buster. Um. Was there good shit in this? Was there good shit? Um, Dante, of course. Dante is fucking great. I love, I don't know if it's going to be the one you run, but the spot he does with a hook. A little bit. I, I don't just take the much disrespect. I don't care if it's CM Punk, whoever. Right now, Dante's about to get driven through the mat. Maybe not. 
interesting uh, clashes of styles here. As we can obviously see, the drop kick was the added impetus that Dante needed to move that big body of Willie Hobbs, the powerhouse. Here he goes. He's going to try. Dangerous. A page. Suicida. Oh, boy. Oh, look at oh, this. Frank. Look at that. He power. Oh, my God. Crazy. <laughs> what? <laughs> Spun him into it. Brutal. Yo, Hobbs wrong as shit. Yo, you have to see beyond this, though. The way he throws him. This is during the commercial break, so I know some of you didn't watch it. I watched the Fight TV version, so I didn't realize recently. Sometimes I forget when it's on commercial. Certain of these pinfalls have been happening during the commercial. That's not missed time. They're doing that shit on purpose so that people don't tune out during the picture-in-picture. Yeah. It's a strategic move. Look at this. Some of this offense is during the commercial break. Dominating by slowing down the pace. He's very deliberate. He's got everything right where he wants it right now. Taz, oh and that's a lot of <laughs> Yo. Basically, build the man in. He threw. You know how high <laughs> he had to put. Watch it. Run it back. Yo. Dominating. By slowing down the pace. Nuts. He's very deliberate. He's got everything right where he wants it right now. Taz, and that's a lot of Yo. He throws him like a foot and a half higher and that motherfucker clears the top rope he threw him from ringside through the middle ropes back into the ring yo airborne i swear to god fucking powerhouse hall has been winning me over as of lately and fucking shit like that is why he's good man he's really good yeah dude's fucking straight dude's fucking great george what are you talking about that's fucking that's powerhouse well, he's probably saying i don't know what you're gonna say that it was all on dante i don't know man he was backwards oh i don't know how much agility Have, do you see what fucking hobbs looks like like, I don't know how much agility, not saying that Dante doesn't have ups, but I'm just saying, I don't know how much you're in control of your ability to jump flying backwards. And he looked thrown the, to me, man. <laughs> and, and considering the freak of nature that powerhouse Hobbs is, it's not like he needs much of it. He might need enough just to kind of get the angle so he could fly through. But yeah, it's pretty believable that Hobbs could throw somebody that high who was that small. Jesus Christ. See, George, now you just get nitpicky. Your buddy showed up again, fucking Dan Lambert. Yeah. <laughs> this is a regular thing now, right? To AEW on bringing in CM Punk. And Brian Danielson and Ruby Soho and Adam Cole and every other skinny little dork that's five foot nine or shorter that Tony Khan man can use to deflect the spotlight away from the truth. But that truth is a persistent little fellow. No matter how hard you try to cover it up, no matter what depths you will go to keep it buried, no matter how easy you think it is to hide it from this mindless millennials that make up your fan base, it will always be there to show its face. You may think that this company is the hottest thing going in the world of professional wrestling. And you may think that you can keep playing these idiots like a fiddle. Is that what you're doing Vince McMahon? You may even trick most of them into looking up the lyrics to one of the worst songs in the history of the world and watch as they sing it to the heavens. But you will never be able to hide the truth for long. This company has two real men wrestling for it, and you're looking at them right now. Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page. But together, we will scream our truths. 
with the voices of a thousand men. So if you have any tough guys in the locker room that you think can come up here and shut them up, I invite you to do so sooner rather than later before our truths burn this company down to the ground and I never again have to hear that god-awful chant of A-E-W. And he's very eloquent speaker, but he sounded like a, a, an evangelist, though. No, he sounded like an angry old man screaming at clouds is what he sounded like. I kind of like. like Dan Lambert. Do you guy. like Dan Lambert? Yeah, I like him. Oh, good guy. Let's take you back. <laughs> Commentary's fun again. Right. He doesn't sound so robotic like somebody's in their fucking ear. It's great. MJF messes with uh, freaking Pillman Jr.'s uh, sister, is that? I believe that was, yeah. Oh, boy. Let's take a look. Oh, huh? Linda, don't you dare make eye contact with me, honey. I'll knock your teeth down your throat. Oh, he, he's gone too far. I'm looking at you, 16 and pregnant. Oh, my God. Damn. Let me guess. You're daddy, the father of that child? Oh, oh, I'm sorry, Roseanne. You got something to say? Should I come over to her? Okay. Uh, security needs to stop this. What you got for me, preggers? I'll have you know that I'm Cincinnati's own Brian Pillman, the loose cannon's daughter. Well, that certainly would explain your vile looks, so... Fuck yeah. Brian Pillman Jr. posted after that in a bizarre turn of events the encounter between my pregnant sister and Maxwell Jacob Friedman sent my sister in cont- contractions late last night and she's expected to have a baby today or tomorrow my nephew is about to have the same birthday as me surreal week and that's, that's a shoot crazy. it's a shoot that's crazy holy shit mm-hmm. um and he, what was the match here again this was a uh, it wasn't even really a match so much as it was Wardlow kicking his ass, right? Yeah, like he had he cut a promo and then yeah, Warmo Wardlow fucking beat the shit out. But he shits on Wardlow here. Check this part out. Dang. How about you Wait. Let's go a little bit further back than that. You have to hear what he said. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Whoa, 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 whoa. I meant to say Melanie. I meant to say Melanie. Hey, 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 hey. It's a real shame that she could have birthed around, oh, I don't know, 500 different second-generation wrestlers. But unfortunately for me, she forgot to do to you what she did to all the other prospects, and that, my friend, is Swallow! Hold on, hold on! Hold on, Wardlow, Wardlow! I'm sorry, buddy, are you going to help me just like you did this past Sunday? How about you do me a solid, go stand in the corner and look pretty? Oh, boy. That's crazy. What's wrong with Edgy as hell as kid. Pillman, let me make something perfectly clear. If you do not get out of my ring right now, I am going to do to you what your mother should have done 28 years ago. I am going to abort. Wow. And Wardlow reluctantly helps him, right? What the hell, Wardlow? 
Look at Wardlow. Hey, man, you got to keep that paycheck in well, Wardlow knows where his bread is buttered. He had no choice. He better watch Max's back. Uh-oh. Oh, yeah. He take his time, though, right? He let that go for a second. Oh! oh got jer- then he saves him. Boo, indeed. Anyway, I don't even remember. Was, was that the end of that segment? The, the heels go over, right? Oh, yeah, and then what's-his-name shows up? Freaking uh, Griff Garrison. I was about to say Jungle Boy. Griff Garrison shows up. And that's it. They go over. Okay, that's something that I meant to talk to you about. Um, this girl, I coincidentally landed right on her. This girl right here, this Jamie Hader girl. Yes. She's really fucking bad. Yes. What happened? Was she something before really bad? I don't remember because she showed up like early, early in AEW. I barely remember and we covered everything on here, but you know, she's fucking terrible, man. At first I tried to ignore it and then I watched this and then Rampage and I was like, oh, I hate to be that critical, but she should not be on TV, man. It makes it makes it difficult to watch, you know. Anyway, um, watch wherever she's wrestling. Ruby <laughs> Soto Soho versus Jamie Hater wrestling, and uh, finish to this was a a riot kick essentially. I don't really know what the hell to call it, riot kick. But then yeah. afterwards, you get a you get a big surprise because you get the uh, you get a Riho running. But before we even get into that. I just want to show a couple of things. A good thing from Ruby and then a bad thing from the I other was, girl. I was just about to say, tell me it's just nothing but Ruby stuff. A good thing, just because I don't have a lot of time. So a good thing from Ruby and then a bad thing from her. Let's go show the Ruby Soho's DDT. I guess was the good thing. During the interview earlier, why, oh. Oh, why would she take this match knowing that she's got a world title match coming up? This open contract that obviously Britt Baker loves to see Jamie Hayter take. Of course. I mean, look out. What a counter with the. Oh, DDT! Really cool. That was dope. I've never seen somebody set one up like that. And then here's the other girl being shit. And then we conveniently lose the footage. Oh, suplex, maybe. A nice blockage and counters from Hater. Look at this electric chair, man. Watch this. Yeah. Look at the strength by Hater. She's strong. So deep in this match. Oh, wait. Look at this. Whoa, whoa, whoa. So this is what we go do. Um, anytime there's a Jamie Hater match, we're gonna we're, we're gonna conveniently lose her half of the match. Listen to how they try to save this. Wait, look at this. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Oh, oh she f- yo, she fucking fell off. First, man, what oh, counter? Innovative offense. There's a cover. I'm not sure what Ruby Soho was trying to do, but damn sure worked. Is that a version of flatliner that time? I mean, it's too much face. Kind of inverted it. Yeah, just landed. Maybe uh, maybe Hater lost the bounce. Not sure. Oh, neck breaker. He's getting it back now, Hater. That was just an overpowering counter. There was nothing really scientific or technical about it. It was Jamie Hater overpowering Ruby Soho. There you go. Look at what these. There you go. Jr. knew how to save it. Just yeah. her up in the air. Does Hater? Oh. oh, she's so rough, man. Look how she fucking. Oh, backbreaker. Oh, she looks like shit. Oh, bad enough you make me suffer through red velvet shit. Don't make you're not gonna make me do it through two damn it. <laughs> According to Melissa, the Ruby Soho music was because Lars Fredrickson of the band Rancid, Rancid is a big wrestling fan. And uh he went to her and he made the suggestion of her changing her name to Ruby Soho to go with the song to so that she could use it as the music. So 
I have just to clarify a story from last week because I remember I uh I wasn't sure where it came from. I thought it was a song for her, but no, it's uh I've never heard. I don't know how in here because apparently it's a common song. But yeah, that was what happened. Pretty cool. Jamie Hater needs to go. I want to make sure we leave that segment off on that fucking thought because she needs to go. So the problem with it is you. The problem with you want to leave that that segment off talking about Jamie Hager. Congratulations, Ruby Soho. That's how we leave that segment. Uh, there's nothing to congratulate her for, for what for surviving because she because she wasn't killed exactly. by fucking she wasn't she didn't die during it, it that doesn't match. matter what she did we just ended on Ruby Soho Quest to send her to WWE I send her to WWE have her fight Nia no have her fight Eva Marie then Eva might actually look decent let, let Nia let Nia potato the shit out of her oh god or let Eva do anything and possibly end her career yeah let Nia start tossing those potatoes across the screen <laughs> <laughs> It's, it's convenient when Nia wrestles because I don't always have to be looking on the screen. I could be writing the program and stuff, and whenever I hear, I don't know to turn around. As soon as I hear the potatoes start getting thrown, I'm like, oh, are those potatoes? <laughs> oh, here we go. Those potatoes? Either somebody's cooking french fries or Nia's in the ring. <laughs> Somebody got potatoes. Somebody got potatoes. <laughs> Who brought the potatoes? Writing it down. Because you fuck up with Nia, she'll slap you around. She will ball peen the shit. I've seen her do it. It's fucking hilarious. I mean, what's the worst that'll happen? You know, someone's going to attack her. He's big. Oh, boy. Anyway, let's let's move on from her. She comes up again. She comes up again. You get a six-man tag match of the Dark Order's Evil Uno, John Silver, and Stu Grayson being accompanied by Cole Cabana, 5 and 10, against the Pinnacles, Cash Wheeler, and Dax Hardwood, and Sean Spear being accompanied, of course, by Tully Blanchard and Ward Lowe, finish being Sean Spear, going over with the DVD, Death Valley Driver. And then after that, there are some issues in the Dark Order, man. Yeah. Which I have a possible theory of what might, how this might end after we see this. Okay, cool. Let me bring this up here. Well, a couple of them, actually, but I'll see what... Yeah, not for nothing. I, I'm not a fan of the dark water, but... Oh, whoa, whoa, what the hell? Evil Uno now getting in the face of Silva. Blaming Silva for the loss. He was the man that got pinned, but I don't think he could take oh! the blame. Just knocked him on his ass. And now oh, look at this! Five... Five just taking down Uno. Double say Civil Dark Order War. Ten trying to get some uh, some control. Ten there in the white mask. For those that don't know, the big man. Colt Cabana trying Colt. to use some of his veteran leadership. And here come the ladies again. Ty Conte, who's officially not in Dark Order, and Anna Jay, who is in the solid black there. Wow. Here's a look, ladies and gentlemen, under the amazing Casino Battle Royal. No, there's not. This, so what's your theory about the Dark Order? So what I'm thinking is, because at this point, we know Bray's coming. I think one of two things is going to happen. One, obviously, it's just going to be straight out. Bray takes over, either forces them or reminds them who they used to be and brings them back together. But I think the second thing could be the same scenario. But then when Hangman's ready to come back, you get him and Bray going because these used to be these were guys that he basically hung out with. He doesn't want Bray brainwashing them. So then it becomes Bray and Hangman going at it. I, w- I don't know if I'd say over the Dark Order, but I see that at least being the cause. That would be all right, I guess, if they wanted to. I, I don't know. I see. I feel like that's where it's going because it's going to be something where they basically like 
whoever comes back, it's like, you guys need to get it together. And I could see Bray fitting that role very well as an actual leader or just brainwashing them into doing what he wants. But I don't know. I, I could see them possibly going down that route. Yeah, I could see it too. So let's see what happens with that. I believe the main event to this was the singles match of Minoru Suzuki against John Moxley. We got Suzuki in AEW. Yeah, they're going to have to, you know what? Great, wonderful, better time management, AEW, please. Every single time a Japanese guy comes to find Moxley, it's like four minutes, you know? Yeah. They're not giving them the same 20 minute matches that they're giving Jungle Boy and Marco Stunt, you know? You know, you see, and this goes back to a complaint I've had going back with them, where we've seen matches where people get super kicked, kicked with a Yakuza kick in the corner, pulled off of the corner, hit with a Canadian destroyer, put an electric chair into a one-winged angel, hit with a knee against the ropes, pile-driven, and then they kick out. You got Minoru Suzuki versus Moxley. It's like a four-fucking-minute match. Come on, guys. There's a, there's a balance here that needs to be fixed. I'm hoping that people like Punk and, yeah. and Danielson that have a slower pace and style are going to help them with this shit, the way that this is going sometimes. Um, but I'll try to get into the positives, a few good bullet points, because there are very f- few bullet points here. Um, the striking in the beginning, you know, the traditional, I know some people don't like it. Some people don't like the Japanese style of striking, but. Well, y'all need to fix your life. I think it's kind of cool. It's wonderful. Grand Slam, already the largest live gate ever in AEW history. Well, these forearm shivers by both these men, these are Grand Slam shots. Tickets at AEWTIX.com and Ticketmaster.com. I think we thought we'd see something like this, didn't we? Absolutely. Just slugging it away. Standing toe-to-toe as long as they can. Oh, wow. Pump kick in the face. And a retaliated pump kick from Moxley. Oh, and Suzuki laughing at it. Two smash mouth style. So I guess the match sure. must have gone about a little <laughs> under 15 minutes down. Those palm strikes are dangerous and deadly. And it was shorter than I think oh people would. And I would oh. think that forearm shot to the face. Holy, staggered Suzuki. Yeah, so there was a cool, a lot of striking there. I love how, like, Suzuki's such a known badass. You get a pop just if you stagger him. Mm-hmm. During the commercial break, let me bring that up here. I thought this was cool. I believe this is during the commercial break. That cross arm breaker that he does in the ropes. What's up, Patrick? Oh yeah. Well, I would have liked for this to make oh it into the actual match, but yeah, this 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 whole part was commercial. While he's engaged in the ropes and working on the fingers as well. And the way he comes down like that, I really like his movement. This entire sequence is all commercial. So if you count that, you get a little bit more of a meaty match. Where he brings him back there, I also like that. And the way he worked the arm was cool. It's a shame. Again, I know you gotta have commercials. That's just so smart. Moxie feeling it, as you can tell. His arm being wrapped around that steel ring. Oh, look how gritty he is. That's gonna have it. No flash, no player. It really is. This arm, he's gonna go. He's gonna, as you know, Taz. He's gonna focus on that arm the entire match. Yeah, I thought that was cool. You know, at least for the people in live attendance, they're a really good little sequence there with the arm. Yeah. Yeah. Suzuki gets busted open by the uh, paradigm shift. Let me see if we can find exactly how. I don't even understand how. Maybe if we could find it, we could figure out how. Was it around here? Who are so similar to each other. They use the same offense. No fear. 
No back, no reverse gear. Oh, you knew it would come down to this. Guy slugging it out on their knees. Is this kind of where we started? Yeah, it is. It's circling, so. circling back to these strong forearm shots to each other's jaws. And that's Man, a pretty bad injury, by the way. We'll talk about it after Dynamite here. Awesome but it, Dynamite. it was pretty major. Both these guys are battle-tested. How? The age advantage as far as youth is in the corner of Mox. I got. I want to look back at this that. paradigm shift. Oh, football coach Heisman! Here's some leather popping out here. He, he, he stopped that lariat attempt that time by just just a waist lock. Yeah, that was smart by Suzuki. Oh, nice duck under Look at this. Oh, get that. When the hell does it come in. up? That's his sleeper. He used a sleeper into the got to stop pile driver. Now pile driver. This is to be somewhere on here. This is how he wins these matches. Moxley oh. knows that. Moxley able to power out and counter. Nice. Here we go. That's the one. How did that hurt him? I'm not sure how he got opened up after that. What happened here? He's not already bleeding there. It's hard to tell. I guess he's not. We know it's the paradigm shift. Yeah. That's right where he's cut. How the fuck did that happen? Was it the wristband or Moxley's wristband? Sliced him? It could have been. He comes down from that spot cut. Yeah, it, it could have been that wristband. Wow. Oh, paradigm shot. Bam, what a shot that was. Holy he shit. That's some gritty shit, right? Because, <laughs> yeah, Moxley usually doesn't wear wristbands. So. For anybody who wants to see, I'll share it with you now from the official AEW on TNT Twitter. I'll put I'll reshare it on our social media as well. Wow, man. That is crazy. Busted open. Oh, my God. Suzuki busted open by Moxley. Oh, wow. Got busted open pretty badly from that shit, right? Oh, yeah. He got opened up pretty damn good. Mm -hmm. Again, the match was good. You know, I don't want you to think that it wasn't. But, uh, yeah, the crowd. The, the crowd I think it did. He's already put him in the paradigm chip one time. One more. Over the top. Mopsy with a cover, near leg is hooked. Count is on. That paradigm shift is turning more and more into just a suplex. And he's to, it started off as Mick Foley or Cactus Jack's double arm DDT finish. And he's to kind of, and then he turned into jumping and doing it, which I don't mind. But damn, now you're just throwing them. Bring yeah. it back to the original paradigm shift. Oh, yeah, that was it. Mox goes over there, as you guys saw. Um, and then after that, he gets to sing Skyline Chill Jingle to his Cincinnati brethren, huh? Isn't that what you were here for? To hear Moxley sing? No? I mean, it's different, so I like it. Send the crowd home happy. Right. Meanwhile, on the other side of things, when they go off of the air, um, we catch up with Emi Sakura, who is catching up with Minoru Suzuki.
鈴木さん、鈴木さん、モクスリー選手、あモクスリー選手い、いかがで、いかがでしたか Seven stitches, as it says in, 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 in、uh, Emmy Sakura's report. Brutal. People have to be careful、right. with their attires. I know a lot of people are getting a lot of attire based injuries. AEW Dynamite brought in 1.3 million viewers this week.、Um, 681,000 of them were in the 18 to 49 demographic, giving them a 0.53 rating, meaning WWE lost this week. AEW was the highest rated wrestling show. That's the, what, the third, fourth time they pulled that off? And again, that's in the 18 to 49 demographic. They did it by a single percentage because Raw did a 0.52 in the, in the 18 to 49 demographic. They were like right behind it. So they beat Raw 0.53 to 0.52. Like, I don't know how many fans out there are ready to accept this reality, but I don't know when, I don't know where, but Raw's next. Because <laughs> if they ain't got with the fucking program yet, they're not going to. They can pull out all those big guns they want, but the problem is when your big guns are only big guns to you, doesn't have the same effect. Yeah. And this goes back to、uh, Jericho making them eat their words because when he was on Busted Open Radio, he had this to say. When you guys did start in October of 2019, the WWE decided to put NXT. Live on USA up against AEW Dynamite. And there was that quote unquote Wednesday night war.、Um, and and you, you said even on this show, hey, this is going to be a war. And now you're looking at NXT is going to completely change their format. It's going to be a completely different show. You know, there were some remarks back and forth. Triple H called AEW a pissant company, you know, of all places at the Hall of Fame.、Um, did, Do you look at that and say, you know, hey, that's a victory and we won? Or are you always just focused on what's happening next? Well, I mean, obviously it's a victory and it's a huge victory. The difference is we weren't obsessed with, with, with winning, losing, whatever it was. What we were obsessed about was putting the best show we, we could. And we couldn't worry if WWE was going to put NXT on or if NBC was going to resurrect the Beatles or if, you know, like whatever you're going to do, we can't. Focus on that. We can't、uh, worry about it because we're too busy worrying about our own show. We're too busy worrying about putting on great stories and great matches in the middle of a freaking pandemic. So when we you know, won the war and won handily, of course it was the end of NXT because that was kind of the whole idea was put them against us, build them as a huge third brand, and then move on. And when we you know, beat them, that's the story that you use. And now they're kind of rebranding and reconfiguring because what else can they do? They're, they're, they're number two when it comes to, to what we're, you know, what, what they were trying to do in this battle. But here's the best part we were never worried about NXT and never really paid attention to what they were doing. We're, we're, we're looking at what Raw is doing, what SmackDown is doing. If you want to talk about a war, that's the real war. If this was Game of Thrones, NXT was the first wave that we blew through. We're storming the, the, the castle. You know, we're storming the, 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 the fortress. And I think that's one of the things that's going on now, too. When you see, oh, this week, AW beat SmackDown in the, in the 50, you know,、uh, 18 to 49 demo or the 18 to 34 demo. Even just winning one or two of those demos, that's a big deal. Sooner or later, we're going to start beating Raw.、Uh, it's not going to be every week, but I bet you over the next 
two to four months, maybe four to six, we're going to start beating raw. And that's my prediction that I'm saying to you guys right here. And the reason for that is because we keep talking about the cool factor, but it's the storytelling and it's that we don't panic. We're in no rush. We live in our own world, our AEW world. We book accordingly. We book smartly. If you, if you watch our show, it's like watching the first three Star Wars episodes. One thing always leads to the next. And sometimes you'll see something where the seeds were planted months earlier, but we all know what we want to do and where we want to go. Once again, when I talk about a year-long storyline with MJF and Jericho and the Inner Circle and the Pinnacle, did we start out thinking it was going to go a year? No. Did we start out thinking it was going to go about six months? Absolutely. Right from day one. There's things that are happening in this in this story that we discussed, you know, eight months ago. So that helps because you can, you can really keep people's attention with well-crafted and smart storylines. We don't rip up shows an hour before we go on the air. We don't. We know what we're doing next week, every single week. And that's what we basically tell you on Wednesday, what you're going to see next Wednesday. Except for now, we're also going to tell you what you're going to see on Friday. And this week, we're telling you what you're going to see on Sunday, too. So it's very organized and planned out. And people can see that and they're responding to it. Then he tweeted, I was wrong. It didn't take four to six months. It took four to six days. So, oh, I mean, God. you know, I hate to say it, but I mean, yeah, he's right. Welcome to the new reality. Raw, you're next. Like, no, no he's win, right. but you're next. Like, that is bad. That's very early. Even if it doesn't happen every week, it, it happens so fast. You have to be worried. Mm-hmm. And then Tony Khan, he was on Busted Open, and he talked about the all-out numbers that they did. It's huge, and it's all because of the great fans of AEW and the great staff of AEW and our awesome wrestlers. We have worked really hard, and I think uh, to finally be able to say that uh, we had the number one wrestling show on cable for the week in the entire world of wrestling, it's pretty amazing. We've been the number one show on Wednesday night, and that's one of our big goals from from we set out was to win our time slot, win our night, but certainly... uh, this is a big milestone and it's the biggest audience we've had since our debut. And it really shows how far we've come. It shows how big the audience for wrestling is right now. And last week was a great week for us too. I think we've really been doing some great stuff on Friday nights too. So a lot of big news in AEW and, you know, it's great to be able to tell you guys that our pay-per-view did well over 200,000 buys which is a big milestone that nobody had hit in this country for a long time. Uh, so it's pretty uh, special week for AEW. Nothing to sneeze at. No, definitely not. Man, they out here making moves. It all started happening. You know. Just had to give it time. Else. Yeah, and heavy, heavy stuff, man. You were waiting for it. Vin- vindication is what you wanted. And vindication mm-hmm. is what you got. I believed in them. I knew they had it in them. I just had to bear with them. You were like the Morpheus of this shit. <laughs> Everybody was like, this is a terrible we'll loser wrestling. And Destin sitting there like, I believe in a different world. <laughs> I mean, real shit. Like, Do you think that's air you're breathing? <laughs> yeah, I remember when it used to be like fucking yin and yang with me and Rick on AEW. It was because I knew shit. I knew they had this in them it wasn't gonna happen right away but it was gonna get there it's it's good to watch it's entertaining and fun to watch either way you know what i mean 
Yeah. Like it's like even with all the, the little flaws, nothing's perfect, but even with all the little flaws, it's it's an enjoyable experience. Right. You you don't feel like you're enduring the show. Like you're trying to survive it. Like raw, you are in when it when it hits eleven o'clock, there's like a breath of fresh air. With AEW, when it hits ten, there's that moment of oh man, it's already over. Shit. Now that being said, we're gonna move on to Rampage, and I also want to say, Rampage, although it's not showing in the ratings because I know they took a bit of a drop, Rampage doesn't feel like a lesser show, and that's kind of frightening too. Like I don't put on Rampage. I don't know about Dark. I stopped watching Dark and Dark Elevation. It's a little bit too much. But it, it's the yeah, it, it's kind of the timing of where Dark and Dark on and Elevation are at. But Rampage, on the other hand, that is a that is a special show, you know, because it didn't feel like a lesser show, and if anything, it had one of the best matches of the entire week, possibly month, on here. Yeah. Because it's amazing when something besides the main show isn't treated like a jobber show. Yeah, because Pac versus Andrade was the first match. They hit the ground sprinting. And I I feel like even counting, I'm going to go to some stuff here. Even counting NXT, and I never thought I would say that, I feel like I haven't really seen Andrade wrestle at his full potential or even close to it having seen this match. Like, that Andrade was really fucking watered down, man. Compared they, to, compared to the guy I'm seeing here. Like, this match with Pac was very enlightening. Because it was like, they watered him down. They opened, they just turned on the Britta and pfft, Like, they like, they watered, dude, man. Whereas here, whereas here, they freaking... They said, all right, just do what you can. Just don't... Die. They literally said, just don't die. Let's get into some stuff. Diving puck. 17 years. He had us that time. Takedown. And here comes Chance over the top. Tope Con Hero over the top. Jump a little bit ahead. There's a lot of offense here. You can't watch it all. I did love this DDT. Right there by Andrade to slow down that momentum that pack was building rapidly. Andrade. Oh, my gosh. With That's brutal. <laughs> That's brutal. Over here, we have what I believe is a corkscrew plancha. To capitalize on Pack right now. And then look at Andrade, he's on the hop. Oh, oh my God. Good Lord. Yeah. I guess that's why I didn't fall into the ring. How athletic is this guy? Twisting plancha from the middle. Trying to. Andrade, Here we go. Yeah, so. Or as Trevani said, twisting plancha. Like you said, the triangle twisting plancha, if we're going to be precise about it. So, yeah. But either way, it looked good. Um, oh, yeah. Let me get the, jump a little bit ahead here. This stomp. Of Andrade oh El Idolo here. Oh, whoa. Oh, my God. They can't stand those ropes forever. No. No, they can't. Oh, my God. What's Andrade going to do here? Oh, my God. This is going to be bad news, man. Oh. Double stomp. And Andrade El Idolo. Yo, wait, he f- Fucking landed, man. Hey, fucking landed. He turned. They, they, they said you fight like it is the main event, damn it. Uh, also, the springboard moonsault he did. Oh, yeah, Pox. Ooh. Oh, springboard. That is crazy. Such style in his move, you know? Right. Pox avalanche hurricane rana about a minute after that. 
Going from electric chair. What the hell is this? With a sprinter! Oh! cut run off the top! Look at Pack! Thought that was cool too. This whole backflip super kick sequence that they did here. He's no. fearless. Gonna try and sense it. Oh, with a counter. Oh. Right in the face. Woo! That connected flush. Right in the face. The foot. He's of not Pack. finished. Oh! Wow, he's in tree of wall outside of the ring. Second time in this match. This guy tries to go for the thing again. Knees out, man. If they do, oh lordy, he's gonna oh, try to do the same it's... thing. I guess. I, I right? think you're right, Tony. That's I don't exactly like the fact that people have to pull themselves oh. up for that. Oh, but then he moves. Yes, yeah, so that was okay. Yeah, it's always been the unfortunate aspect of that spot. Mm-hmm. But I guess it's only because it's hard to make the spot look good if you don't. We'll jump a little bit ahead because there's a lot of shit that goes on here. Go watch the damn match. Um, I, I like this though. This is crucifix bomb into the brutalizer. I like the fact that that's a good way to set up the brutalizer. Crucifix bomb first. Cincinnati yeah, appreciates what, does here. what these men are doing. Oh, Andrade uh, uh, started at the age of 13 as a pro wrestler. Okay. Oh, just One, encountered two. The brutalizer. He's got the brutalizer. I know this fuck when I have it. I was like, yikes, but he wasn't really. Wait a minute. Jose, what? Have, uh, <laughs> I love how I love how Tass is some kind of a corporate gimmick. Were you asleep for the WCW where Goldberg lost his first match? You know what I mean, like a historical moment like that where Scout Hall had a taser and made the same sound. It was coincidentally somebody standing on the apron just like that. You don't remember the sound of a taser after that shit? It's almost like a stun gun. You hear it? Really? Like you guys? You guys, Team WCW, don't know what's going on? Tony doesn't like to remember that Goldberg was And that's it. That's how the match goes. But. Dun, dun, dun. Sable Day. Chavo outsmarted some folks here tonight, Mark. Well, I mean, he's, he's been in, in the business forever. His whole family. Oh, what the hell just wow. happened? What was that about? Holy shit. I love how Mark Henry was like, oh, he's been in the business forever. His whole family. Wow. And, and Andre <laughs> El Idolo wanted to win this one apparently on his own. Wow, that came out of nowhere. And he just decked Chavo through the iPad at him and everything. And Andrade's living. Watch out from behind. The Lucha Bros behind Chavo. Yeah, that's the end of that. Yep. Boom, look at that. Super kicked him straight to Space Mountain. Chavo can't catch a break, except maybe his nose or jaw. I wonder who can manage this dude now, you know? I don't, can't really think of many people. Like, well, I'm trying to think of anybody out there. You know anybody who could come out with him? Mm. <laughs> oh, like Stacey said in the chat, woo! So clearly they're writing Chavo out of this angle for a reason. It was good to see him, though. It's it, it been a long time since I've seen Chavo, so. Mm-hmm. It was nice getting to have him around for a little bit. I love a good Tully Blanchard promo. <laughs> this was this was one of my favorite AEW Tully Blanchard promos because I kind of like when he's narrating the fate of the baby faces like that. <laughs> Listen to this shit. Tully! Wait a minute. Hold on here. Oh, yeah. Look at you two. 
Two on one, that's what you want. You've always liked the numbers game, haven't you there, Sting? Talking about riding on coattails and trying to talk about my past, baby. And that never happened. Not oh, ever. Oh, be a little more. bit more aware. Be a little bit more aware as one of your guys gets taken down. <laughs> as a, literally, that's a fucking happening. That's so Just shit. like we planned it. Sting. Now look in my eyes, baby. Good luck trying to outsmoke <laughs> Tully, Tully Blanchard. Tully's awesome. Now, let's hear exclusive comments from two of AEW's newest and biggest. Oh, that was too good. I love Tully. Tully's great. Six-man tag team match. Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, Jamie Hayter. Jamie Hayter Wrestling. And Rebel against Chris Statlander, Riho, and Ruby Soho, accompanied by Orange Cassidy. Good match. I did like certain sequences that I saw during this. Um, let the footage speak for itself here when I put it to the precise spot. The opening sequence between Britt and Riho here. The way she bridges out of the cover and everything. You'll see. I don't want to jump ahead and spoil it for you. Uh, snapmare here. And then she comes over to the crucifix. Bridges out of the crucifix. Rolls through. Flips her over. Goes for cover. She bridges out of the cover. Hits the ropes. Runs in for the basement drop kick. Caught Baker on her knee. Made her pay for that for the drop kick, right? Yeah, I did like that. Yo, know, Jamie Hayter, has she never seen a 619 before? I have no idea. Does she know about Rey Mysterio? You think they should teach her about Rey Mysterio? No Somebody should link her to Rey Mysterio. Look at this. Am I fucking crazy? And it looked like this should just hit her? Just boom. I was oh. looking at you. I'm not to wear a mask. <laughs> I love the still shot that I have here. <laughs> but second of all, look at when this shit connects. <laughs> what the fuck? You didn't even fucking try. Oh my god, dude, she didn't even the fucking try to put her hands up. The screenshot. That's all I was saying. Oh my the god, screenshot. you clip it right fucking now. <laughs> she didn't even fucking. Did you clip it? I'm gonna clip it now. Right, fucking believe I thought, <laughs> bro she didn't even fucking try to put her hands up for the 619 she just fucking stood there with her face out and just took it like a champ she took it like a champ <laughs> <laughs> she took it like ziggler right ziggler doesn't like to get his hands up he thinks he's invincible he likes to sell he likes to oversell maybe her role model Dolph ziggler maybe that's what it is i got a screenshot this i still haven't done it yet there we go Oh my god, dude. I couldn't believe when I saw it. I was like, yo, did she fucking not do anything to protect herself from a 619? What world is this girl from that didn't that she wrestled two nights in the same week and both were awful? She takes bumps crazy. Look at this one more time. We have to look at this again, man. He's not here, Excalibur. No, I was calling. I was calling. I was looking at you. Oh my god, her face. Her fucking face. Her face of her lack of knowledge in that Head. <laughs> the sound it made. <laughs> I didn't even notice the it's sound. The there. What do you call that? Excalibur. He's not here, Excalibur. No, One more fucking time. Without slowing it down. Listen, I'm listen right here. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I can't 
believe she let that shit hit her in the face like that. God, what a shot to the face. Right in the face. Woohoo. One, two. And, uh, Yo, you can hear I heard Shivani corpse for that shit, man. After that shot to the face. No yeah. wasted motion whatsoever. <laughs> man. I was looking at you. I'm not aware of mass. <laughs> oh, my God. What a shot to the face. Right in the face. Woohoo. One, two. And. Okay, I'm sorry. I was I couldn't believe when I fucking saw. I was like, did she just block with her face? Get Jamie Hader off of TV for her own safety. I wouldn't have laughed if she would have been missing teeth after that. I'm grateful that there's been a lot of close calls that we could laugh at, but damn, that's too many. There's a sign there that uh she needs to go. Anyway. So what you're telling me is you would miss laughing that much? I only... I didn't notice this is the first time I've slowed it down. Like I watched this without going back when it happened. I just remember looking over my mirror. Did she just take it to the face? I was like, I don't know. I'm going to write the timestamp down for later. You know? And when I'm with you, I decided, let me slow down. I just didn't realize it was like legit, like, <laughs> like right off fucking face like that with no blog. I thought maybe she didn't get her hands up in time, but no, she just stood there. Just how I saw it. There was, there was no more. They have to help her, help her. Would you teach me some moves? Oh my god! All right. Anyway, this is the finishing sequence. Ends with the riot kick. Changes. Nice duck. Oh, she ducked, and that thrust kick was on target. Goes the sense of urgency for Britt Baker. She real. Oh, look at a counter. Oh, strength. Even Riho gets to do something. She's up there in the She's like, lift air. me up. I can't Small jump that far. It's like an entire country oh, for me. Oh, on the shoulders. On top. Yeah. You have to carry me. Oh, and Rebel throws her, throws her body on top of Brett Baker and still got the double stomp from the top. Right on the lower back of Rebel. That hurt both of them. Rio's not done. We hope this flies everywhere, man. She's like a kite. Just got lit up. Ruby and right up. kick for oh, the finish. Because you got to have Rebel... Job Double, out here. Cover, one, two, she got- so cool. I liked it. Oh, damn, man. That that other girl. <laughs> she gave you a laugh. That was her purpose in life. Now her watch is over. Now And now her watch has ended. Night has fallen. Put her on dark. Dark has fallen. And now my watch has, my watch has ended. <laughs> oh, my God. Now put her ass on dark before she kills somebody. She kills somebody on dark. The fuck you talking about? She's a danger to herself too, you know. She doesn't. She doesn't block. It's like she's holding back to block, and this is Mortal Kombat. There's an actual block button you have to hold. <laughs> you know. Oh god. But you know what it's time for? They're back. You already knew. You already knew. I knew, and I was so excited. Let's bring this in here closer to right where it happens. Set 414 or TV time remaining. Introduce it first by the Max Caster. Yo! Yo! Listen! Listen! Yo! Platinum Max, I make your girl call me daddy, but I don't like the fat women here in Cincinnati. Pillman is from this place and it shows a town full of losers like Pete Rose. I keep it so thorough. I'ma take his knees out like Joe Burrow. Get over it. Skyline chili looks like a bowl of sh- Whoa! 
You gotta watch yourself, Caster. You're on thin ice. Cincinnati. <laughs> I love the acknowledged it, right? That's right, Caster. Welcome back. <laughs> really cool. Pillman goes over with the uh, with with uh, what the hell was that called? It was like I, a, I can't remember the exact name, but it's a springboard clothesline. It was a spring. That's really what it is. A springboard clothesline. I guess they didn't give it a name yet. Let's get to that. I guess she didn't go into labor yet. So you lied. One, two, beat it. Yeah, look at that. Television here on TNT. Now he could have if he hit that elbow. He calls the mic drop. That was a hard landing. Yeah, Springboard clothesline. There is the spot. Anyway, Rampage 670,000 viewers. 347,000 in the 18 to 49 demographic. 0.27 rating. Pretty low. Even lower than last week by about 30,000. Yeah. They're going to have to get some attention to that show because it's good. I want to pull in more highlights from that than from Dynamite. When you really look at it, Dynamite was good too. It's not like I'm saying Dynamite sucks. You know? It's not raw. It's not raw. I'd say it's like it's a high bar to raise though. No, not really. Oh, boy. So now I guess it's time to all, all that remains. Now I'm not talking about the Slipknot song. I guess we're going to start with NXT. We're going to work our way. I don't know if we're working our way up, down, or fucking sideways at this point, man. I don't have enough time to cover everything NXT. But, yeah, uh, we'll, 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 we'll burn through NXT and SmackDown. Only like the relevant stuff, not like match to match. Yeah, the stuff that's fun. And fun, of course, it's the Bachelor Party. <laughs> I was like, I can't believe you did this. Neither can I, because you don't have any friends. What did you say? Because you don't have any friends. That's foul. Oh. So having a bachelor party with all of Can these you people. I actually believe that Indy and Dexter are getting married. Girl. I don't even know who you are or you. Never gonna happen. I don't know who any of them. Thank you guys so much for coming to my bachelorette party. Wait, Mackenzie, do you want to come up here and interview me? Did you bring your microphone? No, I left the microphone at home, but you're doing great. Today. I'm full of love to everyone's here, especially my best friend for the past 10 years, Persia, who came all the way from Australia. You came all the way from Australia for this? No, I came for Disney World. Dex- That's messed up. I'm trying to make it seem like she doesn't have any friends because of how tall right. she is. No, I'm kidding. They just Dang. have no logical reason why she would have no friends. They just throw that in at the last minute. But uh, yeah, Candace does a toast and they sort of... Uh, it was actually boring. The bachelorette party sucked. Yeah. I would have liked for Biggie to come in and dance, you know? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. That would have been fucking fantastic. Like, I was waiting for Biggie to come out like a cake or some shit. And you know, like you know what he has to do? He has to do like he did in that one house show, house show. Just show up and nothing but the towel. No, 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 no. Hey, if we're going to do this, all right, we're going full blast with this shit. The towel doesn't come off now. I'm just saying. Just So... Again, I'm just doing highlights here. I'm not going to go over the matches or anything. I like the look of Legado del Fantasma with Electra Lopez not part of it. Yeah. Very well done. You know, they have a very cool look, right? They look like a bunch of badass, Spanish badasses. Look, the music, everything. Yeah, very cool stuff there. Electra Lopez actually slams somebody, right? She slams her. Right. I'm going to skip a lot of the matches because we don't have time here. But uh, this it here. Yeah, it's right here. She turns they the sound do it. Just what Mendoza doing? Oh, she pulls a China. Is that what she is? She's a Spanish China? 
China was Spanish, I think. She has Spanish in her or something. She is Shanga. Yeah. Hit Row promo was really good. But what else is new? But when I really, are they ever well, I'm about to say when are they ever bad? This one was really, really solid though. I like this part. Because the joke is now on you. And that's funny, because y'all like to say an old Mexican saying that loosely translates to he who laughs last, laughs best. But we ain't laughing. See, we got sayings in Pine City too. Like my nana used to say, a hard head make a soft ass. That's why I drink more three y'all around. <laughs> yeah. Yo, that's a real <laughs> saying, dude. That is great. He said a hard head makes a soft ass. Bro, I popped when I heard that shit. I was like, it's not just me. Oh, good stuff with that. $10 pinata. Count your blessings. Because now we apply pressure. And then they had the nerve to just add in some chick. To take out the baddest chick. Fast. Senorita secret sauce? <laughs> I don't know who you are. But hitting beef fab with the pipe is not how you say hello. Showing. But when we actually meet, you're going to be big mad. Because all the name was on problema. Now we have a problem with Cha-Cha. I really like that vibe, man. They have a really good vibe, right? They have such a dope energy. Like, I swear, Swerve needed this, and I'm so glad he got it. Because the second Hit Row showed up, everything got so much better for him. Because, like, I'd lost hope for him by the time Hit Row showed, Hit Row showed up. And you remember I liked him but back when he was on oh, Twitter. Yeah, I've always been a fan of that dude, like. I just didn't know he had this in him because I've never seen him do anything like this before. You know that they were already established. He's the only part that was added. Like yeah, were, yeah. This this uh, BFAB, Top Dollar, and Ashanti, they were already kind of a thing. They were doing the music thing. They just incorporated him into it, to my understanding. He fits it. Yeah, works really well. It's just so funny that outside of this, I'd seen him be the military guy when he was kill shot in Lucha Underground, and now I see him basically with this thing with Hit Row. It's like it's amazing how diverse he can be with different characters. I like that he's like a bit more of a silent stable leader than the rest of them. Like he doesn't like outshine yeah. the rest. He's not like the forefront man or whatever. He's not like he's not a big waving. talker, but you can understand by his aura alone that he runs it. Right. Exactly. Very well put. So that makes me like them even more. And it makes it more of a big deal when he decides to take the front stage and talk. Mm-hmm, for sure. In other wrestling news, the the ninjas retain the tag team titles. Oh, I mean, not the ninjas. The ninjas get defeated. Not, 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 not the ninjas. The sort of thing. The ninjas get defeated is what I meant to say in the tag champs retain. This indeed is awesome. This is for the NXT Women's Tag Team Titles. And the challengers continuing to fight. And now Zoe Stark might have had enough of Casey Catanzaro. That moves bad. Wow, did you see the impact on that? Yeah, it looks really good like that. And of course, Ceo. Carter is out. Catanzaro's out as well. Moon over Moonsault. Shirai got all of it. And with that, the tag team champ. That's pretty cool, you know. Even yeah, yeah. Even though that tag team has a black hole of charisma, it's good to see a nice finish, you know. Yeah, I like it. It's just the only thing I just felt is that like I would have given that to Catanzaro and Car- um, Catanzaro and Carter because they've been an established NXT tag team, and they've been they've been on a streak up until that match. And it's the and lukewarm it's like, crowd with this tag team being being the champs. Yeah, it's I've like seen, EO, yeah. Like I've seen Zoe, head cheese get one, more of a fucking reaction. Two, this was the first time in what a month and a half we've seen them. Yeah, like I said, I've seen head cheese get more of a fucking reaction. Right, and that's not, and that's nothing against EO. It's just like 
can you give her a tag team with at least a little more compatibility? Or well, somebody like that she, because she's openly admitted she doesn't like her tag partner. Why but that's the storyline. They didn't have to do it that way. They could have just done it where she does like her. The problem is just that they're boring and that the few times I always say that when you want to elaborate on a team, make them do stuff outside of the ring, show them outside doing stuff, which they do. Yeah. But then the stuff they were doing was shitty. Whereas complete opposite with freaking Catanzaro and Carter. When I see those two on social media, they are probably some of my favorite people to see pop up on Instagram because they're like they're shoot friends. Mm-hmm. So it makes perfect sense that they work together. And from some of the stuff we've seen them do, they are a phenomenal tag team. Yeah, they deserve it by now, which is why they probably not get it. They should have got yeah, yeah, you know, in this, you know, in, in this company, when you deserve it, that's when you don't get it. I'm just sipping my tea, sip, sip. Then afterward, the ninjas get their asses kicked. That's Chi Chi Tolan, Jaden, Mandy Rose. Wasn't she just on the bachelorette party? I don't know. I don't pay. I don't pay attention to the three of them enough to remember where they I are. I thought that Mandy was also there. No, oh, I guess not. Okay, I guess that makes yeah. sense. So they're doing this angle where her face was crushed. They take one of yeah. the hottest girls that they have and they cover her face. Why? Yeah. But her tits are covered too. This is Stacey says so you can look at her tits. Yeah. Why not just throw a fucking garbage bag over her, like Darby Allen? Because Darby could actually get that over. You know? Just throw her in a garbage bag and fucking mail her to Mickey James. If you're gonna put a or mask on her face. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> Or just freaking send her back to the main roster and put her back with the jobber teammates. Who the fuck would want an angle a, a work angle at that where you break a pretty girl's face. Right. At least with Seamus, his nose was shoot broke. What fucking <sighs> All right. See that bull? She's bleeding over into NXT now. Already, right? They haven't even taken over yet. They haven't even spray painted and, it. Yet. And like, we we haven't even gotten reading Rainbow yet. No, we haven't. There is no reading Rainbow. The VCR to the tape, which apparently, uh, I love how they're trying to rope everybody in and trap us now because uh, this coming NXT, it will be a four way for the vacant NXT championship. It will be Kyle O'Reilly, Pete Dunne, LA Knight, and fuck. I'm trying to remember who the frog person was. Hey, Tommaso Ciampa. Interesting. Yeah. Which, by the way, when see, they did bring see, that see, that's out. That's how they get you. They try to give you a big main event so then you stay for the shit. Back in the day when they did bring that VCR TV combo into the into the school, um, if they were playing something I didn't like, my watch had a built-in universal remote. I don't think they make those anymore. <laughs> Are you fucking but kidding me? You could Google it. I'm sure you could find it. I haven't ever looked it up before. But well, I, I 1,000%... I had a watch with a universal remote, so you would just scan for the frequency, and when they bring that shit and put on trash, I would just turn it off. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, you the asshole. This is a shoot, too. This isn't the work. This is a shoot. I swear to you. Like, I sat in the back and I, boop. It was so fucking, I felt so great. When they, they, they look at me, what? Huh? You do whatever. Just pause it. Eject it. <laughs> <laughs> that was a fun segue. Awesome. Okay, so now the, my favorite part of NXT. We get the bachelor party. The bachelor party is way better. Way Because way, everybody, we actually know better. the people there and they're funny. There was so much to this bachelor party. 
I don't even know where to begin. It was the most fun bachelor party I've ever seen on WWE. Yo, this guy was so fucking happy to be there. Like, he was so happy. To, that was my favorite thing about it, is how fucking pumped he was for the whole bachelor party. <laughs> and there's this... I'd have the zombie ref. Where are we going? And who's paying for this bachelor party? And furthermore, who's paying for the wedding? I'll tell you who's not paying for any of it. This guy right here. I'm not paying one red cent for any of this. Not Watch out now. <laughs> Y'all boys ready to take this bachelor party to the moon. <laughs> Come on. Yeah, go, go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that guy. What's that guy's name again? I forgot his fucking... <laughs> um, fucking Odyssey Jones. Odyssey Joe, man. The way he, we got to go back to that for a minute. Just the way he Everybody marked out the Odyssey Joe's and friends list. The fucking zombie, though, man. The zombie ref. Where are we going? And who's paying for this bachelor party? And furthermore, who's paying for the wedding? I'll tell you who's not paying for any of it. This guy right here. I'm not paying one. I love the way Grimes shows up. This. this guy's expression never changes either. You know what I'm Yo, I'm amazed at his level to just retain here. Look at that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he winds up paying for the party. And he makes friends with with uh with Grind with uh Vexter. Decided this bachelor party and this wedding is covered by Cameron Grimes. Loomis, what do you say? Truce. Look at the dramatic shot they take of these guys here. Like a fucking hangover. It was. It literally. It's the, this whole journey, it became like their version of the hangover. I, I was loving it. Which, side note, anybody who has uh, HBO Max, they have all three movies on there. Wow. Yeah, have a ball. I've watched one and two so far. <laughs> Very cool. So, uh, let me see. Let me get back to where I was here. Oh. I like this part. Catch this reference here. We go back a little bit. Look at Cameron Grimes here with uh, this guy celebrating in the back. Um, and listen to what he calls him. Oh, wait, I got to go a little bit further back. Did you catch what he calls him here? Watch this. Well, first, oh, we got to do this, too, because this guy. <laughs> with the hatchet thrower. teaches him <laughs> yeah <laughs> Do fucking... yo he fucking trained them to go Dexter he's making friends with Gargano the, the bachelor the bachelor party worked man but you catch this next reference watch this Look at Drake in the background. Look at Hogan. Look at that little rock star. <laughs> bastard. You bastard. You. Look at that little rock star. He's bouncing up and down like that. Oh, man. And then this shit with this guy bouncing. This guy kills me, bro. Like what's happening here? Watch a big man fly. 
Something about watching Big Man fly on trampoline is the funniest sight in the world. And then they go. I mean, I got to get this on the screen proper for you because I don't even want to spoil this here before I get up on the screen. One second, please. Oh, God. Then they go to play laser tag. And a shot of them when they will get ready to laser with the zombie ref and Loomis standing there. <laughs> Our team, Johnny, but do you? Let's go! the laser tag man yo look how Loomis takes out people in laser tag that's so not cool watch this shit (laughs) (laughs) oh I love the way Johnny ran up to him oh shit a body like he was a little startled you know like (laughs) right laser tag Somebody on unco- and he keeps doing it, and then Johnny keeps us going around and, and shooting the unconscious bodies. <laughs> oh, I never thought this would be so fun, bro. I haven't thought of laser tag in years. Here's Loomis again. What he chokes people out and shit. Look at this. Oh my god, I can't believe he freaking chloroformed that guy. And here's Gargano getting the point. It's fucked up. Oh man, I love this. Love this so much. So we got to go a little bit to uh. Let me see. And then this is the part where they where they finally become friends, which I thought was the best thing. Crack Johnny's nut. He's spying again? He's not a dress like spies, spying? right? Spying? Oh, no, no. Hey, look, everybody's on the same page. Yeah, we are. Get in here. Guys, let's go have a wedding. Yeah! 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 <laughs> he fucking smiles. <laughs> Dexter finally showed some emotion. Oh, that was a good. That was really good. I was that segment was worth the entire thing. Oh yeah, definitely. Finally, Mei Ying goes to combat against Virginia Fairy. That cannot be her real name, man. Uh, who knows? They call this. this they call this local girl Virginia Fairy. That's rough. Here comes Mei Ying. What do you think of Mei Ying? Scary as hell. I didn't think that. Uh, I mean, it looked okay, you know. Yeah, here comes here comes Virginia Ferry. Quite contrary. Mei Ying is really small. Right, oh, she's small. Look at her palm she, strikes and shit. Not you by your hair. We'll talk about disobedience. Oh, for Mei Ying. Almost no sold out. The one athletic move I saw her do was like a handspring elbow type deal. I think it's coming up next. That's what I'm trying to find here. It's a lot of striking and stuff. I mean, the character is okay for what she's doing. There's the one athletic spot we get. Oh, I mean, there's just a 
a hush. The rest is a lot of kung fu. I mean, it was all right. Yeah, wasn't much to this one. Yeah, she kills her. She chokes her to death on the floor. You know, she's a choking shit. And it's a pin, which I thought was weird here. You know that shit? No idea what to expect. I've always found it odd when they do Look at that. She brings it down to the ground. I thought it was just going to be a stoppage, but nope. Brings it down. I thought that was strange as hell, right? We've seen them do that with the mandible claw with the fiend before, too. Mm-hmm. It was different. We have a tag team match. We're going to skip all of this shit. We don't have time for all of the different promos and stuff. But we have the tag team match as the main event, right? Tag team championship. And Oni oh, yeah. Larkin! Their opponents, they are the NXT Tag Team Champions, Nash Carter, Wesley M. The match here, MSK goes over, but I guess the important thing that happens here is after the match. Yeah, that was the interesting deal. Which I'm kind of surprised about because it was like, really? You know? Like that already? So this is clearly a sign of a different direction, but only Larkin and Danny Birch lose. And as soon as Pete Dunne gave that look, I kind of knew where this was going. I was like, uh, like a second before, I was like, oh shit. But watch right here. You know what's so funny? It didn't even hit me at the look. It hit me right when I saw where they where they were positioned. It was this look. Let me see if I can freeze right on the look. <laughs> I kind of knew right there. I was like, oh, here it comes. Oh! I love how he's like, what? What do you mean released? I had a contract. That's what he has. He has the released face. But they destroy them, man. I was actually kind of trying to invest in this table. It's kind of like the badass gangs in New York-esque shit they were doing, you know? Now they left with Pete. Now they left Pete Dunne with the only guy in that stable that I was skeptical about. You know what I mean? Like before, at least it was like, all right, we got these these four guys. Three of them, I think, are really cool. I'll try to be open-minded about this guy. But now it's instead like, shit, you put Pete Dunne with a shitty guy. (laughs) You know, more like what my attitude changed to. Which side note, I love that Pete Dunne kicks more ass than fucking loafers than anybody else ever seen. Yeah, he's a badass. I like him a lot. I'm amazed he's ever been able to be a babyface with the way he looks. You know what it is? It's just because some people just like guys who just beat people to fuck up. I think that's why it's easy to like Pete Dunne. Pete Dunne, they almost like the style rather than the person. And then the person just wound up becoming fun. Like, I still love his stuff he did with Matt Riddle. Because I didn't know he had that level of funny in him. Mm-hmm. So, you know, a stable I was invested in. I mean, I don't know. I You know what? I don't want to analyze this until we see what we're looking at tomorrow, which I've already heard that it looks like a smaller version of the other two shows as far as the way the set looks. That doesn't mean that the show itself changed or didn't, but it looks like a little raw or a little SmackDown as far as lighting and design. Oh, fucking joy. Wanted to prepare you guys for that ahead of time in case you were like, what did they change? It's not going to just be the spray paint. Like, they literally did the same format. I'm imagining because I didn't see it myself, but they basically said it's the same format but with little screens, you know, like with the little shit going on. You know, like with the little crowd. It's a pain, I know. 
This is why we can't have nice things. It is why we can't have nice things. They keep fucking touching shit that there's nothing wrong with in the first place. It's the nature of the beast, my friend. Uh, but it's, it's not, as much as I would like to think that this is something that's going to just be the design, it's like the fact that they made so many changes, like with the title and with everything else, that's what makes me skeptical about it, you know? See, I just, I know it's going to be bad. I just don't know how bad yet. Like, that's what's upsetting. I know it's going to suck. I just don't know how badly it's going to suck yet. Yeah, you're already on complete pessimism, huh? <sighs> They've drawn me to this point. <laughs> I don't like being there. But every time I don't put myself there, I, I, I'm sad later. You know, again, and I'm not a conspiracy theorist or nothing, but full disclosure, as I sit here and speak to you, I am once again disputing it. The shit came up as you started badmouthing us. The whole night we've been fine. And the copyright thing came up as you started to speak negatively. You see how crazy that shit is? Well, for whichever one of y'all out there, I'm going to just let you know right now, when you fix your shit, maybe I'll stop talking shit. I already submitted the, the dispute. Because that's how used to it I am. And we win each time. They release the claim. But they just do it to fuck with us. And it's only the E. AEW doesn't bother with our content. So if you don't see it on Facebook, it's on Twitch. And they delay it purposely for a week, knowing that we'll win the dispute within seven days. And then it'll just be re-released as seven-day-old news. You got the third fucker out there. You know why they do that, though? Because our hits on Facebook are generally high when it comes to wrestling stuff. They go up into the thousands and shit a lot of the time. So they try to delay the shit by seven days because the podcast by seven days later has been picked up. You, you guys saw it other, other places. So uh, if you want to give WWE a little bit of jab in their assholes, you know what? Give it a view on Facebook when it pops up. Even the old episodes, give them several likes because they're literally the ones that are impairing. When you see an inconsistency in our posts, they're literally the ones. And it's timed with our words because we've tested this. I normally don't bring it up on here. I just quietly fix the issue. But they literally are consistent with with our shit. So, and they lose each time. Anyway, it's like you lost the AEW. <laughs> wow, I'm just gonna dig in there with that. I mean, hey, like, like if, if they want to keep going down that road, I will gladly keep rubbing the salt in the wounds. I don't give a shit. Oh, boy. So, so annoying. All right. Well. people just inconvenience your life. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I knew it. It's always around this point that it happens. Like, it's always around this point. Like, I was waiting for it this time. So that's I was waiting. Like, it was always around there. That's all right, though. Anyway, what other cockamamie wwe bullshit that we have to talk about while they try to yank our shit off the air oh god don't be alarmed it literally has happened almost every fucking week this year that you've heard me i just never talked to destin i only tell him but yeah they they do that we dispute it we we bring up the weird sports show goes through and then shit goes away you know not one time i don't know why people allow them to do that to your content like know your rights and shit but yeah this is so consistent i'm always talking to destin while getting flagged by them and beating them back down so right what are we doing next smackdown yep smackdown smackdown i'll eventually just make this a separate show for their stuff and then we'll see what gets the higher numbers the one where we talk about the AEW stuff or the stuff we talk about the smackdown stuff we want to play that fucking round and i won't change my hours i'll be on here for one monday the same amount of hours and it'll be an intermission it'll be like raw and war zone we'll do an intermission in the middle and i'll cut the feed and then bring it back up as a second thing for their horse shit and then they can take down their own shit and the rest of the stuff that we brought up 
will remain there for the seven days that it's delayed because you know what? I spent the balance of this fucking show talking about AEW and about all the things they did showing their interviews with their guys and their spots and their stuff and because of what? A little nippet of shit here and there? People are going to miss on all of that for a week there? Fuck off. I'll just break your shit off into a separate show. I'll call it the I'll call it talk we'll brunch. will get no fucking views. Yeah, I'll, I'll call it talk brunch hashtag B plus and it'll just be with your fucking WWE stuff. You know what I'm saying, bro? That won't even be like a B plus. That would be like a low C. Because I'm like, you give me a break, man. Nobody's stealing or infringing. We barely even want to watch this shit. I'm telling you, like at this point, I think I'm giving it to the end of the year. And yeah, I might just tell him to eat a dick and die. It's it's entirely up to you, man. Nobody on this on this panel or anyone who calls or anyone who's here is obligated to watch the weeklies. Maybe at one point or another it was like that. We do that by choice because we want to be thorough and sometimes we find funny stuff in there. But if he came on here and was like, I didn't watch it. If I came on here and said I didn't watch it, it's fine. The weeklies isn't what defines this. And if it's going to be a fucking headache, then fuck them. We've, anyway. We've cut other headaches out. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. There's no problem with that, you know. But I'll just break it. If it continues to be an issue, I'll break it into a separate feed when it comes to the video and the people on podcast will still get it as a single thing. You know, my editing is stronger than my copyright battles. You know, you get a one solid condensed version, everybody else will get it, and I'll still go to sleep at the same fucking time. Exactly. Never. <laughs> All right. Anyway, um, let's talk about SmackDown a little bit. The importance of talking about it, I guess, is the Brock Lesnar being here. You love the weeklies. I hate for the fact that you say that, George. You know how you know how many people tell me that they want us to come on here and just talk shit and go through the dirt sheets and that that's fine. But yeah, I do get people who like the weeklies. I, the weeklies for me personally are not are my least favorite because I'm talking to you about shit I've seen. Whereas with the rest of the show, I haven't watched it. I haven't really, I have enough time to put the program together without clicking all those videos. So I'm watching everything with you. But I think some people like the weeklies because we wind up telling jokes about it that we hadn't thought about when we watched it. Anyway, here's Brock Lesnar. Brock. Brock. I, I, I still, I fail to understand I have one simple question for you. Of all the championships that we can go after together, why the universal title? Think of all the success we can have going in. Brock's not having that. He was ready to put Brock on the shirt, right? Yeah. That's what Paul was hoping for. I know it was, he knew, he must have known. He, Paul's a smart man. He knew it was a far fetch, but he was like, if there's even a chance I could get him on the shirt. <laughs> you know? <laughs> What's so cool about this for me as somebody who's been watching Brock since he first showed up, this is the first time since Brock's first run that he and Paul have ever been on opposing sides. Yeah. Like when you think about the last No, no, but but it was when he turned heel and during the big show during ECW, right? Yeah. Yeah, no, um no, remember Brock wasn't around then. It was uh it was that Survivor series when Big Show and Brock had their very first feud. It was like two, yeah, that was 2003 because that was the 2002 or 2003 because that was the same night uh, the chamber showed up. I've always thought Brock makes a really good baby face, and it's a shame a lot of people didn't really get to uh, see it. So they only really know the Brock Lesnar that yeah. they force him to play in WWE, which really, if you look at WWE, everybody plays like a really generic black and white version of the characters they used to be during the older eras. And uh, if you go back, you don't have to take my word for use Peacock or whatever you have. Go back and look at, I don't even remember what year it was. I'm getting too old for that shit. But whenever it was where him and Kurt Angle were best friends, do you remember that? That was about 2003. That was about, yeah, that was around 2003. Before they turned and then they remember they were doing like the milk drinking bit and then he like slapped them on the back and he spilled the milk all over them. My favorite one to this day is the push-ups. 
Yeah, and they would like they would act like buddies and shit. Him and, and, and like, three, four, three, four, three. Oh, come on, Kurt. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Kurt, uh, Brock was good as a babyface. He was really funny. He had a lot of personality. He was an interesting guy. And being around somebody like Kurt, because if you've ever seen Kurt, like Kurt brings that out of a lot of the other characters when you're around him, just because he's a little bit kooky. And Lesnar played well into it. Keep in mind that Lesnar, when he came back, remember he had that segment with R Truth in the ring. After that, he yeah. wanted to do more R Truth stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah, like he, he wanted he, want, he wanted to work with Truth again. You know, he was a, he he's entertained by stuff like that. Like he's he's like you got to sure, remember, because, like um, Brock Lesnar, like he likes the kind of shit that we like. He's not he, you don't think he knows good entertainment versus bad. So when he he likes yeah. the shit we do, but they don't get to do it. Yeah, because there was one of the cool little backstories about it was uh. Truth, I don't know if you ever heard about this. Truth wanted to tell Brock what he was going to say because he was scared. But then Heyman was like, no, we have a bet. We're going to see if you can make you laugh. So Brock genuinely did not know what he was going to say. Yeah, you see, I mean, they do stuff like that. Like, and he I mean, genuinely I, made Brock laugh. And then and then on Talking Smack, I remember Big E said something. I didn't have time to clip it, but it was something to the to the lines of Brock is the kind of guy that he, he only does something when he's bored. Which is true, you know what I mean? Why well, he doesn't have to fucking be here. Not even from people like, oh, because of the money. Does he really need the money, though? Like, if you is he, it, if you want to do, if you, if you want to understand Brock's life, go back and listen to the Stone Cold podcast he was on. Brock lived such a peaceful life. He's actually not a people person. And he on top of the peaceful life, the peaceful woodsman life that he essentially lives doesn't cost that. the billions of dollars that he has. He's set for life. He comes back. When he's bored, there's no reason for him to be here. You know what I mean? Like, the guy is set as far as that kind of stuff goes. You know, Is so. it good when we see him back? Yeah, it's great. But he doesn't have to be back if he doesn't want to. No, he has tons of money. Brock missed WrestleMania. It's not like it's killing Brock's account to miss WrestleMania. Yeah, exactly. And the UFC money, remember, he's a former UFC champion. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, the guy... Uh, like former the UFC thing. champion, former IWGP heavyweight champion. Brock has been a success in every aspect of his life. I look at it like as an Undertaker situation. Like, have you ever looked at the Undertaker and thought, ah, he came back because of the money? Not one time have oh. you ever thought the Undertaker came back because he needed money. It would be ridiculous. The last ride documentary even confirmed that further. Like, what would we Brock do with any more money at this point? Times about the fact that it was never he was looking for the money. He was looking for that perfect ending. Exactly. And like, what would Brock do with money at this point? What is he like baby? Is there a planet of his own that he's going to need for some nefarious shit that Earth just isn't going to do? Like, like, what could you do at this point? You could buy anything with Brock Lesnar and you'd still go home rich. So what are we going to do? Unless it's a planet, which we can't even do yet. There's nothing he can really do with money unless he's investing into other shit. It's just him being Brock Lesnar, you know, coming back to hang out and throw some people around. Fuck it. I got a question for you, Paul. Why didn't you tell Roman I was going to be at SummerSlam? They had to mute the whole thing. Is that how tight? I don't remember them ever having to mute the whole thing like that before. Is that how tight it's become about that kind of censorship? The whole fucking sound? I, I didn't know. I, I, I didn't know. It's an annoying thing. You're my tribal chief. Yeah, yeah, tribal chief. But, uh, 
yeah brock lesnar does look really good in this promo um i'm getting a little bit annoyed it's kind of like you guys just made the shirt for the the freaking bloodline let's stop with the uh with the shit you know what i mean with the, this paul with us or against us storyline yeah, i'm not see, interested that's, in but it they, they don't know how to book any other way because they're incompetent because people let them slide with that shit for so many years I've been really, and I and remember, I was the one who, before he came back, if you listen to previous episodes in the last month or two, that said that I am interested in him coming back this time because of Roman and the bloodline. I wanted to see what would happen with him and Heyman and how they would deal yeah. with that. It now was a good chance to, there, yeah, let's do more with it than just fucking whether or not he knew if he was going to be. SummerSlam was so long ago that Extreme Rules is in two weeks. Maybe we could have more of the storyline. I'm not saying that I don't that I disagree with the why didn't you talk about SummerSlam? Is he with them or against them thing? But could we stop talking about just that one bullet point? SummerSlam was like forever ago. You know? Is there any other breadcrumbs or things that lead make Paul Heyman will he or won't he? Can we add some so that we at least have that suspicion besides the fucking that he didn't tell him about SummerSlam? Like what if he would have told him about SummerSlam? It's not like Brock had a money in the bank contract. He can't really do much title-wise to him just to warn him in case he was going to ambush him. He came out and didn't do anything to him anyway. So they leave him in the ring. Ladies and gentlemen. Uh Uh-oh. This is great. Look how, how how Brock acts. The best part of this is how Brock's acting. Twenty years for twenty years. Look, I like how he does the mock Brock heel bounce. I did the whole thing. It's good that you get to see how see Brock have fun. Yeah, no, nah, it was cool. You know, I love how Paul thinks like, he got him there. Like, he got him in the palm of his hand. Like, no, you don't have him in the palm of your hand, Paul. You really don't. What you are is you're screwed. <laughs> it's always funny, too, because, like, whenever you, whenever you see Brock do stuff like that, he has a fun. It's a shoot smile. It was great, Paul. God, that was great. Just like old times, huh? Just like old times. Before Roman Reigns fires you, accept my challenge, please. What challenge? Oh, you know where this goes. For the championship, he gives him a countdown. And then... That shows loyalty, though. Paul Heyman didn't accept it. The Rockies. You've got five seconds, Paul. Oh. Those are going to be quick. Five. Whoa. Four. That's three. Two. Oh. Are, you right? are you kidding me, Paul Heyman? Look at the F5. Brock, look at the F5. And Roman Reigns in the Superman. You didn't really save him. You just inadvertently made him take a Samoan drop instead of, a, instead of an F5. You actually made him take one of your moves. And Brock Lesnar's got Reigns in position. And now the Usos. Super kicks to Lesnar. 
Oh, that is dope, man. That's what I love about Brock Lesnar. That's the kind of shit as a fan that I love. Like, it is convincing to me that you can super kick that guy and he's not going anywhere. Like, look at that right. shit. David Uso's never experienced that. You know what I mean? Look at this. While he's holding Roman, boom, doesn't go down. Boom, doesn't go down. Staggered. And still fucking runs them through, man. How could you not like Brock Lesnar? I didn't like the way they used him when he would take the title and go away because if Brock's not going to wrestle and he's just going to take the title and leave. But when Brock's here, how can you not like Look at this? Look at the reaction he's getting, too. You can't get a fucking reaction like that out of just a regular person. Look at the face of Brock Lesnar who just got done doing his thing to the bloodline. Like, there's an intensity there, man. You know, this yeah. under, you know, it's undeniable. You know, I mean, now they can afford to pay him all year long. But I've he's told you before that I don't agree with that. Like, I kind of think it is good that he's a guy who's not around very often. What's he going to do? Wrestle? Who's he going to wrestle every week? Put him in tag matches? You need a lot of bigger guys, more established guys. The, the era he came from where, where you could use him every week was an era of killers everywhere. You know what I mean? Like, we still, like, let's not forget that there was still a Rock and a Stone Cold. There was a John Cena, you know what I mean? Like, there was, like, all these people, the NWO was still around. You know, Kevin Nash and all these other, he wasn't even, Rock wasn't even the fucking biggest guy. We were still at that point where everyone had come from ECW and WCW, and we hadn't quite finished that off yet. You know what I mean? There was a huge roster of known talent and established multiple time stars. Triple H was still part of everything. You know what I mean? It was kind of like you could have a guy like that around because they had this incredible roster, you know? So I think him being around sporadically is good and I like the way that they used him there. Yeah. Anyway, 10 man tag team match, Biggie Dominic Mysterio, Rey Mysterio, Rick Books, Shinsuke Nakamura against Apollo Crews, Bobby Roode, Dolph Ziggler, Otis, and Sami Zayn with Chad Gable. This is a clusterfuck. They had Commander Aziz and everything out there. I'm not going to torture you guys with it. The biggest takeaway that I got from this, and I'm not even looking forward to really reporting on it, is that it was the fucking Trey Young being here. Like, why is Trey Young in this right now with everything that because we got going on? Because they have to give us other people And it is Trey Young. Trey Young, one of the uh, biggest stars in the NBA today. But he's also the man who broke the heart of the Knicks. Listen to that, boo. I get the heat and everything, but could we get like a someone from the Knicks too then? Or someone from New York also? Was there any cameo from people from New York? Like you came to New York, to Madison nope. Square Garden, and you brought fucking Trey Young, right? All right, cool. But did you actually bring anybody that was in the New York area that represents New York motherfuckers? Nope, they just wanted to piss off the crowd. Yeah. Well, they did piss me off. And then Trey Young attacks Ray? You know what I mean? During his fucking yep. match? What pissed me off? Two things pissed me off about him attacking Ray. Number one, it didn't make sense, right? But number two, look at how they do it here. So he attacks Ray. Wearing pajama pants. Uh, they say, I love New York. And that's Ray Young! Young getting- he doesn't really do anything but shake him on the rope. And the ref's looking right at him and points at him. And then Trey Young. He's just like, what? I got to get thrown out? Like, yeah, you fucking attack somebody, then you're not even part of the company. Which is kind of stupid. Anyway, Bianca Belair and Becky Lynch contract signing. And I only thought of this as I was watching it earlier. They call Bianca Belair the EST of WWE. 
But to be honest with you, with all the graphics and, and stuff that they have, her icon being a braid and big lips makes that very R-A-C-I-S-T of WWE, if you ask me. Because Bianca Belair doesn't have giant fucking lips like that. Right. The she, has, get she has very, very feminine, elegant features, if anything. Why is her thing big lips and a fucking braid like i don't know if they even meant that that way to me that's almost worse than the jordan miles smiles where it's kind of like out of all the shit you can get out of that character the icon is big lips not even her lips because those lips are, are like not her lips it's like like mr potato head lips and then a fucking braid you know come on you could do better be better i'm not thinking about her lips or her braid when i'm watching this shit you know, like, damn, they would have never put a big like, and I'm not even want to look at shit like that. But in this case, I have to believe that if that was like a white chick, they wouldn't have made the representation lips and, 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 and any kind of hair. You know, it's like, why? Because she wears lipstick. Everybody does. You don't have a fucking excuse why that's done that way. There's so many better ways to do that. Roman gets like a whole statue. I'm not saying you got to give her a fucking statue. But uh, I don't know. It just bothered me. Maybe it's just me. I don't know why it didn't bother me before then. But I just kind of feel like for a champion, once you make somebody a top person, um, you got to unsilly them a little bit. And I'm not saying a lot. But even if you go back and look when Triple H first became the game, there was a long while there where he wasn't telling jokes at all. He wasn't doing crotch chopping at all. Even when he was still in DX, he would just do the, the spit pop while they all crotch chopped or he would just hold the title up with Stephanie around, like slung around his arm. But the rest of them were doing like the X-Pac chopping and jumping there and shit. He wasn't really doing that. He was just coming out still with the stoic Triple H thing. And you wouldn't think that it worked, but it somehow did. It was like, all right, the leader is a little bit more stoic. It's kind of like what Destin said about the aura with Swerve. You know, it was one of those things. So I'm just saying that with Bianca, if they're still planning on her being a top person, um, I would like it to just be a little bit more, I guess, uh, adjusted. You know what I mean? Like you're fighting Becky Lynch. Let's just make this a little bit more serious. Yeah, and then as I say that... Uh-huh. Oh, I was going to say, but you also remember back when uh, Triple H first became the game, we didn't have basketball stars fucking with Rey Mysterio. Yeah. And as I say You're that, I want like way a... too much of them. And as I complain about wanting a more serious tone for the Bianca Belair storyline, I'm not even just relegating it to her because here we have Becky Lynch coming in with a fur coat and big fucking glasses. And it was somewhat funny. And to be clear, it's not the comedy factor or the goofy factor of this that's bothering me. It's the fact that there's not enough seriousness when it involves the women title, the women's title and Bianca Bella getting a push and everything. It's kind of like there needed to be like a lion's run somewhere where like now the angle doesn't like if we were to watch highlights of everything that happens, it looks like a, a bit of a goofy angle. You know, it doesn't look like a feud. Like, this doesn't look like Charlotte and Sasha. You know what I mean? Or like any crazy feuds that you've seen in the past. Like, or like, this doesn't look like Charlotte and Bliss. This is, or like Charlotte and Becky. Like, this doesn't have, like, remember how those feuds had, like, heat? Like, remember, what was the one where the, where the cage was coming down and then Sasha attacks just before, before it even fucking fought? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it was, was kinds of, Sasha. Yeah, it was, it was. I remember that time when they actually cared. That's what I mean. It's kind of like, I'm not saying you can't have moments like this, and I get that they're trying to push Becky as a heel and everything, but this angle, despite what is on the line, it's the least amount of heat I've ever seen for the women's championship, you know? Like, I don't feel like they, it's as desperate 
of a situation as it normally is for these titles. Like this whole thing here. And you know what? I hate to say and I'm being overly critical now. But the two of these two here looking like a couple of fucking Muppets with contract signings all the time. We don't need them. The two smiling fucking Agent Smith faces over here. So so, so can, can we just officially say now, yeah, they've basically fucked up the Becky Lynch thing? Remember I mean, I don't like it. Before she left? And I don't now like it. Just like the first time they turned the heel, everybody's gonna gonna pop for her anyway. Ain't no, ain't no shame in buying a ticket and sitting out there with the regular people. I thought that was savage. And Becky's still fire on the mic. It's just with the the situation they're putting her in. I'm gonna bring that back a little yeah, just because I did think that was good. They're trying to make her something that the crowd will not make her. Therefore, they have ruined it. But whatever, she'll recover from it. But the problem is that the unfortunate person here is still Bianca Belair. Her storyline yeah. sucks. You can't. You could have storylines like this, but probably not your first one and probably not one of your first feuds and probably not for the women's title when you're still being established. Do this shit later. Like Hollywood Rock was fucking with Stone Cold, but he was fucking with Stone Cold after years of other angles. WrestleMania 17 was serious. WrestleMania 16 was serious. WrestleMania 15. But you know what I mean? It's kind of like, you know, you do that shit later. Yeah, but once what if I again, don't back sign then, this? Here. What do you mean, no what way. if you don't sign this? Maybe back I don't want to sign this. And how come the, the fucking authority like, figures didn't have an answer? saying, maybe I don't want to sign this. And yeah, that's another thing. How, how come the authority figures didn't have an answer? Like, well, if you don't sign it because you're the champion, you have to do the thing within this and blah, 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 or whatever. It was just like, well, like, we don't fucking know either. I, 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 come on, man. Got to sign it, bro. I'm at the point where, like, I almost refuse to be invested in this shit until they fix it. Like I said, there was just things like, why like that. Why is Becky Lynch a punk ass right now? Fix well, she's a heel. I don't mind that, but it's just the way they, they can you come can up with a, better she, ways she to do it. She could be a heel and not a punk ass. When they tried to turn a heel the first time, she wanted a punk ass. She was fighting everybody. And then eventually, and she's this, like, well, they just, want to and eventually they just verbally push her into signing it, which is kind of silly. They need to work on that angle. Of all things, the they, Becky they, Lynch they, stuff they, is broken. Scrap the whole thing. Do it over. Yeah. No two-second title change. Do the shit fucking over. Edge versus Seth Rollins was hella long. No wonder why Zelina Vega couldn't come out. And they also canceled Kevin Owens. He had a segment too. And they canceled him as well. They probably could have fit the time and they're just fucking lazy. I mean, they should they have let cut them do out it. Trey Young's bullshit. Maybe that was. They, like I said, they controlled the cameras. They could have just let it keep going and put it on the network. It's just, they're just weird about that kind of stuff. Fucking lazy. You gotta have effort to be weird. Let's go into Edge versus uh, Seth Rollins with the first botch. Attacks. Yeah, right hands for Edge delivered on Rollins. Went for the Insiguri, and Rollins able to step out. Here, Rollins goes for the glam slam, and it just doesn't work out for the two of them. It just turns into shit. Out of the way. So. And now, look at Rollins. Flop. Whoop. The glam slam. That's why it's not good to have a script in front of you. And that's why JR doesn't like knowing what's going to happen. Because uh, you guys knew this glam slam was coming up. And you called it there. You would have gotten more away with it if you wouldn't have known. Because then you wouldn't have thought that was the glam slam. So then you would have been like, well, you would have done like JR and them then. But what was that? Well, that was some sort of an offense. You would have, something else would have happened. But instead you called that piece of shit the glam slam. Was it as clean as the family member did it? That is the Exactly, Pat. At least, at least Pat. Michael calls like a robot there. That is the move. Pat called it. He said, is that the move? You know? And then they go to do it again. Which means that on the Hulu version and on the on-demand version, you're only going to see it once. And they'll just change Cole's audio to match the first one, possibly. They used to do shit like that. But anyway, here's the glam slam. They're obviously for a two count. That would be very emasculating. I wish people would stop hitting each other with the glam slam. You know? 
If you're not married to Beth Phoenix, you don't hit people with a glance slam. You know, I mean, obviously this match is good. I'm showing you guys, like, if you don't know, it's kind of like if I told you that, like, you know, cake was delicious or ice cream was nice or whatever. You know, like, we have fucking Seth Rollins and Edge. Of course it's going to work. Shout out to Edge's uh, Canadian Bret Hart S. Colors. Look at this sequence. I like this uh, this, this, this thing here was pretty cool. This, like, nice little scramble between the two of them. Notice Rollins, they're not getting frustrated. Rollins... Oh, it looked like he was going to the execution, which is Edge's move. And now Edge blocks, wanted to deliver one of his own. And now Rollins looking for the pedigree. Edge slide through, shoulders down, Edge rolls through. And now Edge, is he trying to grab the edge of Maddox, the submission move, but Rollins makes it to the ropes. Rollins went for the double leg takedown, and now Edge with the pedigree. That was fucking dope. And you get to see Edge hit a pedigree. Obviously for the for the two count there. But that was cool. And this that's a good example, that little scramble there that I showed a little sequence. That's what I mean when I tell people, because I know people cringe when I say it, when I say that when done correctly, the WWE style, in my opinion, is the best style. But it's just that it's not always done correctly. I don't need the match to move at a thousand miles an hour. The proof that the WWE style is done correctly is that Seth Rollins I'm not Seth. CM Punk's match against Darby Allen was done in that style. It was a veteran style of match. And people, I'm not going to have time to go into it on here, but people have done split screen comparisons to the beginning of that match to show that what they were doing was paying homage to Bret the Hitman Hart's match against the one true two three kid. If you literally run the two matches side by side split screen like has been done, that little collar and elbow tie up that it starts with where Darby sort of wins and CM Punk winds up on the ground sort of making a face like, oh, not bad. Literally, exactly what Brett and 123Kitshawn Waltman did, that was the start of that match. That was the psychology. They were just paying homage to a, to a former famous match. WWE matches are beautiful when you can do them correctly. The problem is not everybody is an Edge or Seth Rollins. And, um, they and don't seem to be ass and holes. And they don't seem to be trying to make many edges of Seth Rollins's. They seem to want them, but not want to have them, which is a strange mentality to have. But when I see stuff like this, what's cool about it is that the sequence was cool. It told a story. There was so much storytelling in because he went for Edge's finisher or one of Edge's moves. Then Edge goes for something that he learned from Triple H. You know what I mean? Like the whole storytelling in there and the way that they counter each other's stuff. And it was done slow enough that the audience can not only follow it, but it had moves and sequences that they've been identifying with throughout the entire feud. So it was almost like the two of them were were communicating to each other through the match. It wasn't just physical, but it was mentally physical. You know, when you're trying to hit you, I'm trying to hit him with my wife's moves. Oh, yeah, well, I'm going to hit you with your mentor's move. Oh, yeah, well, I'm going to counter with your old finisher. You know, that's fucking awesome, man. You know, and uh, so I, I do I do love the company still. And stuff like this is the reason why I stick around for it. God, we are running fucking late. I got to get out of here soon. There's just so much fucking wrestling. Oh, I know. Um, they need to fix this shit. I'm not going to give a shit about their style after a while. Style's great, but when everything else is asshole and tits around it, it makes it really hard to enjoy it. Uh, Not here. For me, not SmackDown. SmackDown still. Yeah, see, so you know what it is? Because I, you know I, I have to isolate SmackDown completely away from WWE to fully enjoy it nowadays. This was awesome. The way this, this was such a seamless yeah. counter of the spear. This right here. Watch this shit. Love seeing veterans work like this. And now Edge looking for the spear. Into a Love that. You know, it didn't look like he had to pose for it or anything. You know, he held him right there for yeah. it. Beautiful stuff. Um, 
And the super kicks, I thought, was a cool ending to this because I know people don't like it. But yeah, I was saying it's about time. I would have been mad if he, he didn't go over. Like, this is Seth freaking Rollins. Literally. It's like, right. why? Like, he should be able sense. to... He should be able to beat Edge. I like Edge and everything, but Rollins is a guy Edge who's been here for every fucking for months. It's like it's like all oh, you guys get amnesia because you like Edge. Like, hello, Shield, former WWE champion, multiple time, beat Triple H. Like, they can't first just keep time, fucking losing. NXT champion. Like, I was worried. I was like, he better kill Edge here. You know, Edge will eventually leave, and you'll be left with a Rollins that got no momentum for this shit. This was cool. Edge knocked down. He really put Rollins over. You know, he gave him the total victory, which I like. Rollins has Edge where he wants him. Edge is defenseless. This reminds me of Regal Moxley in FCW. Sort of like a passing of the torch match is how I see this. End of the feud, passing of the torch match. You know, I thought this was really cool. Edge just stared down the barrel of the boot there. Oh my God, Pat. He's too tough for his own oh damn my God. good. Edge, is- Edge, get the hell out of the way. Why will you die? Oh, and another kick to the face of this time. Edge completely taken down to the mat. Does Edge have anything left? I, I'm pretty sure this is the end of this feud. Oh, yeah, this was the kill shot. And then that's pretty this much it. The, he covers it, them, and they have to get Edge out of there. Yeah, this was taking the, taking the dog behind the barn and shooting him. Mm-hmm. And then Edge is carried away. That's how they wrote him out of the storyline. By the way, everybody booed in Madison Square Garden when they showed that NXT commercial, which, by the way, it's now called they, NXT 2.0 officially. Everybody booed. Right. Everybody the booed. Like this show, I need the show to bomb as soon as physically fucking possible. Mm-hmm. If you support and love NXT, don't watch this horseshit. It's gonna suck. Terrible. Yeah, I don't know if we're having a a freaking Rollins face turn here or what it is that we're having. Uh. I mean, I, I don't, uh, I don't really know, you know, uh, I know, I know my, my, my arm hurts. I don't really, I don't really know how I feel about it right now. I don't know, uh, I don't know how I'm supposed to feel. Um, how, how do you feel? How do you feel? I mean, I mean, I, I just don't know. I don't know how I'm supposed to feel. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, um, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I don't feel anything at all. I turn him face. Just get feel so guilty. He did the same thing when he started poking people's eyes out too. Oh God! We don't talk about that. Put your eye out, kid. That ain't nothing because then I have to re- re- relive Raymond Duel's fake ass Anyway, you get the SmackDown Tag Team Championships, the Usos against the Street Profits. Um, there was some cool stuff here. I don't have time to go into all of this, but I do have to go into the shoeless stuff because uh, yeah, that's cool. that was really cool. Montez Ford loses a shoe doing a jumping in Seguri. And uh, I thought that was great that it just flew off of his damn foot like that. Let me see if I could get the exact spot where it happens. 
Games during the commercial break between these two teams. Roman Reigns has graced us with his presence. That has to make the Usos feel good, but the Street Profits have not blinked. But Roman Reigns also uh, expected to win this hot tag, right? Lesnar's Universal Championship Challenge. What a crossbody cover! Almost had it. This guy wrestles the rest of the match with one shoe. He kicks the shoe off of him here, or he gets he kicks his own shoe off right here. Pow, shoe gone. On the Usos. Losing his shoe. And he still does crazy spots. Did he throw the shoe out of the ring? I didn't catch yeah. that the first time. Oh, shit. Don't need it, he says. And he's flipping around with one fucking shoe, man. And the crowd's going, one shoe, one shoe, one shoe. <laughs> How's he doing this? Nobody knows. It's amazing. This is fucking nuts, man. Bars. Montez Ford, one of the most explosive athletes of all time. That fucking guy, man. It's <laughs> nuts. Yeah. Oh, boy. All right. Well, you guys already know pretty much how this turns out. Yeah. Um, super kick sequence was cool as well. No ankle support. Nothing. Flying around. The tag team titles are on the line. Everything is on the line. Headbutt. Never Leave get headbutted by Samoan. Usos get a sly tag. Oh, oh and missed wildly. Dawkins now. That right there, when he jumped into the super kick, I thought that was really cool. You know, brutal stuff. And then you don't get much of a finish because even though the street profits were going to go over, the tribal chief is not fucking having it. He gets pissed Which off here. Seems to be praying to the heavens above. You can see him getting more angry there. Let's jump to when he gets straight involved right here. And Jimmy Uso are legal. Step up in Zaguri. Dawkins down. But keep in mind, Dawkins is not the legal man. Jimmy, Jimmy Uso realizes it now from the heavens. From the heavens. Promise to win the gold. They're going to win the gold. Hook of the leg here. Roman Reigns. Roman just takes it. The heels pick the bones. But then, after all the shit talking, you get this. I love the effect to this too. Lightning, lightning being something. Are you? You better believe it, Pat. Let's go, dude. I love that Pat never seen the funniest parts of the show. That's very cool, right? Music and all. At least they didn't lose that music. Roman Reigns will not be facing Finn Balor at Extreme Rules. Oh, that's how it appears. Roman Reigns will be facing the Demon at Extreme Rules. Finn Balor has said when he's pushed too far. So he shows up there, gets in the ring. Down in MSG, staring down Roman Reigns. It appears it'll be Roman Reigns and the Demon for the Universal Championship. So that's what they're doing: Roman Reigns versus the Demon. Yeah, Dark matches was. Uh, mm-hmm. 
I was saying with that appearance, now the demons basically hit. I guess run an appearance the Grand Slam because now the demons showing up on NXT, Raw, SmackDown, and pay per view. Yeah, first time ever on on SmackDown. Dark matches with Drew McIntyre against Happy Corbin. I have clips of that, but we don't have time for that. At the end of it, I know the Demon kicks Happy Corbin's ass. Not so happy. Uh, you got a dark six-man tag match of John Cena and the Mysterios against the Bloodlines, Jay, Jimmy, and Roman Reigns. Um, there were a bunch of things that they did. It's a shame that they didn't decide to capture all of it. Um, they did 2.217 million viewers, 0.60 rating in the, in the 18 to 49 demographic. Um, so they are a bit up from the previous week where they, they also had a 0.60, but they were only at 2.147 million. Um, now this Madison Square Garden SmackDown had the highest grossing SmackDown gate of all time, not just in New York, but any city ever in the history of SmackDown in the last 20 years. This is the biggest SmackDown of all time, believe it or not. Now, WWE is saying, at least an insider is saying that they feel now that they're going to be capable of putting these kind of shows on regularly. Um, and that it's just a matter of getting through those those of influence that this is the type of event that the audience wants to see regularly. So they feel like they can keep doing this. and that They're going to keep this momentum um, playing devil's advocate here. And, and my wife and I spoke a little bit about this. This was like the first show in New York in two years. The first um, one in Madison Square Garden in two years. And it was a 9-11 tribute show. And Madison Square Garden shows are usually considered huge and people in New York know that. And it's a big money city. There's very little leading me to believe that they would be able to do that shit on a, on a weekly basis. This There's was a very special, special circumstance. And when it's 9-11, Madison Square Garden, and you have all those big names that you're not always going to have. And it's on the card and it's advertised way ahead of time. Unfortunately, no, they're not going to keep that level of momentum. You're not going to be anywhere near that until you hit Madison Square Garden again. You know, but that being said, on the flip side of things, I know AEW be raw, but raw was also on Labor Day. Raw ratings are going to naturally be a little bit lower. Um, they only beat them by a point. So it's kind of like where SmackDown's taking credit for uh, doing successful. You got to look at both sides of things, too. The ratings are still in fluctuation. It'll be interesting to see next week. And in the future, there's a couple of cities where one week raw has them and then the very following dynamite is in the exact same place so we'll be able to look at ratings of who went to the raw and who went to the dynamite on the same week in the same venue pretty soon i don't know if that was deliberate by one of them or not but we'll have to see how that turns out you know so uh, yeah that's a smackdown in, in a nutshell let's run through raw there's nothing really um what do you want to talk i'm gonna let you what what's what could we talk about on raw i'm gonna just mention a few things myself sonia deville said nikki a at hs nikki yep. ass and then when nikki beat tamina one i think tamina kicked out and they just said fuck it and two the fucking commentator the fucking ring announcer said the winner was tamina and then nobody ever corrected him yeah, so there was a mistake there, and that's what happens when you have things scripted. But yet, at the end, they did the little heels picking the bones and shit. So I didn't know if it was planned for them to go over or what. But uh, I mean, at that point, I couldn't take seriously because everybody beats Natty and Tamina. Yeah, so the heels do wind up picking the bones. Biggie out there with Randy and Lashley, which set up the entire thing that happens later on. We don't have to really go too much into it. You guys already knew from the previous week what, what the I, stakes were. Mm -hmm. I love that he was fucking with people all night. 
Yeah, I love that he does that on SmackDown too. I never get to talk about yeah. it. on SmackDown. He always goes up to Paul Heyman after Caleb Dome. He does the ha 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 ha, and he walk away laughing and shit. <laughs> little asshole, it's great. Yeah, no, it's incredible. It is definitely something special. Um, That's great. Yeah, so they had um, they had Damian Priest and uh, Jeff Hardy, which was a really good match. I think they were literally just doing damage control because everybody called them out for having Jeff Hardy in the twenty four seven segment uh, last week. Yeah, everyone's pissed that Jeff Hardy was running like after every, the so everybody title knows everybody that's else. why he was in this match, not because you thought he deserved it. And yeah, maybe it isn't a good look for you to have a your fucking champion out there like that. You know what I mean? Like a former champion, somebody that's a Jeff Hardy running after the twenty four seven title. Like there's you know, no like, reason he should be going after that. There's a huge fucking lack of respect there when you're doing things like that. You know, but they don't know. Like, 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 like let, let, let's be clear about it. We joke and laugh about it, but the twenty four seven title is nothing more than a downgrade when you're thrown in that segment. That's that. That's the creative has nothing for you crowd. Yeah, and they should have something for Jeff Hardy because Jeff Hardy has family in another company. You know, this whole thing's gonna fall apart really quick. This isn't like in the in the nineties. You know, with the internet and with all these wrestlers, there wasn't so much wrestler on wrestler relationships either. Through having friends and family in different companies, people to consider each other family. It's a dangerous thing, man. It could be a mass fucking exodus. Everybody's just gonna want to work together in the better place. You know? I'll be sitting here chuckling when it happens. Anyway, what else? I wanna get the hell out of here. Uh, fucking to drop kick Eva's ass, so that would make me laugh. I don't know why the match was so competitive, but yeah. Yeah, Charlotte throws her new doll, Charlie. She makes a doll that's just like a Lily, but it's Charlie for Charlotte. She throws that into the into the damn garbage or whatever. Later on, it's going to appear, like my wife predicts, somewhere else. Yeah, fucking Sh- Shayna. Uh, Naya turns on Shayna, so now they're having a match next week. Mm-hmm, about time. You know, I don't know where that's yeah. going to go. Which this was that when they first started interacting when Shane first came up, this is what we were supposed to get in the first place. And they just said, no, I'll make him a tag team. Like, well, okay. Yeah. And during Jeff Hardy and Damian Priest, Hardy landed off the top on Priest's neck. Looked pretty rough. Glad he's okay. Yeah. He looks stunned for a good bit, but he's all right. Mm-hmm. They tried a new thing with Karrion Cross where instead of wearing a mask, he's in a fucking suit now and a weird promo. I don't know what that was. I don't have time for it. He's probably don't coming really down for the mask for his entrance, though. Yeah. He'll still have the mask for his entrance. Um, I guess the biggest thing was Big E, right? Like yeah, the Big because e uh, the main event was Lashley versus Randy Orton for the WWE Championship, which Lashley going over with a second spear, but uh, Rand, um, Lashley decided to beat the holy shit out of, out of RK-Bro, and when he put Orton through the table, I guess a part of the table came back, hit him in his knee, and Big E shows up. But what's funny? His money in the bank briefcase. What's funny is they did that on purpose, right? Where the table hits him in the knee to help him be hurt. Yeah. But then the stupid thing is, what an idiot in that storyline that you knew Biggie was out here and you used your you exerted your energy after the match going after these guys right. putting your title in, in danger. You're a fool. He you know? literally set himself up for it. When mm-hmm. no one, if like if you know he's going to cash in, don't do anything sketchy. Yeah, exactly. And instead, that's exactly what they him. did. You know, which and was really, of course, really we got the WWE Championship, Big E versus Lashley, and by God, this is guys, it's happening, and here comes Big E, Mr. Money in the Bank is cashing it in right now, Big E, I love the look on Lashley's face,
don't show the match here, but they just show afterwards. This is a man that I follow since his first match in FCW and admired him coming through the current. I was like, wow, look at this. This is great. He was doing the uh, he was doing the freaking uh, King Kong Bundy gimmick at the time. Back in the King Kong Bundy used to five, five people. Count. And uh, I marked out. I told people about this guy from the beginning. I wasn't a late uh, border of the New Day stuff at all. But specifically with Big E, I remember I from day one been behind him and i saw him as championship material so even whether it's for a little bit of time or not i i think it was important that he got it and i'm really happy about that he he yeah. needed it for sure i mean i didn't follow him all the way back from fcw but i did follow him um when he first showed up when they transferred over to nxt i remember watching this guy win the nxt championship and i'm sitting there thinking someday that's going to happen on the main roster i yeah, and i got win i didn't know where but and I got a little nervous when, when he showed up at first. I believe it was main event and his music wasn't the same. And I was like, oh, fuck. They took away yeah. the, the soldier music. They gave him the, the three ain't enough, but I need five, which it was okay. That still worked. They changed the character because then it didn't make sense because it was like they never gave him the five when they gave him that music. It was just kind of like, all right, well, we're doing a completely different thing. But the music was designed for that. And uh, I don't know. I didn't think the silly gimmick would get him to the top the way the dominant one did. But I'm glad. I'm really glad that it did, man. That's something that made my day. Yeah, that that was with all the bullshit we had to deal with on this raw. That made it worth it. Yeah, like that was absolutely fantastic. And what was so cool about it was, like, even right before um, the championship match had started, before even Orton and Lashley started, just seeing that moment when all three of them were together again, and Woods goes, "You got this!" Like, yeah, that was fantastic. Big E, massive congratulations. 12 years in WWE, this the biggest night of your career. How are you feeling? Uh, good, good. Uh, it's hard to contextualize something like this. Uh, man, it's, it's the moments, I think, that I really treasure. And, man, I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about the moment. I go out, the music hits, and that crowd, even though they've seen me a dozen times tonight, uh, man, like, to have people your peers, to have fans, be people back and, the, and these two jackasses, <laughs> to, to have everyone in this support, nah, it's, it's, uh, it means the world to me, so I'm appreciative for sure. I think the dream for anyone like in any vocation or craft or anything is getting to do really cool things to be at the top of your craft, but to do it with your best friends. And... You know, we, I, I always tell this story because I never want to forget. I will always remember the three of us just fighting to get on TV. And, man, we've been able to do so many cool, incredible things. And I got to grow so much as a person and as a performer because of these guys. And uh, I could not have written a better career for myself. I'm glad in many ways that it took so long because it feels earned. I'm glad that you know, I wasn't handed things right away, um, that I had time to grow, to to do all the things that we had chances to do. So uh, I got to live the dream. 
Hey, E, what did it mean for you walking back in with the WWE Championship in hand and all of your peers, all of your colleagues, every single one of them there to greet you, applaud you, congratulate you? No, it's, um, that's, that's the cherry on top. Uh, the respect from your peers, from the people who, man, we have so much talent in the locker rooms, on SmackDown, on Raw, NXT, NXT UK, and to have people I really respect who I love watching, you know, push so hard for me for all these years to be backstage, to, to be there and just say, job well done, whatever. Uh, again, I'm just very I'm thankful for all of it. Such a worthy champion. I know everybody echoes that sentiment. Massive congratulations. Big E, the new... I'll let you guys do this oh, one, actually. Yeah, Hang if, on. if you don't mind. Like, if you don't mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because it's time to christen things. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Whenever you're ready. Ladies and gentlemen, it's your boys, the New Day. And we have the honor of standing here with your brand new W. W-E World Heavyweight Champion! Yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> All is right with the world. The prophecy has been fulfilled. You know? Woods, you're next. Get to it, man. You think they'll give it a Woods? I think they should. They need to. Because that guy has worked his fucking ass off. Whether it had been tag teams, singles, he he's not the he's just one of the smallest ones of the group. But damn it, if there was anybody who worked their ass off and needs that, even if it's only for a night, give it to him. Yeah, I'm not gonna. I know, I know exactly what you mean, I'm, and I want this to be something that they do something with. It's not like they had much going on before. All right, well. It is really hella late here, but it was worth it. This was Madison Square Garden, my neck of the woods. A lot of shit has happened since the last time we spoke. I can't even believe how much it has been. But don't forget that we have all kinds of other content throughout the week. We're not just limited to wrestling, but there is a lot of wrestling here. You know, but I hope that this will fill your needs for the rest of the week with everything that's been going on. It's been a wonderful time here. And a special thank you, of course, to everyone who has hung out in the entire chat room. Including uh, Jill Michelle and Quest Thompson and Cabigon and Stulu and George Sixlayer, KAC, Willie V2, the gorgeous wife Stacey Stream, as well as all of the lurkers and people that have popped in across all of the different various platforms on Spotify, iHeartRadio, uh, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, and all other popular places that podcasts are found. Ladies and gentlemen, you've been listening to Talk Brunch Live, episode 481, hosted by yours truly, Rick Darry, a.k.a. Captain Brunch. For myself and my co-host, Destin Soglow Frazier, we're out of here. Congrats, baby. Shut it down.